that's the beat right there I'm about to black out with a hundred bars On some professional shit So don't try this at home, yo Yo, yo, yo My style of rhyming is ancient like Aztecs or Mayans Because I recognize it's all about timing Me and my freestyle alliance Practicing African voodoo science In front of 20 foot bonfires Looking skyward Calculating May 5th, 2009 Planets of being alignment The arrival of the prophet In the cockpit of a starship The size of the hell rock comet With mercury ion rockets And the big ass cannabis Coming soon, post on the side of it I'm known geographically and intergalactically That's why I got extraterrestrials The one to battle me, they even tried kidnapping me And they would've snatched me if the crap Didn't get trapped in the earth's gravity Engine stalled and failed, crashed into a farmer's field And that's really what caused Roswell Undercover operators working for Kong 12 Disguised as a nigga sign with a record deal Lyrically I'm on scale, so all hell Don't get tossed towards hell, whatever y'all feel Bruising niggas, confusing niggas Like Chip Cooper and the Foosh Niggas hit you with nuclear cruiser missiles Hear the wild wolf growl Style, stockpile for miles From the ground to the clouds Whack niggas wanna be down, but it's not allowed Interrupt the cypher unannounced And you get punched in the mouth with the southpaw southern fist I bust your shit, swear your lip bigger than rubber shrimp Back to tougher shit, what a whip You giant Goliath niggas get shot with a rubber sling I'm an experiment going bad My brain waves on an encephalograph So I'm stark raving mad Your whole scientific staff I get killed in the nuclear blast when I throw the Florence flash in my hand Flammable liquids in the lab explode And you get stabbed with all the flying glass Train to blow up commercial aircraft Train the chemical weapons class Just to see how long a nigga's brother lasts I put him in a leather mag Spray his ass with a can of pepper gas Then watch him grab his neck and gag Watch the nigga choke the death as I laugh You want to battle was the type of question you should never ask Nigga, pick a tougher task See who the fuck will last Whoever lose get a soldier and iron up the ass You need to recognize My hand is quicker than the eye Quicker than the five speed Jamiroquai drives A lifespan longer than nine lives Infinite rhymes, you can't die Your nigga with a divine mind I dedicate this to the wise Dedicated to dimes Dividing myself into a hundred ten times You can't deny the offerings I offer Blows the glow where the roar is the sparkle like water Fly like a saucer with the talk of a Porsche Murder a million MCs to autograph all of their coffins Been getting it on since I've been born And I'ma live long and I'ma be getting it on till I'm gone Look at all the stages I've been on All the songs that I spit on I took a oath to rip everything I get on A nigga like me should have carpal tunnel syndromes In the wrist bones you're gripping microphones this long I'm just a small fish in the big pond that gets pissed off Whenever I get picked on, nigga try to flip and get flipped on My army multi-million strong like the nation of Islam with suede Tim's on Extremely hostile, fully armed troops, dressed in frog suits and night vision goggles A lyrical lynch mark, shitting on niggas drawn to a hideous fall with horns and the mink on Ducking down low like we in arm, fighting the Viet Cong, screaming incoming when I see a bomb Speak to your leaders, surrender your arms, you need about a million more soldiers to even the odds Plus 800,000 to even consider a war, and 200,000 some more to even look hard You better drop your flag and withdraw My cavalry charge accompanied by a blizzard And with your metaphors to smash y'all Attach y'all to the back of my horse And drag y'all across the motherfucking asphalt Nine out of ten niggas are frauds You know who you are Always talk about your bitches and your cars You drew me and your girls It's like we from two different worlds You motherfuckers really get on my nerves Cause I'm beyond them On some futuristic cyborg shit I close my eyes when I freestyle So I can read what prints across them 
Then raise my arms like a sorcerer and cast the fireball into the audience to barbecue your brain organs. You feel like you've been thrown in the microwave oven. I flame for suckers to hit it with some more shit. The raw shit, call my reinforcements, the four horsemen. Take a big piece of chalk and draw a line across the stage pulpit. I dare a motherfucker to cross it. I'll even call my man Black Robert two in the morning. Tell him it's important. Tell him to call Sting three way and sing the chorus. Break your camcorder so you motherfuckers can't record it. Call the news, I kill your reporters. Start a lawsuit, I kill your lawyers. Fuck the soft shit and fuck what y'all think. My album's gold cause my album was the bomb shit. Y'all niggas got your ass beat cause you asked for it. Got your picture taken and put in the tabloid. Cause you a man and you like to touch little boys. You in the ass, then you get them cast for it. That's some sick shit, homeboy. A hundred years ago, they took you to see Sigma Freud. You fraudulent, feminine, fragile as a feather is. With the effortless blow, I cracked your whole skeleton. You think you better than cannabis? Where's the evidence? You got below average intelligence or poor penmanship. You need to shut the fuck up cause your breath stinks. Take 50 cents to purchase a pack of peppermints. Battling me, you never win. You thought you was the only nigga that could sneak a weapon in. Nigga, guess again. Cause after I finish wrecking this shit, I'ma drink a whole. And hungry comes to the stage, right? I don't wanna see you nervous and full of some stage, right? You need this shit together, we chase the same way. And that drama shit, whatever, I'm down for the same thing, Shady on a relax I get sick to start it Bringing beats inside our basement Rap going down Man it just needs a replacement I want this on nobody I'm so 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 sorry But I'm watching the girl in that party I'm fixing the disability Man, I think I got a sickness Can I get a witness? Someone please help me Contagious to a winning Yeah, I think I'm Michael Thompson No one should be testing me You should be respecting me Someone's fucking hexing me Someone passed that text to me They think they say it's glorious Big like notorious Hard as a warrior Axe on what the story is I'm tripping like I'm 50 I'm smoking like I'm wheezy I'm rhyming like I'm crazy And still they don't believe me Now pass me some gasoline And don't forget the matches I will set up red backwards In this practice I am acting I'm on the faces like a lion can Just made an Iron Man Me and Stark partying Now see me when you see me Dog, I'll see you when I see you A couple of houses later with 
some Lambos in the future. Now I'm about my business. We on the same page. I'm the sickest on anybody's fucking great day. I'm about to rip shit, so say the shit with me. I like Changed since you put LBC on the map, you feel me? I mean, little niggas is riding skateboards and roll up and blast you, you know? We done changed them Impalas for charges and motherfucking 300 C's. We done turned them Chuck Taylors into ice creams and vans. Niggas is getting money, we bosses now, huh? This is how you get to Long Beach if you never been. Take the 405 freeway or the 710. A clever spot's what you better put your weapons in. Illegal search cops looking for that evidence. Let me tell you about the city that I represent. You can find my footprints covering every inch. My niggas hold me down lovely when I'm in a pinch. When shit's ugly in the trenches, you getting drenched. Long Beach, we ain't fucking with the shooting range. Practice shooting at each other to improve our aim. I wish it wasn't, but it is. I know who to blame. Them crooked feds gave us guns and said, do your thing. It never rains in California's what they say, though. We made it snow in the 80s with all that yay, yo. Ask Pedro, he built a tunnel in Mexico When you come out that bitch, you in San Diego Bring the work to the hood and niggas stunt hard Put the DuPont registry in your front yard Spend a Harvard education, that's on one car And you ain't even put no rims on it thus far When you riding through my hood, bring your ammunition You in Long Beach, nigga, read the vandalism Where you and your big homie share the same mannerisms And the school of hard knocks is teaching scandalism Bitches got a lot of swag in them Lot of Dolce Gabbana, a lot of Prada bag in them We got some bad women All I know is them jeans ain't nothing but denim Unless they got some ass in them Girls pass by, niggas quick to try to spit They don't give us action and we start talking shit Like keep it stepping, bitch You can eat a dick with them hitchhiker titties Look like they need a lip Go buy some Clearasil Why I gotta say you ugly when a mirror will Bitch busted as a stolen car steering wheel Damn, just a minute ago she had whip appeal Huh, that's niggas for you Now we getting drunk over my homegirl's house I'm posted like a slouch till I earled on the couch Oh hell to the gnaw First thing out of mouth What the hell is that about? Nah, you niggas gotta bounce Don't let that nigga drive Last thing she hollered out Cause she care about her homie safety That's without a doubt Uh, Lone Beach gangsta bitches in the park fighting Squares never know what kind of hoe they start liking Give they heart to a bitch that's ready to start dyking Then catch her in bed with a chick stronger than Mike Tyson Everybody in the city's cheating on each other At the residence in, niggas skeeting on the cover yeah, White girls in the final destruction of the toe
and the end Sure. I start a little bit of shit on my own, you know. I talk some shit, but it's it's pretty it's pretty lightweight compared what to what I'm up against. But he don't know I'm like Duke Nukem with my steel balls You can't fuck with me at all You a terrorist, dog, I'm Rambo Your worst fucking nightmare, bro Let go, before your head's rolling around on the ground Looking up at you What's the one thing you said about your enemies you should not do? Telling people lies about me, bitch, you gon' need a bigger crew Then bad shit crazy, Monarcho in that trick Tip that whore three bucks when you're finished with her And I hope your wife's lawyer don't find out A wifey's gonna end up with more than just a kid in the house Maybe I should do you like 50 did Ross Fly your wife to Miami and spend no cost Maybe fall in love with her and toss All reason aside, maybe marry her Then when I'm laying next to her And your son screams, cause you had a bad dream Man, I love to hear him say daddy jumping when he's calling me It's okay, boy, now go back to sleep What'd you think I am, huh? What'd you think I am, fucking word like you? I've got some people, some people's hating That piece of shit up there, I never liked I start a little bit of shit on my own, you know I talk to him, but it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty lightweight compared to what I'm up against What these fuckers are doing to me you don't know what you're getting yourself into, Todd. You fake 40 year old retard. Instead of taking care at home, you're spending all your time on BTR. The jackal this, the jackal that. For God's sakes, man, stay off my fucking nutsack. I know you're still mad at Jesse for not having coffee with you. And because half of the host on BTR ain't speaking to you. But I didn't do that to you, man. That was all you. You're a fucking psychopath and a stalker, too. And you can Photoshop whatever lie about me you want. The truth is, man, you're nothing but a fucking cunt. Oh, yeah. So I made you and I will destroy you. Your whole world will crumble around you when I begin to demolish you. You can tell Silverback Gorilla bitch to X me. I counter your voodoo with Divinity's powers when he blessed me. See, you wanted to talk shit, calling me an ex convict. Try to ruin my reputation by throwing a fake. No, I ain't trying to say that you n-
let me down. Thank God you're alive. Since you've been staying wrong, I know it's all over. But the last goodbye. Do you believe in him, Verbal? Keaton always said, I don't believe in God, but I'm afraid of him. Well, I believe in God. And the only thing that scares me is Blizzard. But I'm afraid of him. Well, I believe in God. Won't be worse. And the only thing that scares me is Blizzard. But I'm afraid of him. But I'm afraid of him. Won't be worse. Few people understand the psychology of dealing with a highway traffic cop. Normal speeder will panic and immediately go over to the side. Maybe we can cut a deal. It arouses contempt in the cop heart. Making the bastard chase him. He will follow And as you can see, son, we live in a world that has walls, and those walls have to be guarded by men with guns. Who's gonna do it? You? beautiful Sunday night, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm coming to you from Miami, Florida. And tonight we have four hours of Jackal's Head. With me I have my good friend, my amigo, my compadre, my socio, as we say in Cuba, Jamie Havikans on the line. What's up, Jamie? Not much. That's me. That is him. What's going on in your world today, Jamie? I've been uh, looking around the internet for some cool stuff, and I haven't really talked to you much today. What's uh, what's going on in your daily routine today? What's up with you today? Well, uh, I've been working on uh, Inception Radio's website, uh, playing yes. around with it a little bit, trying trying to find out uh, which which platform's going to work the best for our launch date on the thirteenth of August with our big show and I think I found that platform and uh, I got one page left to build and we'll kick it off pretty soon. Nice. So what do you think Inception Radio is going to be ready to be fully kicked off on the internet? Do you think in the next couple of weeks you have the website finished? Yeah, August 13th is our debut. That's the big uh, first show. You want to have the website done before the first show, right? Oh, of I course. Assume. Yeah. It'll be done with, you know, by the end of this week. Link, Very URL, nice. and all. 
Very nice. Which, uh, you know, I'm not going to say what the link will be, but uh, I'll have it. That's very good. And that's going to be a show here on the Paranormal Soup Network, everybody. That's going to be debuting on the 13th, like uh, Mr. Havikan just said. So please bookmark that, put that in your calendars. Tonight, we do have kind of a cool show. We have Blue Waters Productions' own Darren G. Davis is going to join us on the second part of tonight's show, which will be after midnight tonight when we start streaming over on Tenacity Radio as well. Until then, we're just going to kind of kick it here with you guys. If you want to call in, please do so. We're going to have open lines. Jamie, give them the wild card number, if you will. That number is 941-548-4291. I got my mate Barry in Australia. Um, He might want to come on. Good day, we might. Bring him along. Yeah. Let's see if he we'll wants to. shrimp on the Barbie. Yeah. Let's see if he wants but to yes. come to La Cabeza de Jackel. Dígale que está bienvenido a La Cabeza sí. de El Jackel. Tu sabe yo sé. I just bowed at you when I said that. Ah, yeah, cool. I didn't understand that part but yeah work him, bring him <laughs> along and uh, anybody anybody else who uh wants to call on in please do so we're gonna have open lines for the first two hours on the show here tonight and it's gonna be i hope you know a fun show i mean i haven't really had the chance or the pleasure yet to speak uh to mr dev uh darren uh darren davis from uh, blue water productions but uh you know he comes highly recommended he of course is a comic book uh, writer, the company that works in comic books as well as Mr. Don Smith and Robert Heskey who was on the show last week. Actually, they recommended him, and I'm really looking forward to having him on. Um, I'm, you know, I'm going to read the bio later on in the show. I'm not going to go ahead and go through that now, but he's the president of Blue Water Productions, so that's pretty cool. We're getting kind of geeked out with the comic book people on the show here. What do you think? Nice. Uh, good idea or bad idea? I like it. What do you yeah, think? yeah, yeah. I like it. I mean, uh, you know, there's a huge market out there for him. So the guest you're having yeah. on tonight is uh, also comic book related, like last Sunday? Yeah, well, this gentleman is, uh, named, again, Darren G. Davis. He's the president of Blue Water Productions. It's That's a website that has to do with comic books uh, and stuff. And uh, it's kind of like the website uh, that the other people work for, investcomics.com, similar site. Uh, in fact, he's the editor-in-chief of Blue Water, as well as, you know, amongst Ooh. other things that he does for the company. So, yeah, he's... Uh, Pretty, uh, I guess he's a pretty uh, important dude in the comic book industry. That's pretty cool, nice. you know. I like, I like comic books. I like, you know, I, I've always had that fascination since I was a kid with comic books. So having these people on is a lot of you fun. Know. I'm gonna have uh, Steve Eunice back on the show pretty soon. He's of course uh, from SupermanHomePage.com, a good, good guy and a fun interview also. And he's all the way from Australia. Speaking of Australia. Nice. I got a good comic book story, you know, if the night is a little slow. And I can tell you how I uh, obtained about 80,000 comic books. Holy mother of God. I think the night is slow enough. Go for it. Well, 80,000. Jesus yeah. Christ. And yeah, that's about... a lot of comic books. Yeah, ain't yeah, <laughs> it? That, well, that's Pete, guys, by the way. He's not Pete's behind the talk. boards again. Pete, Pete slow yeah, down. Pete. Slow down, let Jamie talk. Okay, I'm just saying, that's a lot of comic books. Uh, okay, we get that, Pete. But, all right, Jamie, go ahead. Yeah, well, this is uh, pretty much what happened. Um, yeah. Yeah. Back in 2001, I had a, a, a friend. It wasn't a real good friend, but he was a friend nonetheless. He was getting kicked out of his house. 
and uh, he asked if he could store all his valuables in my shed. And um, I said, sure. So this guy had 80,000 comic books. I mean, we had a shed that was about 10 foot wide by 20 feet long. And uh, we filled it up. Hold on. Let me tell him about you. Okay. We filled it up, okay, and uh, he just disappeared off the face of this earth. Now, back then, we were involved with some pretty bad stuff, and including the Mexican Mafia. Now, Whoa. he disappeared. I held his comic books for three years. I couldn't find them. Everybody who I knew couldn't find them. I, I called the law. I said, you know, we're, we're moving. And, and they, I said, what's the law with this? I mean, what can I do? And he says, well, if you've had it, for over six months, and you have not heard from the person legally, it's yours. Cha-ching! Yeah. So, Pretty much. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I made some money. And uh, nice. that guy's never appeared again. He's He's been gone for ten years now. Dude, uh, if he was uh, involved Charles, with the Mexican Charles Mafia. Hastings, if you're listening, man. Sorry. Had to do it. Hey, if, if this guy was involved with the Mexican Mafia, he's probably uh, head in a duffel bag somewhere. Yeah, that's well, not very nice yeah. to say. Well, but it's true. The Mexican mafia are known, Pete, for for doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, but I'm part Mexican. That's not nice. Well, look, I'm Pete. I'm sorry, but your people, you know, hey, they found a house not too long ago with what was it like ten or fifteen deceased uh, Mexican gang members inside. It, this was down in the Mexican border, and they found out uh, like their heads all cut off, and in another room, all the heads were lined up. That they, that wasn't that long ago. So, Pete, I'm sorry. It right. happens. Pete, we got a caller. Yeah, yeah. We got Barry from Australia wants to be patched in. Okay, I'll, I'll patch him in. Yeah. Okay. Let's give him a try. Right. I don't know if his uh, dial-up or, you know, whatever. Pete, hit the button. Did you, did you get him, Pete? Oh, it's ringing? Yeah, I think. Yeah, okay. it's ringing. Okay, let's see if we can get Barry on the line. Okay, let's see. Barry, you there? Yeah, hello, you know me? Hey, yeah, Barry. Got him. Yeah. Yes, I am. Yeah, all right. Yeah, you Barry, how you doing, sir? In the beginning, but he'll get better. Hey, Barry, I'm on yeah, my. Uh, thanks, I'm on my good friend, the Jackal, and we are live on the Paranormal Soup Network. Uh, just having some fun for a couple hours. Yes, yeah, sounds what good. Do you... I, uh, I did hear the Jackal in the background there. Oh, yeah, yeah that, that's me. <laughs> Barry, how do you how do you do today? Coming all the way from Australia here on the Jackal set. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, very good, thanks. Uh, hear you loud and clear. Just on dial up this end, so uh, the line's pretty good. Oh, good, good. You got the new computer hooked up to the dial up? No, not yet. Still loading programs and trying to get the uh, new sound card to work properly. I've got to hook in um, a few more things to it yet, but it's looking good. Yeah, that, that'll be great. See, uh, uh, the reason Barry's on dial-up is he's house-sitting, so he'll be on uh, broadband here coming, what, what September, October? Yeah, about uh, early October it should be, so we'll uh, certainly let you know when we're hooked up properly. Yeah, we had uh, we had Barry on the show. I know he's wanting to do, or and Dennis and Unraveling the Secrets wanting to do a show at yep. Barry, and he's got a great blog, UFO Oz Factor uh, dot blogspot dot com. So, 
you been doing any sky watching down there, Barry? Any UF, uh, UFO news down in Australia? Has it cooled down? I know there was uh, quite a bit recently, a few months back. Uh, yeah, it doesn't seem to be anything at the moment. Um, I had a sky watch for a while last night, and um, no moon, which was quite good, but no movement in the sky, very quiet at the moment. Well, you know, at least it's uh, it's good to look at the at the stars. It's fun. So, um, what are you thinking about? Yeah. What are you thinking about doing when you get your new computer all hooked up? I showed my friend that I showed Jackal your computer, and your computer's almost like his. Yours is just a little bit less than what his is. And uh, yeah, it's a pretty nice system you got there, Barry. Uh, I'm very proud of the fact that uh, people take pride in um, trying to make their you know systems something worthy so they can do these shows and help out us doing the shows. So it's going to be cool. Now you're going to have a system that you can actually do the video shows and stuff really well with. That's awesome. Yeah, mate. Well, we lost Barry, but we can patch him back. Oh, in. man. He heard I, I none give, of that. I give him, I give him the two-strike <laughs> rule. Two strikes and we're done. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's cool. You know, not everybody who becomes a regular on these shows actually goes through the trouble of upgrading their system and stuff. And I you know, appreciate yeah. somebody doing that because, uh, you know what, it makes our job a lot easier, fellas. It really does. Well, I guess uh, he must be having call problems, so that's all right. We'll uh, fix well. that uh, in the coming future. Yes, we will. But it was good to hear from Barry all the way from Australia. The land could- down under. You could hear the satellite delay, too. When you talk to him, there's a delay, yep. and he talks. Because, uh, you know, I never knew Skype ran through satellites and stuff like that, but that's pretty cool. I actually did a pre-recording with Barry. That's the only way I could have him on my show, because when he would drop, I would stop it and start it back up. But, uh, yeah, he's got a lot of stuff down there. He put it, he put together uh, a UFO skywatching documentary and a book both titled UFOs Down Under. He's captured some pretty nice stuff, uh, you know, in the past. So it's pretty You know, amazing. we, we got to get him uh, connected with Gary Anderson. Yeah, he's on the um, line now. I, I don't know if him and Gary know each other. Do they know each other? You know, you you know? know Gary? Barry? Yeah, I know. Gary, Barry, do you know Gary Anderson? Uh, let's see. No, I don't, th- I don't think Barry's on, man. Yeah, yeah he I don't think dropped. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, you know, we got to find out because Gary, of course, is out in Australia and he does the uh, West Australian Paranormal Researchers Group and they really do really good work. They, of course, just interviewed Mr. Steve Bassett, good friend of the show, and uh, that'd be kind of cool if they can get together, maybe put some kind of special together from over there. That'd be kind of neat. Yeah, yeah. I told uh, me and Barry talk almost every day, chat, you know, and uh, I-, I told him that unraveling the secrets was having uh, uh, a guest on from Australia mm-hmm. and I, I did I forgot to give him the name he said oh who is it I might know him but yeah Barry's pretty big down there in uh, Australia so I'm sure he might know him uh, he wants to know from where in Australia oh I'm not exactly sure of the exact part but I know somewhere Western Australia hence the Western Australian paranormal researchers <laughs> uh, yeah I can find out, though. Like, give me a minute here, and I'll find out exactly what part oh, of Australia right. he's from. He probably just meant, like, uh, you know, what country. So, you know, he's writing well, back. But anyway. I'll find out in one second here. Let me go to his page. But he's got... He's, he is he's from got Perth, a... Perth, and I was right, Western Australia. 
and the uh, city is Perth. P e r t h. Yeah. Yep. And uh, you know Barry's got a cool opportunity. He's house sitting way out in the country, <clears throat> not on the coast. You know Australia's a lot like Florida. Yes, uh, it is. Most most of the the towns and the cities are on the coast, but he's actually in the country. Where there's no lights, there's, you know, maybe a house every 10 miles or so. And uh, he's been house-sitting, and it's been pretty cool. He's been there for, geez, the whole winter. You know, it's winter down there. It's kind of weird. Oh, wow. But but it is winter down there. He's been uh, house-sitting. So uh, the people come back in October. That's when he gets to go back to his house, plug up into broadband, and we'll have no problems. Nice. Now he's going to become a regular on unraveling the secrets, right? Well, From yeah, he's going to, yeah. And uh, he even installed Sam's and the virtual audio cables as well. He's not sure what he wants oh, to man. do. He's thinking about doing, um, he's thinking about could doing. This possibly uh, be, uh, yeah, could this possibly yeah. be a future host on the Paranormal Soup Network? Yeah, he could. Uh, possibly be a future host or somebody who does interviews with Australian ufology people and <clears throat> forward them forward them on to us. He Very said he's cool. not sure what he wants to do with uh, the Sams, but he likes it. He likes the virtual audio cables. I uh, gave him both, showed him how to set them up. He's got them all working, got his new computer uh, up, configuring everything, and, you know, he'll be into it. But check out his blog. UFO yep. Oz Factor, and he really went a far way to, to promote the Paranormal Soup Network. He gave us a big, big plug on his That's blog. Cool. That's very cool, very cool. And I just uh, saw here on the Skype, he says that he does not know Gary Anderson, so, you know, let's put them in touch with each other, because I think uh, they could come up with some good, you know, stuff down there in Australia. Uh, who knows, maybe they could do a show together or, or something, you know, you never know. But uh, that's cool, man. And I, if he wants to come over on the Paranormal Soup Network, that's going to be awesome. We need some Australian blood on the PSN Network. Let me ask Gary uh, what part he lives in. We got a question in the chat room wanting to know what part he lives in. I think he said uh, Queensland last time I talked to him, but right now he's in the country. Where's, where's that at? Well, if you click, if you click where, on that where's link that there. At? But hold on, P wants to know where's that by, where's that at? Yeah. Australia? Yeah. I think no, Queensland. No, no. Queensland? Yeah. Queensland what is What do you want to know, the... Pete? Pete, do you, do you know where Australia is? Yeah, yeah, no. The, the city. The, the, He's in... the what? In the city. The, the city, okay. He's in Grafton, which is close. It's Grafton. in the northeast, north, southwest, whatever that is. Ah. Uh, well, oh, wait, go, wait, Pete. wait. It's, it's Grafton N.E. That must be the city or something, and it's in the north-southwest area. Oh, hold on. What did you say that once again? What? Grafton N.E. Australia. Yeah, that's what it says. Grafton N.E. Why'd it have to be an E at the end there? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Australia is a beautiful place, though. But check out his blog. Yeah, yeah it's ufoozfactor.blogspot.com. A lot of folks have Blogspot. I just opened mine up not too long ago and started uh, posting. I think I have actually one blog posted. I'm very proud of myself. You should I've be never proud been much of, of a blogger. 
I, I, I finally deleted all my blogs. You will only find one blog that I own now, and that is FloridaUFOnews.blogspot.com. World UFO nice. Space is gone. Florida UFOs is gone. Um, uh, live UFO Sightings is gone. Uh, we Be UFO Believers is gone. Uh, UFO Video Blog is gone. Um, I know there's some others I'm missing. Ghost 2009 is gone. Yeah, so well, I, I consolidated. But before I got rid of them, I posted a note. This blog will be taken down in two weeks. Please move to the new blog if you wish to follow me. So. Now, has a lot of folks moved over to the new wall spot? No. Oh, damn. <laughs> but they will. The new one uh, eventually, I, used, eventually. I used to, <laughs> I, po I post my daily UFO blogs there. That's where I read the 4 o'clock news from, so. Hey, I want to welcome Brian McComas to the uh, chat room here. He's with us tonight. Brian is going to be joining the Paranormal Soup Network in the next week or two, probably. If, of course, we have this DCS, Crystal Storm, and the Requiem coming to the Paranormal Soup Network in the next couple of weeks. But Brian is also starting his show. Um, I believe it's probably going to be called Spiritual Development, just like his show was on Block Talk Radio. So he's going to be starting up here pretty soon. We got him set up with the system on broadcaster the sam's broadcaster today he might need your help though jamie because i know there's a, a couple settings that he needs to go over with the virtual audio cables that i'm not too familiar with remember you just did this recently i did this a long time ago when when i when i set up my show but uh you probably have to uh contact them tomorrow or in a few days yeah. he can help him out but you will be, be joining us he'll be joining us he's going to do an afternoon show which is going to be pretty cool we're going to have a couple afternoon spots now taken we're going to have him and of course dj smells so good with the Starship Smelly Prize. Very nice. Yeah, Brian, uh, give me a call tomorrow on Uvu. You can share your screen. We'll set it up and get her done. Get her done. You know, I it's just, funny. Uh, I, I don't I, know. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. No, it, well, jinx, but go ahead. I was just, just going to say, I don't know why, but... Uh, I have my SAMs all set up and, and everything, my virtual audio cables, but I got that popping, and I just, that's the one thing it, that's holding me back. When it's not one and thing, it's the other with, with yeah, your exactly, cables. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Always something. So I don't know what I'm going to do. It's always something. need to do some extensive testing or maybe find a SAMs form and ask them why the hell I'm getting this crackling sound when I talk. When I play music, it's yeah. fine. I'm also having microphone problems. Uh, when I, you know, first this could up. be, this could be, and and let me ask you a question here before you continue. Uh, the microphone. Do you have one of those long black mic cables on your um, microphone? Yeah. What? Okay. What you, you have works. a, a you have a short microphone, right? Yeah. Okay. But it works fine uh, in Winamp. It works fine on everything, right? You might want to yeah. do this. You might uh, want to disconnect the microphone, completely disconnected yeah. from the cable and everything. Uninstall the SAMS broadcaster, then restart your computer, reinstall the SAMS broadcaster, do the entire procedure again, and then plug in the, the microphone. It might have some conflicting uh, issues with the soundboard on your computer. That might be why yeah. you're getting that popping sound. Yeah, I'll mess with it. I'll, I'll fix that, but uh, yeah. We'll figure it out. But at least you got the other uh, the other uh, virtual audio cable set up, and you're you know at least having audio come in, which is great. 
step one taken care of. Yep. And, uh, yeah, Jeremiah hopped on there and fixed that real quick, too, which was cool. I know me and Jack yep. messed with it for a bit. And it was only two little settings, but we finally got it going. And I even tried to search to see if I can use them with Winamp. I know there's a way to do it, but uh, I just don't know how. So I posted, uh, you know, a thing in the Winamp form. I have got no uh, replies to it yet, so... I don't know. Yeah, Let's good luck with that. Those forms are slow. Yeah. They're slow, man. Well, you know what? Speaking of Jeremiah, he's doing his his uh, show now over on yep. Tenacity Radio, I believe. Um, yep. uh, of course, until midnight, and at midnight we start streaming over there as well. And we'll continue on for two more hours, and then we'll have our guest on, Darren Davis, coming in later on tonight. But uh, let's do this. Let's take a little pause here. We'll be back at... The uh, after the half hour mark, we'll be back and uh, we'll continue talking here. We're going to take more calls. Yep. Anybody who wants to call in, please do so. You know the wild card number. Call it, and uh, we'll talk. Nine four one five four eight forty two ninety one. Call us up. That's the one. That's the one. Call it. Even at break. You are about to enter a new dimension in one secret question you can't ask. If they know the answer to this question, then they're definitely aliens. They have to tell you in detail what these ingredients are for the secret sauce in the Gordita Crunch yeah. Taco Bell. Yeah. Only the aliens and the folks at Taco Bell know the secret ingredients for the secret sauce on the Gordita Crunch. The Jackal! Co-host. There is a way to test if these are real aliens. Next time it happens, ask them to give you something to prove that they know something that's not out yet. Like Stan Romanek, they gave him uh, mathematical equations and elements that weren't discovered for a couple of years. Ask them to tell you something that's going to be developed next year. And... Uh, if it comes true, then they really are aliens. If not, then you're probably having sleep paralysis. If you wake up and you're in bed, then, then you're probably sleep paralysis. Jamie Havikin, and now we're coming for all of you. <laughs> this is going into Jackal's head, and I hope everybody tunes in and listens. These boys know what they're doing. They really got it. They know what they're doing. The OnStar aliens are coming for you, June. We're coming. Vibration. I'm Jeremiah Greer from Shadows in the Dark Radio, and I am now a voice inside the Jackal Pit. Stephen Jacobson, and I'm now a voice in the Jackal's head. Get ready for a lot of fun and excitement. How many brothers fell victim to the streets? Rest in peace, young nigga. As a heaven for G, be alive. If I told you that I never thought of that. My nigga, we the last ones left. But life goes on. How many brothers fell victim to the streets? Rest in peace, young nigga. There's a heaven for a G. I'd be alive if I told you that I never thought of death. My nigga, we the last ones left. 
life goes on real through the empty halls Breath stinking in my drawers Ring, ring, ring Quiet y'all, here coming calls Plus it's my homie from high school He getting by It's time to bury another brother Nobody cry Life is a baller Alcohol and booty calls He used to do them as adolescents Do you recall? Raise the jeans Loafed out and blaze the weed Get on the roof, let's get smoked out And blaze with me Two in the morning and we still high assed out Screaming thug till I die before I passed out But now that you're gone, I'm in the zone Thinking I don't wanna die all alone But now you're gone And all I got left is thinking memories I love them niggas to death I'm drinking Hennessy While trying to make it last I drank a fit for that ass when you pass Cause life goes on How many brothers fell victim to the streets Rest in peace, young nigga There's a heaven for a cheat Be alive If I told you that I never thought of my nigga, we the last ones left But life goes on How many brothers fell victim to the street? Rest in peace, young nigga There's a heaven for a cheap Be alive If I told you that I never thought of death My nigga, we the last ones left And life goes on Yeah nigga, I got the word as hell You blue trial and the judge gave you 25 with an L Time to prepare to do fair time Won't be parole Imagine life as a convict that's getting old Plus with the drama with looking out for your baby's mama Taking risks while keeping cheap chicks from getting on her Life in the hood is all good for nobody Remember gaming on dumb hotties at show party Me and you know true or two While scheming on hits and getting tricks that maybe we can slide into But now you worry, rest nigga cause I ain't worry Eyes blurry saying goodbye at the cemetery No memories fade, I got your name tatted on my arm so we Dying days before I say goodbye. Caden went mental, rest in peace. Thug till I die. How many brothers fell victim to the streets? Rest in peace, young nigga. As a heaven for a cheek, I'd be alive. If I told you that I never thought of that, my nigga, we the last ones left. And life goes on. How many brothers fell victim to the streets? Rest in peace, young nigga. As a heaven for a cheek, I'd be alive. If I told you that I never thought of that, my nigga, we the last ones with G's in my pocket, have a party at my funeral Let every rapper rock it, let the hoes that I used to know From way before, kiss me from my head to my toe Give me a paper, a pen, so I can write about my life of sin A couple of bottles of gin, in case I don't get in Tell all my people I'm a rider Nobody cries when we die, we outlaws, let me ride Until I get free I live my life in the fast lane, got police chasing me To my niggas from old blocks, from old crews Niggas they got me through, back in the old school Pour out some liquor, have a toast for the homies See we both gotta die, but you chose to go before me And brothers miss you while you gone You left your nigga on his own, how long we moan? Life goes on, how many brothers fell victim to the street? Life Rest in peace, on, young on. nigga, as a heaven for a Niggas, I'm a 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 I'm
get played. There's plenty of space. Thanks for just representing for us. And next time you see your niggas, you're gonna be on the top, nigga. Hey, Kato, man, so y'all niggas make sure it's poppin' when we get out there, man. Don't fuck. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. All right, we're back live on the world infamous Jackal's Head. Here on the Paranormal Soup Network with me, of course, Jamie Havican, And we're taking your calls tonight on the wild card line. Anybody who wants to call in, 941-548-4291. Pete Dickinson, the board operator, will let you right through if you call in. Of course, we are screening calls, so we're going to know if you're a cranker or not. So don't crank call us, because Pete over there, he gets... Pretty upset. Isn't that right, Pete? Yeah, well, I don't like crank callers. Uh, nobody likes crank callers, Pete. Uh, Jamie, do you like crank callers? I don't think you like crank callers. Well, once in a while, they're fun to mess with. Well, but, uh, you know, once in a while. Yeah. Like, I doubt this. Well, you know. No. But, you know, if you guys do want to call they, in and want to talk about anything. They don't listen to this kind of show. And, no, uh, they, they listen don't. to other kinds of shows. So. Yeah, and shows with names of frogs on them, I think, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like yeah. that. But uh, if you guys want to call in, that's the number. Call on in. We're going to be taking open lines for the uh, rest of the next hour and 25 minutes here, or 30 minutes or whatever we got left before we go on to Tenacity Radio. Of course, that's going to be when we have the interview of Mr. Darren G. Davis, the president of Blue Water Productions. So stick around for that later on tonight. Now, you know, Jamie, I was looking on around the web tonight, like I told you earlier, just uh, looking for stuff to kind of talk about. And I found the, I think, the original post where this whole Travis Walton thing uh, with this dude who's trying to debunk him. I, th- yeah, I think I found I have, the original post. I, I, I it's, have uh, the original post. It's Joe Cab's blog. No, but here's the thing. I, I think he had posted that before it got on Joe whatever gaps blog or whatever i think really? he had posted that originally on imdb.com and i'm going to post the link here on the chat room uh he he posted it on the uh, fire in the sky imdb page now for those of you who don't know what imdb is that's the the internet movie database that's every film there there is in existence has a page on here and uh this guy his name here is clear mind uh 21 2003 he posted uh, the original post on here, I believe, and it's posted on December 25th, 2007. Ooh. So this is kind of old. I don't know why this is making the rounds now. But here's did the link. I'm going to drop it did in the chat room. That? Okay. Yeah, it's right there in the chat. I'm going to send it to you on Skype here in case you can. I got it. I got it. it. Got it. All right, good. But I mean, let's let's talk about this for a second because this is from 2007. This is posted on here, 
and it's pretty much word for word yep. the same thing that that other website is uh, posting. Yeah, and, it is. And, and I mean, if you look at you look at uh, the the uh, amount of comments that people have left here, I'm surprised this is coming to light now. If this is that old. Yeah, and I got I'm gonna look on my blog right now because on the the first story I found. There was a whole different story behind this. Let me see what it says. Uh, here we go. Mm -hmm. Let me see what this says. It says, uh, Joseph Capp's blog, UFO Media Matters, has a post about the nephew of Snowflake Arizona Sheriff and how he tells about the well-known hoax of Travis Walton. Uh, the online letter posted on YouTube's Joseph Capp's channel is directed to Capp and all believers. And it, the writer claims to have inside knowledge on all the corruptions of the case, Travis Shady's background, as well as the background of those involved, painting the picture of a money-hungry, stressed, drug-fueled drug Travis Walton. The writer claims that the reported incidents uh, that are said to have transpired in the Mount White Mountains near Snowflake, Arizona, were just a ploy to get out of legal problems. So it doesn't say that, uh, you know, this is recent, but... It says that, and then it has the whole post that you found uh, mm -hmm. below. And it says, read rest and Joseph's response here. So I guess uh, Joseph has a response about it. Let's see. The written uh, accusation above came to me via YouTube presentation, Travis Walton at the International UFO Congress 2010, that I put up the statements above are nothing but a rehash of accusations leveled up by Walton for a number of years. So yeah, he admits they're a rehash. Ah, so uh, they're, they're okay. All right. So yeah, they're not trying says, to sell it as a original story they, or anything. These right, are yeah. the debunkers concerns. The young man, Travis Walton had uh, expunged record, uh, record burglary. And uh, so no, class mentioned this record in the book number two uh mr class had a valid data which indicated certain information was being withheld intentionally by the aerial aerial phenomenon research organization number three travis took a second polygraph test and he passed number four the motive given for the hoax by the bunkers and others is Mike Roger, the owner of the business for nine years, had grossly underestimated the magnitude of the job and could not complete it on time. There's all kinds of stuff that goes into here. You know, and, and one thing, it says there that Travis had spent time in jail when he was young, right? Is that what I heard? Yeah. Uh, yeah that, the, uh, no, I so think the, the other the, guy the, went to jail two months after that. And there's five videos attached to this, too, which pretty much pulls it all out maybe next saturday we can do a two-hour uh live stream jackal's head that'd be good yeah videos. well you know we could actually do that tomorrow night on uh sky watchers radio tv which will be back on live at 11 o'clock p.m on the paranormal soup network's live stream page so cool. if you guys want to see that tomorrow we could just do that tomorrow night at 11 o'clock p.m but check this out you know i find that kind of funny the that a lot of the debunkers might use the fact that he might have gone to prison when he was a young guy, you know, and like a UFO or an alien. I, I went to prison. I, I spent six yeah. months when I was a kid, you know, and I'm a no, totally look, check this out. It, it's like the UFOs and the aliens are going to, you know, pick and choose who they're going to abduct. And, uh, you know, they're not, oh, I'm not going to take Travis Walton. No, he, he, well, he went remember, to prison. They, they, they meant know? to take Don Ray Walton. Remember that. 
Ah, yes, that's true. So they, they got do the wrong Walter. I guess they do. I guess they do. But you know what? Don Ray Walton, I think, needs to be prosecuted for crimes against humanity, for his hatred against the human beings. This, I really believe that this man needs to be sent back to his home planet. This story has 22 comments just over the past couple days. <laughs> That's amazing. You should seriously read the page on IMDB that I've linked on there. Uh, I mean, this guy who I guess is the person who leaked uh, or put this story out there that it was a hoax, who were, you know, this debunker. Uh, he actually posted several other comments on here. One of them, he says, Wikipedia is wrong on some stuff. My uncle never took news uh, crew or, you know, to see Travis's at his house uh, to confront him or anything. My uncle was uh, Sanford, uh, was Sanford Flake. Great name. His, uh, his nickname was Sank. But my uncle was a jerk to him and uh, you could get a hold of the White Mountain Force uh, service. It, yeah. And uh, they can tell you the time and the month that the Air Force will be doing training sessions up yeah. uh, until they do it all the time. And Travis Walton finally admitted that he did get high until he had his children. So what? I get high all the time and I don't have children. Now, understanding the story did take place from my hometown and is always cool when big stories like this happen in a small town. But Travis will not do any interviews unless he is paid. That's not true. Uh, no. Paid a certain amount. And Mike Rogers... See, this is bullshit. I mean, this guy yeah. right there is just spreading bullshit. I, I've had Travis on my show. He didn't ask ever for any payment or even, you know, for Pete's, anything, Pete's any conversation. Uh, uh, Pete, uh, can you screen a caller, please? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Hold on. All right, while Pete is screening the caller, guys, uh, listen, you know, I had Travis on the show here last year. I have the archive. I'll play it whenever, you know... You guys want to hear it. But honestly, Travis never asked me for a penny. He's right. never asked anybody that I know for a penny when it comes to doing any kind of uh, of show or any kind of interview. So for this person to come out and post this garbage, I know right there that this it, it's kind of like it, elimination by rule of prejudice on the fact that you already lied and bullshitted about something. So I eliminate everything else this guy has to say I, you know, from now on. But caller is on the air. Who's the caller? Pete Screen. Hello, caller. I guess Pete, who, who's Pete, the caller? Who, who's the caller, Pete? Yeah, I think it's Brian. Yeah, Brian. Who? Brian. Brian McCormick. Oh, oh, Brian. Hey, what's up, Brian? How you doing, bro? Hey, hey, guys. Um, yeah, I was just listening how, how, to someone call in and say hey. How, how was Pete uh, doing the screening there? Because you know, he's new. He's, you know, learning. <laughs> uh, how did he treat you there on off air? Oh, he, he did pretty good. He just basically asked me yeah. who I was. Yeah, I think you recognized him. Yeah, well, yeah. Jackal talks. Jackal talks about you. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. About this story, we have posts from Alfred Lemberg posted on this. Okay. Alejandro Rojas has posted comments about this. Joe Cap has posted many comments about it. So we got a lot of people, you know, well-known people inside the community posting comments about this case and then all of them all of them every one of them agree that this is bullshit so 
Yeah, I call bullshit yeah, on this. I mean, I, just from reading this part here, I mean, the, the guy is saying that he won't do an interview unless he's paid a certain amount, and Mike Rogers and, and Alan Dallas never do interviews. That's bullshit. I've seen Mike Rogers do interviews, and I've had Travis on my show, and he's never asked for a penny. In fact, he's a very nice guy. I've spoken to him on off air as well, and he's a super you know nice individual, very humble. He's about to be on Unraveling the Secrets in the near future, and he's not asked for a penny. So I know this is bullshit. If you guys go to the IMDb page, scroll down. Down, you'll see Clear Mind uh, 21 2003. He posts this several times on the page. I don't know if anybody's picked up on this, but you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna po- post a blog on this, and I'm gonna get the word out that he put this on there, and I'm gonna expose this as bullshit. And if you expose part of this as bullshit, then the rest of it has to be bullshit right off the bat. I mean, it's again, it clearly. I think this is a guy who's biased and is trying to get attention. I think this is all. This is. What's your take on this, Brian? I agree with you, and uh, I, I definitely agree with if you can expose part of it as being uh, fraudulent, then you can definitely go go the long way. And I do want to I want to point out something. When I was reading his blog, I was sitting here reading that he claims to be the nephew of the sheriff that's in the movie. But if you mm-hmm. follow Travis's book, Travis explains that that person in the movie was actually. Three people wrote into one because of Hollywood. Right. There were three main investigators. And Travis, several times on several different interviews, even said that the original sheriff in their county was not that mean-hearted. But that that Mm -hmm. character on the movie, Fire in the Sky, is just one man. He's like a Texas Ranger or whatever coming coming in that area. And Travis explains in his book that Hollywood decided to take three of the investigators and roll them into one person. And Hollywood does do that. So, you know, the, the person who wrote the blog says, yeah, my uncle was the sheriff and, and this and that, but he never, he never points out to the fact that not everything that was going on in that movie was his uncle. So to me, that, you know, that kind of, if you're going to defend your uncle and if you're even going to bring him up, you, he should have said, and by the way, the majority of the things that went on in that movie was not my actual uncle. It was based off two other people, and here's their names, and blah, 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 blah. You know? Right. To me, that kind of sounded um, uh, a little silly. This but sounds like, I, again, like a, a fanboy who's seen the movie, knows the movie, and is coming up with some story just to try to get attention and maybe, uh, you know, get somewhere in ufology. That's what this kind of sounds well, like. It, it sounds like a failed attempt, too, because this is from 2007, and it's just now resurfacing again. Uh, so it was a failed attempt once. I'm surprised that it's getting any attention at all as it is. But Well, it does need to give a, get some attention so that people realize that it, it, it's fraud. Uh, the easy thing about this is he names his classmate, and he says that his classmate was the son of Travis, and then he names himself at the end of the blog. Mm-hmm. He even says, hey, I'm the nephew of the sheriff gives the sheriff's full name so it wouldn't be hard to track down this person and uh, yep. but I have a sneaking suspicion that it's someone who knows the people but it wasn't actually the person who signed it in other words somebody in the town uh, you know maybe doesn't like Travis or doesn't like the the storm behind it uh, and maybe they know names and they just said hey I'm this person and I'm the one posting this you know what I'm saying yeah, it could be. Yeah, and po- those possibilities. He claims in his blog that Travis made a lot of money on this and paid off contracts. But uh, I, as far as uh, from the majority of what everybody says, they say that Travis didn't make any money off this. In fact, no, uh, he made. He, in fact, Travis. Sorry, 
Travis continued working until recently where he retired not too long ago. He was working at the same company yeah. for like 20 years. So, right, the guy's right. not rich, guys. If He's... Travis was going to fake it, if he was going to fake it, he could have came out with other claims. He could have exactly. you know, been the next Billy Myers, but he didn't do that. He could have mm -hmm. wrote, uh, you know, 50, 60 books. He could have been in different movies, but he didn't do any of that. He basically said, this is what happened, this is what I remember. It doesn't make much sense, but here it is. And his yep. book is very different from the actual movie. And so, mm -hmm. that, that, just reading the letter, that's, you know... I kind of see problems with the person writing this letter, and it does look to me as if the person only watched the movie and didn't read the book. In other words, yeah, that's you know that's the same feeling I got from. That's the same feeling I got as soon as I you know read the entire thing myself. You know when Jamie read it on the show yesterday, I was kind of taken back and I was I was like, what the hell? Because I hadn't you know heard about this. I had never heard anybody try to debunk Travis Walton's uh, story since there's so much collaborating evidence that something really did happen. So when I started doing a little research study on it, and I found this on IMDb, I was like, wait a second, this is from 2007. And you know, going through it and reading everything you know myself, the first thing I thought it was like, well, this guy just saw the movie movie inside of coming up with shit, you know? That's the first thing that jumped into my right. mind. Uh, it's, I mean, it's clear as day that that's exactly where this is. Yeah, it sounds like it's someone who's, who's just trying to uh, cause a lot of trouble and get attention at the same time. Um, yeah, you know, and anybody, and, and that's why Travis is, and he, he's hard to get a hold of, but he goes to a lot of these UFO conventions and things, but you, you can look at the guy, he's not rich, and he's He's not really even getting the attention that he should be getting, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. and so if you're not getting money and if you're not really getting attention, uh, then, you, then you can't claim someone is making this up for either, either of those reasons. He doesn't really want the attention either. That's one oh, thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. He, yeah. he doesn't. And uh, I, I know that he has done uh, hypnotherapy, and he and there's actually a, a couple of interviews uh, about him getting into that, and then he supposedly stopped the hypnotherapy because he didn't want to remember everything. And mm -hmm. there is a few interviews that are on YouTube, but he, he sounds credible. He sounds a little scared and a little confused, and if they were making this up, they would have done what Billy Myers did. They, they would have yep. talked about alien politics and alien fruits and foods and just little little things not big things yeah travis travis doesn't have an he doesn't have an indoctrination about his story like billy myers who's trying to sell you on right. some metaphysical level and trying to sell you on the spiritual level and how you know the beings are going to save us and you know how we're all you know united as, and you know he's not trying to sell you some religion Travis Walton just said, you know, this happened to me. I don't remember much, but this is what I remember. It's kind of messed up. And, you know, this actually was a story before he even was found, which is the amazing thing because when he disappeared, this was already all over the news. So he was, right. you know, in, in a sense, he was dragged into it inadvertently. If nobody had put anything on the news, nobody would have known this happened. It would have just been, you know, taken and dropped back. But the right. fact that the news picked up on it and it became a global uh, thing, or at least a you know national story here in the U.S. and everybody was talking about this thing, that alone you know tells you that wait a second, I don't think this guy was just hiding out somewhere because guess what, people were looking out you know everywhere for him. I mean there are people you know in search parties looking out for Travis Walton and they couldn't find him. Right. So where where was he hiding you know? out? Snowflake Arizona isn't that big, folks. It's not Miami, Florida, or or New York City, or anything like that. Snowflake Arizona is, you know, not 
a small, tiny place, but, you know, back then it was a, a nice little town. You couldn't really exactly hide out any, everywhere. I mean, especially if the town folks know who you are and they knew Travis pretty well. Guess what? They would have found him. Well, he was in a small community, too, and, and you got to keep that yeah, in mind. Yeah, exactly. And uh, there was a lot of ridicule between him and his buddies, and, I mean, I could only imagine just, just the hell that he went through. And that's one of the reasons why he doesn't want that much attention. And, uh, you know, there, there's just a lot of things with this blog uh, on this guy uh, that just, I don't know, it just screams that, he, that this person doesn't even know Travis, and it probably is not even really the nephew of the sheriff. Um, I would almost lay money on that, but it'd be interesting to get him maybe to come on the show, or or maybe, maybe if the nephew claims that he never even wrote that, if you could get the nephew maybe on the show or at least to write something to say, hey, that. You know what? Since that would be really since awesome. this person. Since this person has put so many clues on as who they are, you know, pretty much just come out and say who they are, I'm pretty sure, yeah, it wouldn't be that hard to find who this person is, track him down and get a phone number and, and call him up. So I'm going to work on that and see if I could do that and get to the bottom of this story because this is really uh, a story that is kind of driving me bananas because I know for a fact that a lot of what I've read is bullshit. And, uh, you know, I, you know me, I like to be yeah. clear about stuff. And when I see somebody just jabbing at somebody for no reason, I'm going to stick my nose in there and make sure that, you know, the bullshit gets out the door. You know what I mean? Right, right. Well, in that blog, he does actually say who he is. And he even goes yes, to the bar say when he graduated. He, talk, he talks about how he graduated with Travis's son. But what I don't understand is he says that Travis was bullied and that or that Travis's son was bullied a lot in school because of this, which I can imagine. But then he also says he was good friends with him. So if you're, if you're good friends with a guy and he's getting bullied, why, why do you even put out that statement? You know, I mean, there's just so many flaws in that, just that small little report. Well, you know what, to, to even put out a statement that somebody's getting, to put a statement on somebody's getting bullied in school to begin with uh, is childish and mature and is, you know, improper for whatever story you're trying to tell here. Uh, the story about Travis has nothing to do with this kid getting bullied in school. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but he did put it in there. And so that, you know... Exactly. That, Why even put that in there? behind that. Right. He, he, see, that's the thing. He, he either knows the person and he's just trying to hurt them or he's just using that to try to claim that, hey... He, he really did graduate with the, with the guy. And so it's, it's yep. one or the other. But if he was friends with the guy, and if he really did you know, feel the way he says in the blog, why would he put out that his father's a, a scammer? Because that, that's what everybody was mad about. Everybody was really mad at Travis for the idea that aliens came down. Because this was a small community, very religious. It wasn't, it wasn't the fact that, yeah, he's a scammer. That didn't come out until later. The, the media took that, but the town kept saying, well, no, Travis, you can't say there's aliens out there because, in their view, it was just God and us, in other words. But the media blew up on it, and the media kind of made fun of him, saying that he could be scamming a little bit, uh, and then they had people to investigate him, and then, you know, there was a lot of unanswered questions, but to this day, nobody's ever debunked them, ever. So, yep. you know, I think and don't forget he incredible. Don't forget, he's passed multiple lie detector tests. Multiple. Oh, yeah, not just yeah. one. Yeah, multiple lie detector terrible. tests. Yeah. Right. Uh, Jamie, you, you've been awfully quiet there for the last five, ten minutes. Uh, you okay? Yeah, yeah. I just had the mic turned oh. down while you guys were talking, just looking through some stuff here. Just, Find uh, anything interesting there? Or? Uh, I'm just uh, going through logos for the website while we're doing this great show. 
Ah, gotcha. That was good to see your uh, your heads in the game while we're on air. Good job. But uh, <laughs> Brian, you you know, let's change the topics here a little bit. You're coming over to the to the Paranormal Soup Network yourself. You're bringing your show, Spiritual Development, on here. Tell us a little bit more about your show and what it's going to be about. Well, yeah, that is true. It's going to be named Spiritual Development. That's that's the name I'm keeping with. Uh, the show is going to basically deal with about 50% spiritual uh, information. And when I mean spiritual, I'm talking about uh, things of meditation, how to uh, understand uh, what, what the ego is, how to connect to your higher self. Uh, and I, I will even dwell, I'll, I'll even dive into other topics that would be more metaphysical and a little more um, uh, out there, if you will. Uh, but then I'm also going to deal with paranormal topics. I want to tie in everything that I do into the paranormal realm. Uh, the majority of the information that I'm going to be putting out when it comes down to information, we'll, we'll be dealing with Kabbalah. But at the same time, it's going to be a mishmash of spiritual information with paranormal information and stories being told and even guests that will be coming on. Uh, one day it might be a guest that you know, has had a paranormal experience, or we might just be talking about ghosts or hauntings or alien abductions, or I might interview someone who's in a research team like that. And then the next show may actually be dealing with uh, me or someone else reading off ancient information from books. And, of course, I'll give references when I do that. Uh, and kind of, kind of like a biblical story class, but without the religion, in other words. Things that you can listen to and that you can research and you can have reference, and, uh, you know, if a lot of people like the uh, Zachary Stitchin ideas of the Anunnaki, and I'd really like to do an entire series, maybe maybe about ten episodes, on what Kabbalah is about that, and then how you could take that information and fit it into the puzzle pieces that Zachary uh, Stitchin comes up with. Uh, but then you can also, within saying that, you could also say, well, uh, those puzzle pieces also fit the spiritual realm of angels and God and, and things of that nature. Uh, and I think that if more people if more people heard that story, they would understand why there's so much argument uh, with the Anunnaki versus uh, a real creator God, you know, type deal. But my show will be called Spiritual Development, and it'll deal with spiritual uh, information along with paranormal stuff. Very cool. And uh, that's going to be starting here in the next uh, couple weeks, right? Next week or two? Yeah, I'm, well, I'm trying to get it as fast as I can, but I'm just trying to clear off some other things in my in my uh, daily routine here. Um, and just for the listeners, I mean, me and uh, Jacqueline and I have been back and forth with trying to get this yeah, what? Uh, set up to understand it. Uh, I've had <laughs> to even figure out what hours. Yeah, I want to do that's it what I was going to say, what days and what hours. Yeah. Well, right now, I think I'm leaning towards right now a Tuesday. Uh, and for right now, I'm going to probably start off with just one show a day, and it'll be Tuesday. And it'll be somewhere after afternoon, probably around 3 p.m., 4 p.m., 5 p.m., somewhere around that. When, when it's ready and good to go, I'll announce it. Um, and I'll put it up on my website, too. And uh, speaking of websites, I'll go ahead and push that out. Um, the website that I run is based off of Kabbalah, and it's called NotrimKabbalah.com. It's N-O-T-Z-R-I-M, and then Kabbalah.com. Uh, and speaking of websites, Jamie, I heard that you took down like 15 websites to put up one. <laughs> Is that what you're doing now? 
Well, no, I had I had a bunch of different blogs when I first started out in this. I was trying to make money, so I started different blogs on different things. Some of my blogs ran themselves with widgets of uh, live UFO sightings. Others, uh, just just uh, you know, covered Florida UFOs. Others would cover uh, world UFO sightings. Uh, um, some were just a paranormal ghost aspect and, uh, you know, finally it was just too much. And I said, I'm just going to stick with one blog. So I made a night. It looks really good. I'll put the link in the chat room. I made one blog and that's what I'm sticking to. So every post I ever have, whether it's news related, show related, or just UFO related, anything. That's what you need gonna, to do. Yeah, it's going to be that's there. Awesome. So here's the link. What, Check it what, out. What are you naming that website? It's a U Florida UFO news, just a dot blogspot.com. Just a awesome. What I do with it is, uh, I post every day. The first thing I do is I post my, I go through my UFO news alerts and I post my stories on there. That way, when I do my UFO news show every day at 4 PM, I, I just read the stories from there and, uh, that's how we do it. Yep. Cool. Very, very interesting. Well, guys, I just wanted to call in and uh, say great show, and then kind of announce, I, I, you know, what I was doing to the to the audience. Uh, but yeah, I'm coming to a Paranormal Soup Network, and uh, hopefully, uh, in in the next week or maybe even two, uh, be running a Tuesday show. And then a after I get situated, I will definitely pick up a Thursday show too. So eventually, it will be Tuesdays and Thursdays. It'll be the same time, probably an hour. Pro I, I think an hour long show is more than enough. An hour. Uh, Try doing four. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard. <laughs> I've heard all the work <laughs> you all done, but but you keep it interesting, though, man. You, you do. You, I mean, doing it all night long and stuff like that. I mean, you keep it very interesting. It doesn't really get that boring. It's especially uh, when you put in the music. I, I love yep. some of the music that you've been playing. <laughs> love cannabis. Oh yeah. <laughs> cannabis is. Well, I'm gonna the jump sheet. off here, guys. And you just keep it. You keep it rolling out and. Uh, All right, brother. You know, I'm thank you for calling in, bro. Happy to join the family here. All right, thank you. All right, well, we're, we're happy to have you over here on the Paranormal Soup Network, man. Thanks for calling in. And that's, of course, Brian McComas, who's going to be the host of Spiritual Development right here on the Paranormal Soup Network, everybody. Uh, let's do this. Let's take a little break, take a pause. Everybody, you know, get situated. Go get a drink. Some of us who might have to go to the bathroom and urinate, you can do that. Uh, get a bite to eat. Uh, go kiss that's your good. spouse, maybe tucking your kids or something for a couple minutes. Let's take that break, and we'll be right back here on the Jackal's Head for another hour before we go on the Tenacity Radio stream. So stick around, guys, because we're not going nowhere. I'm so lonely. You are so listening lonely, to the so Jackal's Head. With your host. Just me only. The Jackal. Sitting on my rental home. And Jamie Havocan. Work weary hard and make up great friends. But nobody wins and no one understands. From time to time. Seems right no one takes me seriously. Only on and Tenacity so Radio. I'm I be stepping in my all red nikes. 
ocean ready to take flight. I fly away on different clouds. And you, you simply not allowed. Look, I be stepping in all red nights. Fresh and ready to take flight. I fly away on different clouds. And you, you simply not allowed. Look, I be moonwalking in my red Nikes. I illusion move, so one look at me is pricey. Oops, I mean priceless. Hello, I'm your highness. And I get them busy when I hit them with one liners. All the ladies turn to him. Haters shock, I'm burning them. School is in session, you can bet your life that I'm learning them. I'm all about my vegetables. Drive by in the latest coupe. Hop out with my red nights, they look like tomato soup. Everything is color coordinated in the latest. You can ask Mrs. Knowles, your boys are braided. In my system, I'm so faded I'm like Jordan with it All about my foreign digits Let me get more specific, let me lay it down Proper, kick in the door Yeah, you can call me little papa Nobody's close to him He's on another planet, all I do is Two-step, she wants someone to Look, dance I with Look, I be stepping in my all-red nights Fresh and ready to take flight I fly away on different clouds And you, you simply not allowed I be stepping in my all red nights Fresh and ready to take flight I fly away on different clouds And you, you simply not allowed All black with the red ones, my favorite style If you step on these Nikes, that's a flagrant foul Look, hey Mr. DJ, go ahead, play my song Here is something to remember, I get my Rain Man on When I stomp through blocks, I'm hot Burning up the pavement, follow my moves, you should be learning all my paces I'm about my pesos, I keep a case low Running through the money, yeah, I gallop like a racehorse Don't get your face tossed, you'll get your head mushed Smooth criminal, I moonwalk like red crooks Yeah, I'm this fly, yes sir, I'm that gorgeous I'm burning up, they can't keep the steam off him Till I'm in a deep coffin All this parachuting haters wanna leap off him All I do is levitate like flying saucers Every time you see me in my custom forces Look, I be stepping in my all red nights Fresh and ready to take flight I fly away on different clouds And you, you simply not allowed Look, I be stepping in my all red nights Steve Eunice from supermanhomepage.com And now I'm a voice inside the jackal's head Approximately 50 years ago Under the direction of President Harry Truman And in the interest of national security A group of 12 top military scientific personnel were established This group's primary objective Was to desensitize us to the truth And to suppress the material evidence That our planet is being visited by a group of Extraterrestrial biological entities called the Greys Субтитры 
confusing and reality becomes illusion If I show the masses where we was at and where we was going I shattered the social balance of the world as we know it I'm talking about the grand deception of 1947 When our souls were sold to the heavens For technologically advanced weapons Crystal enhanced brain implants and mind control methods MJ-12 is not majestic And the focal point of our problems on this planet is not domestic You can accept it or be stupid and be a skeptic I fail to recognize the secret society's deference 97% of our presidents were masons Responsible for laundering trillions of dollars from the nation For the construction of underground military installations Abductions and cattle mutilations Experiments on human patients That take place in several subterranean bases 150 stories below a basement With knowledge of genetic information You need to fear science, not Satan Cause through the manipulation of certain biological agents They create strange creations Top secret special operations Low frequency sounds and lasers People like Carl Sagan that didn't believe in the Drake equation We're trying to keep western civilization on a need to know basis Well you need to know that this is the game And we're being portrayed and played in the worst way From Genesis 126 says, let us make man in our image under our likeness. First of all, who's they? You see, if God was truly a single entity, that's not what he would say. We as the Elohim, gods and goddesses, possess a marvelously monstrous subconscious. Life forms to speak in very high-pitched sounds and squeaks. George staccato clicks and beeps, a highly advanced form of speech. Even though to us it seems like they only chatter in their teeth They used to swim deep in the oceans beneath Till they fins transformed in the limbs and they started to creep Then they evolved into mammals with feet And walked right from the shorelines onto the beach They used gravity, cause it's actually the only force around That could slow time and the speed of light down The energy grid network opened the gateway from Earth To any point in the universe Living organisms in various geomagnetic gravitational anomaly areas Space expedition teams in the lunar regions reported seeing visit pyramids and tetrahedrons. Liquid filled shoes is what they use to walk across the moon without leaving a clue of where they've been for the past 23 billion years before life on the surface even appeared. I hope you become aware what I'm spitting in your ear was intended to stimulate your left brain's hemisphere. I know it sounds weird. All these answers and questions to the grand deception. Channel zero. Tune in the channel zero. Tune in the channel zero. Tune in the channel zero. <laughs> I am now a voice inside the jackal pit. And that was Boy Pie. <laughs> it's me. It's me again, Jamie Avakin for FloridaUFORadio.com. If you haven't done so already, please come on over to FloridaUFORadio.com and sign up with us. You can become a member post-blogs 
post videos and post in our forum. Best of all, you can interact with other members and be a part of Florida UFO Radio every week. It's a great and growing site, and I would like for you to be a part of it. FloridaUFORadio.com is your place. Come on over. We have 24-hour live UFO talk radio. Hope to see you there, folks. This is Jamie Havikin, and I'm out of here. The Liger, a cross between a male lion, or Panthera Leo, and a tigress, or Panthera tigress, the Liger has parents with the same genus, but of different species. It is the largest cat in the world. They borrow positive characteristics from both species. They enjoy swimming, which is a characteristic of tigers, and are very sociable, like lions. Hey guys. <laughs> Go get him, Liger. The Toyota Prius, a four-wheeled creature used for transportation by humans. Much like the Liger, the Prius combines the specialized abilities of two different animals to form a superior species. With the raw power of an internal combustion engine and the clean, quiet efficiency of its fuel cell, the Prius is known to meticulously maintain its habitat with ultra-low emissions. The Toyota Prius, the ultimate hybrid. Yes, love hurts. It can hurt emotionally, but more important, it can also hurt you physically. It can hurt you in a way which nobody who owns a hot tub and lives in California can afford to be unaware of. Yes, I'm talking about California hot tub rectal gonorrhea. This painful and curable disease can make an enjoyable soak in a hot tub with family, friends, and dog into a literally unforgettable experience. If you catch California hot tub rectal gonorrhea, not only will you walk around feeling like you're about to pass a twisted sardine can lid, you'll also smell like a pile of burning tractor tires. So don't jump out of the frying pan and into the hot tub. Because if you get California hot tub rectal gonorrhea, it'll really burn your ass. This has been a public service message brought to you by the Citizens Against CHTRG Foundation. California hot tub rectal gonorrhea. We're not going to take it sitting down.
And I just wanted to know, uh, what advice do you have for uh, uh, young people coming up into the field? Like, I, a lot of uh, for prof professors are telling us how hard it is to get into the field at first. I'd just like to know, since you're in the field, do you have any advice on that? For instance, experience, is that important? Mm -hmm. Sure. That, is, that, is that probably the most important uh, element? Well, it's way up there. It's way up there? Anything, anything else? Anything Pressure under fire. Mm -hmm. Done this before. I don't want it to be his first uh, surgery. Okay. Applied himself well. Mm -hmm. These are things I'd have confidence in a young MD. Okay. I'm talking about journalism field. I'm lost. What do you mean? The journalism. Like, I'm a student of journalism at a college, and I was just wondering the most important aspect of getting into journalism, not the medical field. I think you're exhausted from 30 nights. I am exhausted from 30 nights. No, no person, even those of us who are superhuman, those of us with uh, Herculean appetites for the diverse and the bizarre, even those of us who uh, have shown an aptitude to uh, to uh, fight the good fight and stay the good long battle, even those of us can get tired. And your boy is tired after 30 consecutive nights. I have a half hour to go, and I'm going to do that half hour because I'm a pro. That's what pros do. I'm a professional. Look it up in the book. Okay. That's what we do. We're pros. We're never rude. We don't cop out. We don't tell you that we're ill or that we're looking for the farmhouse in the middle of the desert or that we're parched. We don't tell you that maybe the check didn't come through this month and where the hell does it go anyway if you're a guy who's left 16 forwarding addresses. Okay. So what do you do? What is the answer? Yeah, you're a little perturbed now. Kind of worried about the club. The club? Well, uh, don't worry about the club. Worry about maybe Jackie might worry. <laughs> nah, don't worry. Okay, just cool it. Life is a breeze. Get out of Cuba We just can't use ya You've been around way too long Castro, you ugly bastard Too long you've lasted the Bay of Pigs should have worked. Fidel, you make me sick. Get out of Cuba quick. You are so goddamn rich, you amigo, son of a bitch. Baseball, we know you like. Are you behind the strike? Where were you in 63? Did you kill Kennedy? 
Muerte, 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 muerte. Get out now and free your nation. Are you into masturbation? Fidel will lift the embargo. Cuba will become another key lago. USA, USA. We're turning all the rafts and boats away. Lucy! Castro, get out of Cuba. We just can't use ya. You've been around way too long. Castro, you ugly bastard. Too long you lasted. The Bay of Pigs should have worked. Hey, puppy! Fidel, you make me sick. Get out of Cuba quick. You are so goddamn rich, you amigo son of a son bitch. Of a bitch. Baseball, we know you like. Are you behind the strike? Where were you in 63? Did you kill John Kennedy? Muerte! 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 Get out now and free your nation. Are you into masturbation? Fidel will lift the embargo. Cuba will become another Key Largo. USA! USA! We're turning all the graphs and boats away. Lucy! 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 We're back live on the infamous Jackal's Head show here on the Paranormal Soup Network and also Tenacity Radio later on tonight. Welcome back, everybody who's uh, staying with us here in the chat room. Hope you enjoyed the musical selection there at the end with Castro Get Out of Cuba. Something my people all want for that bastard to get out of Cuba. Anyway, uh, I don't know if uh, you guys have been seeing the news, but... Our president, speaking of presidents that need to get out of here, uh, it was on The View recently. I don't know if you saw that, Jamie. Did you check well, that out? No, I didn't, the view. but uh, it's a good fit for him, you know. The The View. When yeah, did shows fit. like The View become like a, a show that presidents go on? I mean, mm-hmm. weren't presidents supposed to be like a little bit you know, more high standard than The View? He's more like the first lady. I think Michelle's in charge. I think it well, could be, could very well. But you know, it's funny. Uh, there was a so this kind of reminded me a little bit of after nine eleven. I don't know if you remember. Right after nine eleven, there was a lot of media coverage, of course, of what was going on of the terrible, you know, terrible tragedy that happened on nine eleven. But MTV ran a report that you know blew my my fucking mind. They they were like, MTV reporters are trying to get a hold of Ja Rule to find out exactly what Ja Rule <laughs> thinks about the events of 9-11. Who cares? Who the hell cares what Ja Rule has to say about 9-11? That, you know, this reminded me of that. You know, I think it was Dave Chappelle who made that joke. Um, uh, it, this reminded me of that. Because who the hell cares of what The View who's ja has to say about anything? To yeah, who the hell is Ja Rule? Well, he had like five hits, but they all had hey, chicks singing on him. Where's he been? Well, you know, maybe maybe he's think. back. Maybe he's back in uh, you know, uh, Bible school. Yes, he is a Jehovah's Witness after all. But you know what? We we could thank Curtis Jackson for the fact that uh, Ja Rule's no longer pestering the yeah, airways yeah. with with uh, what have I about you and all the other <laughs> murder, murder, and all, all the screaming and nonsense that he does. Yeah, that's pretty good. Hey, shut up, Pete. Well, it is. Well, it, uh, nobody asked you. 
anyway, yeah, you know, we can thank Curtis Jackson for that. But, you know, this is a pretty curious question here. Why the hell would the president of the United States go on the freaking view? Now, this guy, Mr. Obama, who I voted for, yes, I admit it, I voted for President Obama. He's also been on Ellen DeGeneres' show. So this is the state of America that we're in right now, right? We, Where our presidents go on The View and on Ellen, Ellen DeGeneres' show. No wonder we're the laughing stock of the, the entire planet. Jesus yeah. Christ, man. I mean, he should go on shows like um, Larry King. There you go. Or... Who else going to say? Anderson Cooper. At least, Le- at least Larry King or Anderson Cooper are going to ask him harder questions than, oh, uh, wh- oh what, God, what are the, the girls, what are the girls married? wearing this summer? Oh, yeah, what are the girls wearing this summer? I oh, mean, let's me be honest here. What does Michelle that, do? How, what kind of treatment does she get? You know, I mean, like other that. than Whoopi. Other than Whoopi, who I have a little, uh, you know, some respect for. Other than her, there's really not much IQ points sitting on, yeah. on the panel on the view there. Uh, that yeah. M- Melissa Hasselback or whatever her name is. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. That girl is cuckoo for cocoa puffs, my friend. She's a she's a little nutty squirrel. I think that's Jersey that's she June's is. sister. Could be. Could be. Yeah. She's a little nutty. That squirrel. I don't know. She's well, man. That but you know what? She's a looker. She's pleasant did, on did, the eyes. I'll give did her that. Did you guys now. see the actual photo of Jersey June today? No, I didn't. Where, where's that posted yeah. at? I don't know. I have to find it. I have to pull it up in my hard drive and post it. But uh, oh well, yeah. you, you do that. Okay. And you know, I, I actually uploaded some audio here of the of the view with President Obama, so you can kind of get a, a understanding of why this is not exactly the best thing for our president to be doing. I, I wanted to play this. So you guys could hear some of this audio. Uh, let's go on a little uh, detour here on the show for a couple minutes and play this audio from The View. And you can hear our commander-in-chief interacting with Melissa Hesselbeck, Barbara Wawa, Whoopi, and uh, that fat Joy Behart chick. What, what are, that's her name, right? Joy Behart? Joy... Yeah, Joy, Joy Behart show. Yeah, she actually does yeah. her own show too at night on HLN and uh, affiliate of CNN. Yeah, she does. I well, I guess. But anyway, this is uh, audio from the View. Check this out, guys. This is our Commander in Chief. Been a print journalism, and I just wanted. To- I had a chance to say something to Barack Obama, and I said, we would just love you to come on The View. And he said, I've been on The View. (laughs) And I said, well, obviously, I wasn't on that day. Yes, you were. You were on that day. (laughs) Oh, well, I was clearly distracted that day, but today the whole world is paying attention to this man whose passion, charisma, and call for change has electrified election 2008. We are very happy to welcome back Democratic presidential candidate Senator Barack Obama. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How are you? 
Yeah, we got some fancy folks in the audience here. Yeah. 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 Would you just turn the other cheek no, if you wish? Because I made that Lincoln joke about her. It's just a joke, it's right? It's just a joke. If you, you know you can be taken yeah. uh, incorrectly you, you, when you're you running. You gotta let it just let it go. Let it go. You, you gotta let it roll off your <laughs> roll off your sleeve. That's, that's what you do. That's that's the only way you can survive. Yeah, that's yeah. the way you've been surviving. That's how you survive. You you. Uh, uh, you, hopefully you take constructive criticism, but one of the things you understand pretty quickly is, is that not everything you say uh, is going to make everybody happy. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. Yeah. I, I will remember that, Joyce, and you do this at, once a month. You do it, Lincoln. You know, I, will, I, I have will to just say one other thing back before we go into serious stuff. Yes. I understand that you're related to Brad Pitt <laughs> in some way. Yeah. Wow, you related to Brad Pitt? I guess we're ninth cousins, something removed or something. Fascinating. I mean, I think I think he got the he got the better looking side of the gene pool. You know, he. Saying just before you came out, maybe we shouldn't say this, but we do we say? We thought you were very sexy looking. Oh. All right, guys, we're, we're back here. That's the, the first clip that I have loaded up here, and that's where they're asking him about his relationship with Brad Pitt. You have the commander-in-chief, the president of the United States, the guy who's the leader of the free world. And when I say the world, I mean the, the world. world. And this is what you ask him. Oh, I heard your cousin's with Brad Pitt. Oh, my God, you Brad Pitt. Oh! Like Brad Pitt's more... Uh... You know, famous in the president. Who the hell's Brad Pitt? He's an actor. Who cares about Brad Pitt? Who cares about Ja Rule? Who cares about the View? How about asking him about some something that's important? Some about the something about the issues that are going the on in this works. country right now, which that he's supposed to be taking care of, like the war. You know exactly. I mean, that, ask him some important stuff. Don't ask him. Oh, I heard they're related to Brad Pitt. What's going on with really? our borders? What's going on with the Arizona law with immigrants? I mean, now they're going to stop everybody, you know. And and now this is this is a big problem because a lot of Arizona cops are Mexican and they're not wanting yes. to enforce this rule if it comes through. There's a, that that that's going to be huge. Well, they don't want to so, hurt their own, I guess, you know. They can't blame them. Well, they can't stop anybody they see, but if they see anybody doing anything, they can stop them. Like, uh, you know, what's that? Jaywalking, they can stop you. If you look suspicious, yep. they can stop you. Uh, they can run your name. If, if you get pulled over and you're in a car full of 20 people, they can run everybody's name. Or, you know, even if they just walk up to you, they can run your name. Yep. It, it right. The new world order is in full effect. Ugh. Ugh. I think we're gonna, they're going to start doing that was a good one. Is, uh, that was a good one. Putting, putting uh, chips in all legal Americans. That way, there they can, you know, track ones. Well, that you, are and didn't uh, the the princess of England, uh, Harry, whatever his name is, uh, the 
yeah, the young Prince princes Harry. or Prince, yeah, Prince Harry, Princess Harry. Uh, didn't Princess yeah, some... didn't didn't he have a prince. chip installed in him or something? What? Or he's a prince? Well, su suppo uh, yeah, supposedly he's so 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 they say he's uh so they say he's a boy. Uh, you know, I wasn't believing all that, but okay, let's say for hypothetically speaking, the prince didn't he uh, supposedly prince, have a yeah okay we're, we're we're establishing that he's a male. That's good. Looks like a sissy, but okay. Anyway, uh, Prince Harry, didn't he supposedly have a chip installed in him, like one of these locating devices? I heard yeah, he went to the like military. That. He went. He of went course, and you, the military. you know. Actually, yeah, but he didn't. Actually, have he some. didn't. He didn't really do any hard. You know, come on. Then they're gonna put the future no, actually, Antichrist actually, in the middle he, of, the, of the front he, line. He, he, he didn't want to be treated any different, so to say. Here's a picture of him and his military right. fatigues for everybody. Now, but, this is the uh, same ass clown who, uh, same ass clown who a couple years ago dressed up like a Nazi at some party. Uh, That's going to be the future king. Uh, no, isn't that Harry? Isn't the same one? I, I mean, the older one is the Harry, right? Yeah, Harry is. Yeah, it's Harry. Harry. Uh, Harry. What's his last Harry's name? Harry's the, the younger one. Harry Charles. What's Charles? Know. What's the last name of the, of the of the family? You know, Charles Balls. Xavier. I don't. Balls, Balls of Steel. Like I, don't I don't know. Well, whatever the damn last name. Harry. Yeah, who, it's Harry, the one who dressed call, up like a who Nazi. Can call in with the last name of the royal family if you can. Nine four one five four eight forty two ninety. I know. First there's first Queen Elizabeth. In. But I don't think well, that's the last name. A mental projection of a DVD. Yeah, isn't it Taylor? No, it's not Taylor. Yeah, I think it's Elizabeth Taylor. No, you idiot. That's not the Queen of England. Yeah. No, it's not. That's an actress. That's Michael Jackson's friend, Elizabeth Taylor. Shut up, Pete. But it is the the His Queen last of England name is, is is Windsor. Windsor, Prince think, Charles Windsor. I think I got so, it right here. Let me look. Yep, it is Windsor. So it's not Taylor? No, it's not Taylor. Oh. Well, Windsor. Hmm. So Harry Windsor. Is Harry gonna Windsor. Be who who do he win? I don't know. I, her. And actually, the the his mother's maiden name is Mountbatten Windsor, so uh, he's glad wow. he got Windsor instead of Mountbatten. For real? Well, if they have to hyphen that name, will be Mountbatten Windsor. Kind of just you rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Turn that around and take her, take her out back and beat her. Mountbatten Windsor, take her out back yeah. and beat her. That's what it says Why not? when you play it in reverse. And that's uh, probably what he does to his girls, you know, because all these <laughs> guys are wife oh, beaters. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's princesses and princes. It, it, it's funny. Uh, it, it's funny how some people get the, the look of the draw, and they're born into these royal families, and some of us are just meager peasants. What makes them royalty? That's Isn't what I it? want to know. Why are they royalty? How far back does that family go? And who gives a crap about royal families anymore? In 2010, you'd figure by now that like the monarch and all that stuff would be, like you know, dead already. I mean, I well, mean, really. We kind of had a royal family, but 
you know, it wasn't a true descendant royal family. Yeah, like but Kennedys, when Michael but Jackson, yeah, but when Michael Jackson they, died, you know, the, the king died. That's it, you know. I mean, they. Oh, you're talking about John F. Kennedy. Yeah, the Kennedys, all the Kennedys, like the Kennedy family, starting with Joe, the father, who was an entrepreneur who came here from Ireland and, uh, you know, started his entrepreneurship. And he pretty much, uh, you know, uh, trained his kids from day one to become president. He really did. Damn, that sounds exactly like the Jackson story. Joe Jackson, from day one, trained his kids to become musicians. And... Very yep. similar story. True dad. Two guys named Joe. True dad, homie. Yeah, you know, I've uh, I've always been kind of mystified by the the whole importance of the royal family. I, I just, you know, I don't get it. I figure in another hundred years, hopefully, you know, we'll move past royal families and royal blood and all that old stuff. It's the I future for crying out loud. It's the future. Jesus Christ. You think Christ. there'd be a, a Wikipedia on the royal family? You would think. I mean, I know they have uh, enough uh, stuff out there, you know, about them in the media. The paparazzi shit, anyway. I'm sure some, some of that is yep, leaked I to got Wikipedia. One. Wikipedia. The royal family is an extended family of a king or queen regent the term imperial family approximately describes the extended family of an imperial or impress empress while the term uh dulcil family grand dulcil family or you know, dulcil i don't know, I hope i'm not that ain't docile but it sounds dulcil d-u-c-a-l or princely family the more uh, approach to describe the relatives of a reigning duke a grand duke or a prince. However, in common hmm. uh, parlance, members of any family which reigns in the right are often referred to as royalty or royals. It's also customary in some circles to refer to the extended relations of a disposed monarch and his or her descendants as the royal family. Netherlands has a royal family too. I didn't know that. So does Saudi huh. Arabia, Kuwait, Jordan. Um, yeah, I knew about the Saudis uh, having a royal Bavaria, family. Prussia, Hanover. Never even heard of them. A few of them. Japan, uh, Sweden, Benin, Cambodia, Natal, Bengal, Saudi Arabia, said it already. Uh, Malaysia. Damn, I guess uh, some I traditions just will never die, huh? Yeah, I mean, right here it says, uh, I got famous royal houses and dynasties. And I mean, there's about at least 100 names of different dynasties, you know, including the Chinese dynasties, the, the you know, all the, the Zing dynasty and the Shang dynasty and the Zhu dynasty and the Qing dynasty and the Song dynasty and the Wang dynasty and the Ming dynasty. And the Queen Dynasty. I'm serious. Dong. These are all real dynasties. <laughs> oh yeah, I, be I believe you. I believe you. Yeah, you know, it's a, it, that's why I'm, I'm proud of being American, a country with no real royal families. At least I think I'm. Free. Yes. I mean. Yeah, at least I do. Well. At least I think. Sometimes. I'm yeah. Something like that. While I'm held up in this bunker, 40 feet below the ground, 
yeah. Yeah, well, at least you're not in your mother's basement. Trapped. Well, it's kind of a basement. There's just 40 feet of earth. Kind of, yeah. Between me and the house, so. Yeah. Well, it's I stay in a camper. Oh, you, we you know what now, uh, Pete? I stay in a camper. Uh, yeah, we know that, Pete. Very proud of you. Well, yeah. Don't don't make us hmm. tell them your whole story, Pete, because we will. Matter of fact, I'm just gonna come out with it. Pete uh, is actually sleeping in Jackie's no, guest bedroom to produce the show, and then in the, in the screen callers, uh, he's yeah. sleeping in the guest bedroom's closet. Yeah, he does. He's he's a short fellow. He's only five one, five two. No, you're five one. Don't lie, Pete. He's five one. He's a, you know he's a short fellow. He's you know and a skinny fellow, and he fits right in the he closet. Yeah. He yeah. does. Only a couple times a day he comes out of the closet. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, his family, you know, they, they live in a camper somewhere. Peter's not a rich fella, I but think, he does uh, well in uh, he does well in the boards, so you know, we gotta movie, gotta give him props. He's new. The movie Joe Dirt was based on his life. Loosely, yes. Yeah, he, at you least know. that's that's you know what I've heard. Yeah, well, you know, the whole thing with the wig. Yeah. That whole part is real. What about the space peanut? That part is real too, but he ate part of the space peanut. Oh, that's the part that they they left that out of the movie. No, I didn't. You, you told me you did. Well, a little bit. Yeah, had nuts. Was it a was it a cashew oh. or a regular peanut? Uh, yeah, and it tasted like walnut? like chocolate. No, it tasted like chocolate. Like chocolate. Yeah. Get in my belly. Huh. Oh man. So you maybe ate a chunk of that uh, space chunk, huh? Good man. Maybe the maybe that clip in the movie where uh, Fat Bastard's taking a dump, maybe he's actually in an airplane, and when he flushed mm. it, that's what fell out of the sky that, that Joe Dirt got. Pete, did, did you eat Fat Bastard's dung? No. Oh, uh, well, you'll never know whose dung it is, but that's pretty gross, man. Pretty damn gross. But Pete is new. He's doing a pretty good job here on the Jackal's head, so I gotta give him props. He's only been on the job for you know a couple of days, and he's only learned English for a couple of years. So hey, he do you know? Good job, Pete. We're gonna be on here for another few, uh, for another like what, 17, 18 minutes before we join Tenacity. Yep. And then we're gonna go so, over some UFO news at the beginning of yes. Tenacity, and then I'm out of there, son. And then we have Mr. Darren G. Davis. Who's of course from Blue Water Productions, and that's going to be a whole lot of fun. And we're going to talk a little bit about comic books and what he does with Blue Water Productions. I don't know much about him. I knew a little bit about Invest Comics, but I just uh, you know met this man thanks to uh, Don Smith Jr. and now he's going to be part of the show tonight. So we're going to get to see who he is and find out exactly what Blue Water Productions is all about. You know, it's it's funny, Jamie. Uh, I've been since I've been having these guys on the show. You know, these comic book folks. I've been kind of uh, getting the urge to like find the local comic book store and hit it up and oh, you know see. maybe buy yeah. a couple comics. Yeah, just get all geeked out one day and put my my Star Wars shirt on or something and just go yeah. down to the comic book store, man, and just pick up pick out a few comics. About a year ago, uh, you know, I got back into baseball cards and I went down here and this guy's got a bunch of baseball and comic books, but. Uh... You know, comics, it was amazing. When I went and sold all them comics, 80,000 comic books, I was expecting to get, like, maybe, you know, five cents a piece for them. I actually got two bucks a piece for each comic book. Nice. This is back nice. in 2002. 
So hold on, you sold eighty thousand comic books at two dollars a piece. Yep. Oh, you're banking for a couple of years there, son. Yes, I was. I brought a brand new car, hooked it up with a big system, uh, had a big house, had everything, and unfortunately, I had a few habits along with that. So yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, it, you know, it's kind of sad. I mean, did you check the value on on the comics? Because kind of sad, they might you might have sold some really no, cheap that no, I didn't. might have I, high value. I didn't even go through them all. They were all packaged oh, in, in big bins that were four foot by three foot, and there was probably oh man, maybe a thousand per bin, and it took them like two weeks to count them all. Jesus, I would actually gone through a few of them because I'm pretty sure you give away some really good stuff in there. Yeah, I'm sure I did, but you know, I, I got almost a hundred and forty something thousand dollars, so Yeah, I can't complain too much. <laughs> no, not at all. That's some that's good bread, I feel you. <laughs> can't be too greedy with hundred and forty thousand dollars in your bank account. Yeah. Not at all. At all. So anyway, uh, what are, so what are your final thoughts here on this Obama on the view thing, man? Because I'm still kind of tossed about this whole thing. I don't know if I you know, I think the. You want my uh, conspiracy minute? Yes, give me your conspiracy minute about this thing. Well, I think Barbara Walters is part of the New World Order and the secret society known as the Librarians. Ah, and I think that yes. they, I think that they control the world. And they have enough power and pull to get Obama on there. I mean, even, you know, he, he hasn't been on too many other shows, but when when the librarians call on him and, and Barbara Walters, you know, is a known librarian, uh, he can't he can't refuse because, you know. Now, is that is that like Ellen that, you know, she's into chicks? Is that what you're talking about, librarian? That no, no, I'm talking about know. the secret society of librarians. You never heard of that? No, so what, what do they have, uh, like, library cards that they give out for... for no, 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 they actually have the... They actually hold does, the Ark of the work? Covenant. They actually have the Ark of the Covenant. They have uh, Excalibur's sword. They have Pandora's box. They, they, they guard all of this stuff, and they actually rule the world from their headquarters, uh, based deep under Washington, D.C., at the National Library. If You have to... Go to the elevator, and there's a secret button you push, and it takes you, what was it, 180 feet below ground to a Holy vast, crap. vast, two million square foot uh, uh, warehouse where they store all these sacred texts um, and all these relics, which are amazing. I mean, it's just amazing. So, yeah. Huh. Don't ask. I mean, I'm not supposed to tell about the secret librarians. And uh, if you are a, a member and you tell about them, you can get outed. Or we like to say, excommunicated. So, hmm. not saying I'm a librarian, but uh, yeah. No, I'm not going to ask anymore how you found out this information, Jamie. But uh, interesting That's information. I've never heard of. Minute. I've never heard of the, the librarians. You know, I'm yeah. not to dig into into this. See what's Watch a movie about. today. I mean, yeah, it's been a long run in history. Huh, interesting. Yeah, Brian is kind of uh, collaborating your story here. He says in the chat room that they supposedly have those things, I guess, yeah. Yep. <laughs> huh. Librarians. There, there's, actually, dun, dun, dun. Uh, there's actually guys that hold the title. There's only one here in the U.S., 
that holds the title as the librarian. And he huh. travels all around the world to protect, safeguard, and return all the treasured relics of the world. And when I said the world, I mean You the mean world. the world. So, um, huh. if I told you the librarian's name of the U.S., I would be... Our, 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 our communication would instantly cease to exist, so I can't say it. Yeah, let's not let's not go there. In fact, let's uh, change the subject altogether. <clears throat> How about the Marlins? Oh Douglas shit, they lost me. I mean, uh, what? Who? Uh, time for McDonald's? I, I was just coughing. I, I can go for some McDonald's. I didn't say Douglas McDonald's. I said I was coughing. Oh, okay. What'd you say? Ah. Okay. No, I just said I, I could actually go for some McDonald's right now. It's okay. A, not yeah. a bad idea. Yeah. Okay. My middle name's Douglas. <clears throat> oh, cool. Yeah, mine's um, mine's not. I'm not giving out my real name anymore on air after that. Yeah. Well, Kinda I scary. said, I, I, you know, I, I told somebody my middle name, you know, that was Douglas at McDonald's when I was there the other day, so. Ah. Well. So, you know. That's cool. Librarians, so huh? I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to do a little homework on that. But It's yeah, S-S-O-L. Uh, it's a, well, yeah, well, we're all S-O-L. No, the Secret Society of the Librarians. Yeah, that too. They're but uh, so Barbara, so Barbara Wawa. Yeah, Barbara Walters. She's, is, she's uh, in this. Yeah, she's actually uh, the cousin of the reigning Florida librarian. I mean, United States librarian. Each state has a librarian, but they are report up to the United States librarian. Huh. I'm not saying, you know, who my local librarian is. It wouldn't be me, you know, because, I mean. Right, 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 right. I, I would never have that kind of information. So. Never. No, not at all. Not at all. Guys, we have 10 more minutes here before we get on the Tenacity Radio stream and we restart for the second half of this show. Uh, we have 10 more minutes, so please, if you guys want to call on in, please do so. 941-548-4291. And we can maybe get on a conversation that doesn't involve... Us getting X'd out of the game. Excommunicate. Yeah, well, that too. Man. So, ah, now, I'm so now I'm afraid for my life. Thank you very much. Good job. I'm only joking. Speaking of mm -hmm. movies I, that you watched today, uh, I just, uh, I don't know if you've seen this movie yet, but I saw Inception already. Finally yeah, saw it. Wasn't. Finally saw it. It was, you know what? I'll, 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 no, I'll put it in three parts. Some parts were amazing. Some yeah. parts were breathtaking. It's a kind some of movie you gotta were, watch a lot of times to kind of take in, like you know, like the Matrix. Some parts movies. were very confusing, and overall. Not a bad movie. I, I enjoyed it. I don't think it. Honestly, I don't think it was groundbreaking like some people are, you know, making it out to be. I think there's the the, the script itself might have been a little sloppy in some areas, but uh, you know, overall the the actors did a fine job. The story was con you know, confusing enough or convoluted enough that it, it you know it kept you at least at the edge of your seat all the way to the end. But honestly, and I had a, a talk with Brian about this, and he made a, a pretty fine point. He, by the way, hated the movie. Hated the movie. 
but he made a pretty fine point about Inception. He said that all the best action parts were in the trailers, and that's true. I mean, if you see the trailers, that's it. There's no more real action in the movie. There's a lot of dialogue <laughs> in this movie that takes up the you know two and a half hours. So there's really like 20 minutes of action that you see in the trailers, you know, cut into little pieces or whatever. You know, of course, there's extended shots of, of those scenes, but those are the basic scenes of action. Everything else is, you know, them walking, talking, stuff like that. Uh, but you know what? That complaint that I've heard of not only Brian but other people give while it's, you know, a fine complaint, I will point to you the masterpiece known as the Lord of the Rings trilogy, where you have three movies, three hours each, and it's all about walking and talking. So don't complain about this movie being about talking a lot, because a lot of movies have a lot of dialogue in them. Uh, but, yeah, you know, he did make a fine point with the fact that oh, we got the most action... Him. Oh, well, let me, Pete... Let me uh, Pete, uh, yeah, you screened that for us, Pete, real quick. But uh, like I was saying, yeah, uh, hello, you know, this is Pete. Uh, who's calling? No. And what do you want to talk about? Pete, uh, you sound weird, also. Okay, or oh, let me patch you through to the jackal and Jamie. Okay. Hey, that's not me. That's you, Jamie. That's not even cool, man. Oh, sorry, Pete. Pete. I, I knew you were busy. No. I was trying to imitate you. Sorry, buddy. He's trying to cover. He's trying to cover for you while you're over there getting some beer. Damn I mean, let's be honest. We're being professional here on the Jackal's Head. We don't drink on like air. Shh, damn you, Pete. Odo, welcome to the show, man. You see what I have to deal with with my board op here? It's amazing. <laughs> thank you. Thank Jesus welcome, Christ. Man. Glad to be here. Yeah. Yeah, welcome, Odo. Good, Good help's hard to find, I know. Oh, man. Especially these immigrants. I mean, I, I tell you. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Can't so, take uh, you can take the you can take the you can take the Mexican out of Mexico, but you can't take the Mexico out of the Mexican or something like that. Hey, my mom is Mexican, my dad is Irish. Yeah, whatever. Shut up. Anyway, yeah, we we're actually uh, finishing up here on the first two hours on the Jackal's head uh, in the next uh, few minutes. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Irish and Mexican. Holy crap. But uh, we're about to go two more hours here on Tenacity Radio simulcast with the Paranormal Soup Network in the, in the next few minutes here. Uh, but what are you up to tonight? I know you just had a show. You just got off at 11, right? Yeah, we finished up over at uh, Blog Talk at 11 o'clock. Uh, the show tonight was, uh, we started off with uh, dedication, dedicating the show to Jerry Garcia today's his birthday. For all the nice. Happy there. birthday to the, happy birthday to Jerry Garcia. Happy belated birthday. And, uh, yeah. Grateful Dead. I'm a deadhead from way back, so that, that meant a lot yep. to me. And to be able to play a little bit of extra Grateful Dead music tonight was really cool. And we got into a lot of uh, the uh, information that uh, the wife and I gathered from the uh, Office of Surface Mining meeting we went to last Wednesday. So a lot of current event stuff on our show tonight. And uh, we mixed that up a little bit with Spirit and a little bit of Paranormal. And it turns out really well for us. Uh, about four nights a week. So. Very cool, man. And, of course, you're bringing your show over to the Paranormal Soup Network. When is that going to come to fruition? I know you uh, you talked to me the other day about uh, starting up pretty soon here. Yes, we're looking at, uh, we're, we're in the process of putting everything together with the software and everything. And uh, I'm looking, I'm hoping for the mid-month, about uh, somewhere around the, the uh, third week of the, third week of August here to, uh, get started in and be doing some shows over there at least and uh, possibly do the complete switch over by Labor Day. 
Very cool, very cool. I can't wait to have you over here. Of course, we have Brian McComas, who just uh, joined the network also, and Miss uh, DCS, Crystal Storm, and Melchizedek, yeah. who are joining the show as well with the Requiem. So we have a lot of good stuff coming gotta, to the Paranormal Soup Network, guys. A lot of yeah. cool stuff. we got to do that meeting, too, and get everybody together and, and figure everything out. So, yeah, yes. it's exciting. Can't wait. Yes, indeed. It's going to be good times here on the Paranormal Soup Network, of course. Our goal here is not only to inform, but also to entertain, and also to have a stream going on for 24 hours a day, so you can always have something to listen to here on the Paranormal Soup Network. So the more good shows come onto the network, the more we're going to be able to make that possible. And hopefully in the, you know, by the end of this year, we can have a 24-hour day running stream with nothing but really good quality yeah. shows. We can come as close to it as we can, but uh, that's yes, that's gonna be it's going to be hard. Yeah, but we'll you know, if it. we can get a if we can get a few overseas hosts, like from you know the UK or yes, yes, or from Australia, uh, Australia or something Australia. like that. Yep, if we can get those shows to cover the over you know morning hours, Sly, maybe solid. Well, you know, Sai is already taking part uh, with uh, Starship Smelly Prize. He's going to be one yeah. of the he's going to be the main co-host on there. So yeah, I'm sure we can we can fill it up. Maybe get some Hawaii UFOs going on. Hawaii yeah. UFO instead of five O. There you go. <laughs> be a good show name. Of, I got to copyright that. Yeah, there you go. Instead of instead of Florida UFOs, have Hawaii UFOs. Nice. And that was so, a uh, moment of silence. Yes, it was an awkward moment of silence. So Odo, uh, what are you guys getting into on your next show here? What do you got coming up? Oh, well, Tuesday night, um, we're going to be talking uh, a little bit about uh, the the authors that we've had on. We've had quite a few different authors on, and I'm always, I'm a big fan of reading, as you know, so um, the way the reading and the internet go together, that's, that's just fantastic for me. I like, uh, we talk about the three E's over there at Eglin and then some. We talk about uh, everything that we try to do is uh, uh, educational, enlightening, and most important, entertaining. So uh, that's that's kind of the way we look at things. And so anything's possible. We we talk about uh, our our big big favorite right now is mountaintop removal mining, trying to put an end to that. Um, yeah. We we're talking. Uh, we've we've done quite a few shows that that we've done talked about EVPs. Um, probably going to be scheduling something for Thursday night show uh, along the lines of the EVP and uh, working with. Uh, talking about how to uh, break down audio files and, and um, you know, get to uh, what's trying to be said by, by the entities and the energy from the other side on, on the other side of the realm. And that's exciting because we have a very active place here down behind the house. We have a very active, uh, what some refer to as a portal. Uh, I just look at it as a really cool place to go hang out with the ancestors. Yeah, that's cool. Nice. I'm going to be yeah, having cool. uh, uh, a show at Herb Street Tuesday, and we're going to be debuting about uh, 12 to 15 new EVPs he has captured right here at 9 p.m. Tuesday. So that's going to be cool as well. Very cool. Guys, guys we're about to uh, go off here for a couple seconds to uh, start up on Tenacity Radio. Uh, we have only a few seconds left here, so uh, stick around, guys. We're going to have a good show tonight with Mr. Darren G. Davis, yep, president we'll of be, Blue Water Productions. We'll still be here on Paranormal Soup, too, so you don't yes. have to go over yes, to so Tenacity. Don't go anywhere, guys. Just stick around right here on the Paranormal Soup Network. The stream is going to be still live, and 
for another two hours. So stick around. We're going to be right back in the in then a couple minutes. You know, maybe two, three, uno four, momento. five. Uno momento. Si. Uno momento. Since you've been staying alone, I know Six. it's all over. Yeah. But the last goodbye. Do you believe in him, Verbal? Keaton always said, I don't believe in God, but I'm afraid of him. Well, I believe in God. And the only thing that scares me is Blizzard. Well, I believe in God. Won't be worse. And the only thing that scares me is Blizzard. But I'm afraid of him. But I'm afraid of him. Won't be worse. Few people understand the psychology of dealing with a highway traffic cop. Your normal speeder will panic and immediately go over to the side. Maybe we can cut a deal. It arouses contempt in the cop heart. Making the bastard chase him. He will follow And as you can see, son, we live in a world that has walls, and those walls have to be guarded by men with guns. Who's gonna do it? You! to the world infamous jackal's head here on the world infamous tenacity radio and of course the paranormal soup network we're still double streaming simulcasting we're crossing the streams we're on both networks and we're here live for two hours we got mr darren g davis on the show tonight he's going to be here with us in about 30 minutes now with me on the phone though I have a good friend of mine. Actually, I got two good friends of mine on the show here. I got Mr. Jamie Havican, who's going to be with us for the first half hour to do UFO-related news. And I have Mr. Odo Shango, who's going to be one of the new hosts here on the Paranormal Soup Network, starting off pretty soon, as you guys on the PSN Network heard a few minutes ago. Guys, welcome back here on The Jackal's Head. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Now... Tonight, like I said, we're going to have Mr. Darren G. Davis, and for you guys who might not know who 
Darren G. Davis is. He's the president of Blue Water Productions. And I know you might be saying, what the heck is Blue Water Productions? Well, it's a comic book-related company. They're actually a website, Blue Water Productions. I think it's bluewaterproductions.com. I'm going to get the exact link and post it in the chat room here for both places so you guys could check it out. But anyway, he's uh, come highly recommended by Mr. Donnie Smith, of course, was on the show uh, last week on Sunday. And I look forward to having him on. Of course, I am a comic book geek, as I have already made it clear and... I, you know, I don't want to continue saying it because it's kind of embarrassing, but yes, I am into comic books. I have a large collection. I have a large... I do have a large one, yes. That's right. <laughs> I have a large one. Yes, Pete, thank you. Anyway, but uh, he's going to be on the show. We're going to talk a little bit about comic books and, of course, what in the heck Blue Water Productions does and what kind of websites they run. But we do have a little bit of UFO-related stuff here for the, for the audience. So, Jamie, uh, give us a little bit of uh, UFO news for the night. Alrighty, I was just going to let me update the link. I put a bad link into the chat room for Blue Water Productions, but I got the right one now. There is ah, the right one. Alright, well, uh, as some of you may know, we were two hours live in a Paranormal Soup Network. We were talking about the Travis Walton story. It's a, an old story that's been rehashed recently, trying to discredit mm -hmm. and debunk the Travis Walton story. Uh, that's been going on, so you guys can check that yep. out and uh, read all about it. There's a lot to it, so I wouldn't even try to get into it right here. Uh, yeah, and just... Um, Go ahead. Before you continue, that link is www.bluewaterprod.com. So it's not productions, but it's P-R-O-D, like production. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, bluewaterprod.com. That's uh, Darren G. Davis's website. But you know what? We were talking about the, uh, the Travis Walton article here that came out trying to debunk Travis Walton. Of course, I pulled up that IMDB page, which is from 2007. And uh, there's some stuff in there that I just call shenanigans to immediately. I mean, it's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, it's somebody trying to get attention. And, and, and it was made to almost read out like it just came out, like it was fresh news, but actually it wasn't. And mm -hmm. It had come out a couple of years ago on a forum or something, but yeah, other news, uh, the MOD blocks release of uh, UFO files. This came out today. The release of files about Ministry of Defense civil servant turned UFO experts ha has been blocked. Nick Pope has drawn on his own experiences working for Britain's official UFO investigation unit for a number of books about aliens and strange sights in the skies. Fellow UFO researcher David Clark uh, made a freedom of information request in 2007 for uh, internal MOD documents about Mr. Pope's decision to speak publicly about his uh, conversation from skeptic to believer, his, sorry, his conversion, rather, from skeptic to believer in the possibility that extraterrestrials are visiting Earth. But more than three years later, the Information Commissioner's Office, the ICO, has upheld the department's refusal to publish the files because they contain personal information. Mr. Pope worked at the MOD desk from 91 to 94, dealing with possible sightings sent in by the public. He published his first book about the phenomenon, Open Skies, Closed Mind, in 1996, although he continues working for the MOD until 2006. Uh, the MOD's official line is that it has no opinion on whether or not aliens exist, 
but 50 years of UFO reports uncovered no evidence of a potential threat to the UK. So uh, that's another story that is out there. Um, kind of interesting, but you can kind of understand Very. where they're coming from. I mean, they could be giving out files with Nick Pope's family members and addresses and all that stuff as mm. well. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of that stuff will get blacked out if they if they do put out those files, and then of yeah. course the conspiracy people will be like, "Well, there's you know black all over this paper. You can't read what's here. Why did they black this out? You know, this is the government trying to keep it a secret. And it might just be, you know, dude's address or his family's address. So yeah, that's. Uh, but yep. it's interesting that they that they're you know not putting any uh, any more documents out. That's interesting in itself. Yeah. Well, let's cover some more news. I want to get in as much as possible. Um, the UFO examiner, my my buddy, Roger Marsh, has filed yep. his own UFO report. This is something that uh, just came out two days ago. It's been 37 years since I've seen a UFO. And finally, this evening, Thursday, July 29th at 10.59 p.m., I was blessed with watching the sky when something odd happened late in the evening. Uh, he says, keep in mind, a UFO is not an alien craft. He says, my son, 17-year-old son Joey, and myself had just stepped out our back door onto our deck from our Scottsdale, Pennsylvania home. We have a wooden ramp that moves off of this for my wife's wheelchair. Joey was off to a friend's house for the night, and I was just seeing him out. I stopped at the top of the ramp as he tromped down into the backyard, and I looked up into the northeast sky. A giant green fireball suddenly caught my attention, and I immediately shouted to Joey to look up. We both watched the object silently move in a downward motion and only lost sight of it behind our neighbor Debbie's two-story frame house one block away. Joey and I both agree it was huge. We finally agreed it was about the size of a nickel held at arm's length. I have no idea exactly how far away the object was, but the color was definitely green and seemed to be on fire. Joey recalls it was spewing fire from behind it. So that's pretty cool. When somebody, you know, like, uh, you know, his credibility and admits he hasn't seen a UFO in 37 years, then uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, in other news, a commercial airline pilot says UFOs are real. This is coming from Tecranati. Uh, with nearly 30,000 flight hours under his belt, Jim Carrant's qualifications as a major passenger airline captain are solid. So is his conviction that the UFO phenomenon is real. He says, I got the proof that I was after. Uh, that's the part I won't discuss, but obviously something that's kept me in this and taking the chances I have. The nature of the proof that he has found isn't all that Corrant won't discuss. Concerned about his professional re uh, repercussions, he declines to confirm the name of his airline, nor will he reveal the identities of some of the high-level officials he says have confirmed the extraterrestrial presence with him in conversations. So that's, that's something else out Interesting. there. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, yep. And, a lot of interesting uh, news out in the last few days. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there. There's yeah. quite a few. Uh, you know, a, a bunch of regular ones, like is there life in outer space? There's a lot of new stuff going on because you have the new telescope that's out there. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's, uh, what is it, Gal? No, I, don't, I, don't, I forget what the name of it is. But it, it's confirmed at least a 1,000 Earth-like planets already. Now, 
they're not quick they're, they're not quick to publish this as 100% but they've confirmed about 20 of them anyway and some of these planets uh you know they're looking for ones that live in the earth zone far enough away from their sun uh to to habitate life so that's going to be exciting and we got to look forward to see what they have to say about that yeah Jamie I just uh gave you a link there um it's sure. a good story. Check yeah, that out. Yeah. Uh, mysterious thanks, blue light. Mysterious yeah. blue light spotted over Newberry skies. Did you notice anything strange in the in the lights in the sky on Sunday nights? A Newberry woman wants to know if any other residents spotted something strange in the sky on Sunday night. This is coming from the UK. Uh you did this on purpose because of her last name. Sandra Bartholomew. <laughs> has been having a bonfire at her Cromwell rolled house with her husband, Andrew, when the pair spotted a fast moving blue light in the sky at 10:30 PM. She said, at first we thought it was a balloon, but then it went shooting past and up towards the moon. Miss Bartholomew said the mysterious blue light was definitely not a Chinese lantern, something often mistaken for a UFO. She added, we released it. Oh, we realized it was not a lantern because it was going too fast and there was hardly any wind and it was also going sideways. Did you see the mysterious blue light or do you have any idea what the object may be? If so, contact her, Pamela.Owen at NewberryNews.co.uk. Huh. Well, there you go. Pete finally did a good job and found an interesting article. Good job, Pete. Yeah, thank he, you. He did. Yeah, good job. Yeah. Interesting. You know, I've never really seen up close or even, you know, in person, uh, these Chinese lanterns. Do they actually have a blue color to them? No, no. You can, well, no. you can get you can get a variety of, of exterior shells in blue. So, they, yeah, they could uh -huh. appear blue. Uh, uh, yeah. You can get all different kinds of shapes and ones that have writing on them. And, you know, I was looking into buying some for experimentation. And they're pretty expensive. I mean, they come fuel source already in them and everything for about uh, 11 bucks a piece. And them are the one foot tall ones. You can go all the way up to uh, five foot and you can even make your own with 30 gallon or 50 gallon trash bags, which are huge. Now, you're not you're not trying to uh, become like Balloon Boy's dad here and start creating, you know, hoaxes are you my my dog went up in the <laughs> balloon by accident my dog's up there in the ufo save him when you when you say uh experimentations <laughs> what kind of experimentations are we talking about here well I, I just mean by by you know seeing how easy it is to build one to launch it film it and put it up against other videos just to get a reference of how these things could look you know, maybe do a different, uh, a few different types. Some, you know, solid black. Some with little holes, so it looks like there's lights or portals through it. You know, just doing some experiments and filming it and see what it looks like. Because there's a lot of videos out there, and a lot of videos that people say, "Oh, them are just Chinese lanterns." That we could, um, you know, put the two together. So, so we, so, so we ain't talking about, uh, we ain't talking about starting to hoax anything here, guys. No, never. Don't get that idea, yeah. but uh, no. it, you know, it, you know what would be a really good idea to actually experiment with, to actually try to get some that goes all the way to the edge of space. Yeah. I saw some videos online. Uh, somebody had made, a, I guess, a little home uh, yep. rigged balloon, that gets you know, expensive. helium balloon. It, you it could. Well, he didn't, GPS tracker 
and yeah, uh, he, he didn't spend a, he didn't spend a whole lot of money. But the whole thing is, when it comes down, it could come down another country away or another state away, or you know, yeah. it could come down yeah. anywhere. So it's kind of hard to, to keep track of it, and then going to find it, it's kind of a pain in the ass. You're right, but if you could do something like that in the middle of the desert somewhere, like in Arizona or I don't know, somewhere in, in the desert here in the U.S., Nevada desert, yeah. Just launch something and, uh, you know, try to have it come down somewhere in the same area. You know, that'd be kind of cool actually, to do, too. Yeah, I could actually Take do pictures it here in space, if, you I, know? if I launched it out to the west because I got a thousand miles of ocean to the west of me. So, you know, yep. get some type of flotation device with the camera and the film and we'd be set. That would be uh, something incredible to do. Uh, you could also uh, do some type of experiment like that. Just attach a fishing line to it so you can reel it back in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. That'll be a hell of a long fishing line, though. <laughs> 5,000 feet of, of line up there in the air. Holy crap. <laughs> That's what I used to well, do with my kites. Instead of a kite on the thing, I used to hook my kites up to my fishing pole. Oh, man. Yeah, That's not a bad cool. idea. My niece loved it. Yeah. You know, that's funny because I've been hearing uh, NASA has uh, been working on a, on a space elevator. Have you heard about this? Yeah, I have. And logistically, I don't think I it's don't know possible. about this. No, yeah, no, I don't it, know about it's this. not going to be possible. Logistically, they're going to have to build. I mean, just to get into space, you're talking uh, 220 miles of a solid yeah. structure. And you look at the tallest building in the world right now in Malaysia, and it's only 2,500 feet. Try 220 miles now. Not, not only that, this has kind of shades of the whole uh, Tower of Babel. Remember in the Tower of Babel they were trying to reach the heavens? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. I don't know if I, uh, if I want to repeat that. You know, that's... Uh kind of creepy but uh, it, i don't know man yeah it just uh, it wouldn't work logistically at all you're right it just would not work unless uh, they had like some kind of uh super magnet in space that they can control the magnetic I frequency mean, that would slowly pull you up and there was like nothing there structurally maybe like if they could launch you off a plane and the actual magnet would pull you in slowly and lock you in space and but uh, yeah, they, they need to just work on teleportation. That's what they need yes, to do. Yes, yes. That's, you know, just beam oh, people from here to there. That's it. Just, just a beam. astral beam. travel. Just do some astral traveling. What the yeah, heck? Yeah, you could do that. Yeah, why not? Why not? Or you could always have uh, recall, like in Total Recall, and just go to a recall, and, you know, they'll put some memories in your brain and yeah. pretend you went or somewhere. You, yeah, or you can just pop into the Matrix. Yeah, that'll work, yeah. too. That's where we're heading anyway, folks. Oh, man. Do you got any more news there for us, uh, Jamie? Not much. Just uh, one other thing I'd like to talk about. I did a show Friday with Yap Van Etten. Who, yes. Uh, very great researcher. He's a, a guy from the Netherlands, now lives in Sedona, Arizona. We talked about crystal skulls. He owns Sam, which is a, a widely known crystal skull. Uh, the first half of the show, we talked about crystal skulls. The second half, we talked about vortexes, uh, ley lines, earth energy lines, how to create them, what they are. And uh, we talked about a, a phrase that he termed, which is metaphysical ecology. So that was a good show. And uh, people can check my archives on Planet Paranormal. 
floridaufo.planetparanormal.com. Very cool. Of course, we had, uh, you know, our own uh, Crystal Skull expert, Ms. Cheryl Whitfield, here on the show uh, yep. not too long ago. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm still kind of intrigued by the whole Crystal Skull thing. I haven't really seen one in person. I don't know if it has any special powers. You know, I know she talks about synergy and they they both how, yeah they they, they yeah. both they both say that these skulls give them messages. I do have a crystal I don't know. Skull. Uh, Jeremiah has crystal skulls. Yes, I believe he does. He does. Well, you have a, you have a vodka crystal skull, crystal which skull. is yeah, it's even, not made of crystal, even but it's a crystal skull. cooler. <laughs> yeah, it's even and cooler. it's signed by Dan Aykroyd, so. Hey, That's even cooler. <laughs> I feel like sticking my tongue out and going, you know, one of them things. <laughs> I actually, I'm kind of envious. I want one of those crystal skulls. But it uh, sucks because when I want to drink, I'm like, there's nothing in the house to drink, and I really don't want to crack that seal on the vodka. Nah, I wouldn't either. But I think I'd keep it. that. I'd keep that around for a while and uh, sell it in like ten years on eBay. I've already, I've already had big offers for it already. As you know, I mean, you know, uh, as soon as I yep. got it, people were like, give me one. Where can I get one? I'll pay, you know, whatever. And, you know, I'm not going to say how yep. much I paid for it, but, uh, yep. yeah. We got to meet Dan Aykroyd. I got the video that comes along with it, shows him signing it and everything. Very cool video. Very cool, man. I, I'm a big fan of Dan Aykroyd. Uh, I just big time. In would, fact, I wish you would do shows, man. I wish you would do yeah, shows. Yeah, I was going to say that. That's exactly what I was going to say. I, I just I, wish I, that he would, I, you know, do uh, some of these talk shows. When I met him in my video, you can see before I met him, I talked to his publicist on numerous occasions. She said that uh, he, she would have him contact me. So when I met him, I told him who I was and he like, you know, was, oh, yeah. Hi, how you doing? A lot of stuff going on down here. Great, great work you're doing. And then, you know, I called back and I said, yeah, I talked to Dan, you know, can I get him on the show? And I never heard back. But uh, then Bob, when Dan was out in L.A. signing his Crystal Skulls, Bob's like, oh, yeah, hey. Yep. I'm a friend of Jamie, Florida UFOs. He's like, who's that? You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, he really doesn't, uh, you know. He signs well, he, you know, he, of these things. He's, he's a, a big celebrity. He signs a, thing, a lot I'm of kinda, these things. So. I'm kind of jealous <laughs> because where, where we bought ours, uh, just south of Tampa, and this huge, I never seen an alcohol warehouse so big. This thing was huge. But, uh, you know, we bought our skulls and brought them home. And they're, they're about the size of a five-year-old kid's skull. And then Bob goes and he buys a skull. And I guess they have skulls that are big, like a gallon in there, like the size of a big human head skull. It's not a full gallon. Nice. But it's huge. And I was like, kind of like, man, why couldn't I buy one of them? You know? <laughs> that probably would have been more expensive, though. I mean, oh, they're twice the price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his was signed a lot better. His is signed to Bob from Dan Aykroyd. Mine's like squiggly, squiggly, boom. <laughs> well, see, now what you got to do is you and Bob. Next time Dan Aykroyd has something, you know, in the area that you could guys could meet halfway and get to, uh, you know, you and Bob get to that location, meet him, and be like, tell Bob to say, like, this is Jamie, the one I told you about that you didn't remember. And now he wants a bottle just as cool as mine. And, you know, then you, you can, you know, get a bottle and make it into a conversation piece with him. And, and you never know. You invite him on your show. He yeah, might show up. I'm going to post that video. Uh, it's possible. It is possible. Hey, I think we still have Odo on the line. Odo, are you still there? 
perhaps, maybe not. Let me look. Huh. Sorry, I have, I have myself oh. on mute. Yeah, he's there. Oh. Oh, man, I, I thought you were, you were gone. Welcome. Uh, anything to say to the audience uh, before we get on with our guest tonight? You've been awfully quiet well, there, my I friend. Said, for Jamie, um, I was wondering with the, uh, the the way the internet is with uh, the availability of uh, video and the technology going the way it is with video equipment. Which, just real quick, what's your opinion as far as uh, the authenticity of uh, the majority of the videos that are showing up on the internet now of UFO sightings? Well, it, it's it's real hard. I mean, you you can't take anything a one hundred percent. Uh, it's the same with videos and photos. What you basically have to do is, you know, look at the source and make your own decision. Skeptics will say it's yep. too good, it's fake, or it's not good enough, so it's a plane or something. So you really can never win. UFOs will never be proven by video or photo unless, or you pictures, know, CNN, yeah. you know, flying in a helicopter following a UFO. But... You know, you just got to look at the sources, and if you're you got common sense, you can pretty much tell which ones are are honestly true and which ones ain't. Yep. Same for photos. Yeah, too. And, I mean, and, photos are and, even yeah, well, harder. You, you, you forgot the goofy audios to sound like feedback from somebody putting their microphone to their speaker, like some folks have on their websites as proof of alien ships. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's proof of aliens. Yeah. But yeah, I've uh, uh, the world we live in, guys. We filmed unknown objects down here for well over a year now, and we've got some amazing stuff. But uh, sure, I could put together a video that looks like we filmed a realistic UFO, but I don't. I, I post what we caught, and uh, you know, I think what we caught's pretty good. So, but yeah, there's a lot yeah, of people I'll, out there. I'll tell you what, you have captured some uh, some really cool footage. I'll give you. Uh, kudos for that you really you really have i mean no joke that the one that yeah. uh goes crazy lighting up and then turning around and stuff that was bananas yeah so hopefully uh this fall comes you know right now it's hot out and the bugs will eat you away or carry you away or give you encephalitis or the florida dumbungo disease that's going around or uh, the clap or something yeah no there's there's this thing called the dungay disease it's in florida now it originated in the Keys, and now it's moving up, and mosquitoes are carrying it. It's uh, it's home. It, it, its origins are in Africa, but somehow it arrived here in the U.S. It's called dengue fever, and uh, it is dengue in Florida. fever. Yeah, and it's more towards the Keys area, and your area. But with the the mosquitoes this summer, it can travel basically anywhere in our area. But we're hoping for the huh. fall to clear up and get out there, good temperatures, no bugs, and get sky watching again and hopefully get some better video this year. Are you guys cool. get them tiger strike mosquitoes down there? Um, no. We just get basically regular mosquitoes, but I'm th them things are just insane. We got stuck one time out in a 4x4 four four, about seven miles from the nearest house. And we had to walk. And I'll tell you what, we were just, it was the worst. I mean, I had, everybody had hundreds of welts everywhere. It was yeah. it's crazy. So it's, They have some kind of new, new breed up here going on. Uh, they're supposed to be, not supposed to be very long lived, which is good. But it's, it's a huge mosquito. And you can actually, if you knock one down and look at it, you can see they're black and white. 
stripes. And oh. I've never seen anything like it. They're crazy looking. Yeah. yeah nasty, I'll nasty look, things. I'll look into that. Nasty things. Guys, we have only a couple of minutes here uh, before we go on break. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, say goodbye, Mr. Odo Chango. And uh, Jamie, thanks and for me. joining me here on the uh, first half hour with the UFO Two. News. Two and a half hours. Two and a half hours, yes. Two and a half hours, yeah. I was, you know. Total. Just counting the tenacity. But total, yes. two and a half hours. We're going to have Mr. Darren G. Davis on the show here in a little bit, guys. Let's take a little pause, play some ads, and when we come back, we're going to have our guest, the president of Blue Water Productions, on the show. Stick around here on the Jackals Cabeza. Take care, folks. Thank you, Odo, for being uh, a caller. Oh, yeah, no problem, man. Be back, guys. Hi, this is Randall Keller, author of Voices from Forever, and now I'm a voice inside the jackal's head. My name is Kevin D. Randall, retired lieutenant colonel, and I am now a voice inside the jackal's head. This is Paul Dale Roberts, and I'm a 14 investigator, and guess what? I'm in the jackal's head. This is Andrew Pierre, and now I am a voice in the jackal's head. I am Sherry Whitfield, and now I'm a voice inside the jackal's head. <laughs> Greetings, Earthlings. This is Captain Smell So Good of the Starship Smelly Prize with my international co-host, Zayadai. And when we're not soaring through the cosmos looking for alien chicks, we're hanging out in the nuttiest head on and off the internet. That is the Jackal's Head on ParanormalSoupNetwork.com. Is the world coming to an end in 2012? Have aliens visited the Earth? Do ghosts haunt the living? Is time travel possible? Is there a government conspiracy to keep the dark truth hidden? Former Yahoo executive and lifelong student of the secret and suppressed Jesse Randolph asks the tough questions to bridge the gap between corporate America and new science. There are astronauts, and then there are euphonauts. Join Jesse Randolph in the truth journey. Saturday night, 9 to 10 on KPAM 860. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Welcome. Come check out Future Theater Radio, hosted by the wonderful Bill and Nancy Burns. If the name sounds familiar, that's because Bill Burns was the host of UFO Hunters on the History Channel, and Nancy Burns runs UFO Magazine at ufomag.com. They started up a new show called Future Theater. And I gotta say, they are doing some amazing shows there. Fantastic interviews and just great information that they are getting out to the people. Their shows air live every Saturday 
at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can tune in by going to futuretheater.com. All their past shows are there in the archives, so you got some catching up to do. Future Theater Radio is going to be the next big thing in paranormal and UFO radio. Don't miss out on this great opportunity to be with them from the start. I'm Jamie Havikin for Future Theater Radio. Take care and keep your eyes on the sky. You are about to enter a new dimension in sound. Raise one secret question you can't ask. If they know the answer to this question, then they're definitely aliens. They have to tell you in detail what these ingredients are for the secret sauce in the Gordita Crunch at Taco Bell. Only the aliens and the folks at Taco Bell know the secret ingredients for the secret sauce on the Gordita Crunch. The Jackal his co-host. There is a way to test if these are real aliens. Next time it happens, ask them to give you something to prove that they know something that's not out yet. Like, Stan Romanek, they gave him uh, mathematical equations and elements that weren't discovered for a couple of years. Ask them to tell you something that's going to be developed next year. And, uh... If it comes true, then they really are aliens. If not, then you're probably having sleep paralysis. If you wake up and you're in bed, then and, and you're probably sleep paralysis. Jamie Havikin. And now we're coming for all of you. Okay, guys, we're back live here on the world-infamous Jackal's Head, only on Tenacity Radio and the Paranormal Soup Network. We're back live, and shortly here I'm going to be joined by my guest, Mr. Darren G. Davis, who, of course, is the president of Blue Water Productions. But before we get to that, I do want to give a special shout-out and a special thank you to uh, author Mr. Randall Keller, uh, he actually sent me the book, The Voices from Forever, and uh, very nicely uh, signed it and autographed it for me on the cover here. I just got it a couple of days ago. I've been meaning to tell you folks about it, but he signed it. Uh, Angels, sometimes we have to listen before we can hear. Author Randall Keller. A very nice man. Thank you so much. 
Mr. Keller for sending the book to me. I'm going to go through this book, and as soon as I'm done with it, we're going to have you back on the show here. And, of course, I still look forward to having uh, Mr. B.J. Moylan on the show here, who uh, was nice enough to get you booked on the show here, and I really want to have him on here as well. But really cool book. It really looks like an, an awesome read. I know Jamie's going to want to borrow this as soon as... I, I'm, you know, done with it, so I'm going to probably end up sending him a copy also, but I want to thank him again for sending the book and a cool poster of the book, too, which I'm going to frame and put on my wall, so I'm going to be uh, maybe doing some videos in the future, and you guys will get to see that as I put stuff on the webcam on the website. Again, guys, check out the website, ParanormalSoupNetwork.com. That's the parent site, if, and, of course, my personal website, thejackal.com, for all the latest information, gossip, and all the latest crap about me and my show but now moving on we have our guest of the night mr darren g davis who's going to be joining us here in a second now making his way in the world by marketing the entertainment industry at such companies as e entertainment which i know a lot of you folks know about the television show or network and the usa network which of course a lot of people know also mr darren left to pursue his creative dreams in publishing taking on a position at Wildstorm Studios, which shortly after joined with uh, comic books conglomerate DC Comics. That's the big one, guys. After his tenure in corporate America, Darren joined on as president of Joe Maduriera's, uh, I believe that's how you pronounce it, I probably butchered that, uh, Beyond Entertainment, and uh, with such titles as Battle Chasers, following several years with Wildstorm, uh, Darren took the next step towards creative freedom and formed his own publishing company known as Blue Water Productions, which I've been telling you guys about all night, in which he created such popular titles as The Tenth Muse, the six highest-selling comic books in November of 2001. That's pretty damn good. I mean, there's a lot of comic books that come out every month. To be number six on the entire year, that's pretty good. Darren continues to represent the top comic book talent in the industry while writing comics and novels, as well as uh, serving the role of editor-in-chief for Blue Water Productions. Now, I want to welcome to the show Mr. Darren G. Davis. Darren, thank you so much for being a part on the Jackal's Head here tonight, sir. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. My audience here knows that I'm a geek. They know that I love oh. comic books. I have made it no secret. I've you know said it several times in the last few months of, this, of doing this show. Uh, actually, the last couple of years I've... To be honest, but uh, you know, I just heard about Blue Water Productions, and you know, it, it interested me to find out about your company. And you know, my listeners, you know, they might not know exactly what Blue Water Productions is. So tell us a little bit about your your company. I just read a, a quick bio about you, but exactly what do you guys do on Blue Water Productions? Yeah, we're a full service publishing company, and we specialize in comic books, uh, graphic novels, uh, kids literature, and multimedia. Um, we've been getting a lot of press lately. We've been doing a lot of um, biography comics, and so we've been getting like a lot of attention from that. Um, we were just in the New York Times last week. Cool. Uh, yeah, it's actually pretty cool. We were, and it's just weird. These biographies have kind of taken a life of its own. But before that, we started doing. Um, we we've been doing like fiction comics as well. So we did in 2001. We started with a, uh, at Image Comics doing the Tenth News, which was a big. Um, we had Rena Miro from the WWF be the photo model for it, and so um, just from there, we've just been you know been around for about ten years now. So it's kind of exciting. Very cool. And, and I read in your bio that you actually worked for DC Comics for a little bit, right? Or you worked in I did. partnership with them, yeah. 
Yeah, I started off working for Wildstorm, which was um, it, it had a, a a small following, at, or not a small following. It, it um, was a division of Image Comics, and then what happened is DC Comics ended up buying Wildstorm, right. and so um, I went along with that and stayed there for about two years, and then. Um, ended up getting let go because they couldn't figure out what to do with me because there's too many divisions at DC Comics <laughs> and they wanted me to move oh, yeah. down and, and edit Star Trek comics. And I said oh, I didn't cool. want to do that at the time. So so then I just started um, representing artists outside of comic books, trying to get them jobs, um, you know, like doing video game packaging um, and different things like that, movie posters, that type of stuff, and working with the same comic book artists. And I was watching these people create their own properties, and I thought to myself, you know, I could kind of do this. So I created my first one, which was called The Tenth Muse, and I used Marv Wolfman to write it. Which um, for those, he he did the movie Blade, um, and he's also a huge comic book icon. Yeah, yeah. So I love him, and um, and then just from there, it was the sixth highest selling comic book. So we launched pretty big at Image Comics, and now you know, ten years later, we're still chugging along it's kind of fun <laughs> that's cool and for those of you who think that star trek doesn't have a comic book uh this is how much of a nerd of comic books i am i actually have an edition of a dc comic book of star trek right in front of me i yeah, have been a... uh, let's see let's see this is uh it says star trek what's wrong with the timeline everything oh <laughs> and it's uh, and... one of the editions of of the Star Trek from uh, DC Comics. Go ahead. And and to bring it and 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 because I have to make it about myself here. We um, we're working <laughs> with William Shatner. We work one on one with William Shatner on. Um, we do four comic books with him. We're doing one Tech War, which was based off his TV show, and um, very cool. There, there was a comic book series at Marvel and his novels, and then we're also doing uh, three other comic books with him. And one we're one we're doing is. He's making it, it's called Chimera, and it's a brand new property that's never been seen before. So we're kind of excited cool. to working with him. He's a trip. Yeah, I'm glad, that, uh, I'm glad he's still uh, very active in, in the world of uh, comic books and sci-fi and stuff. That's really cool. How did you get into, into comic books? I mean, what led you into uh, getting into this field? You know, I've been collecting comic books ever since I was a kid, and I never really wanted to work in it. And I was working in the entertainment industry. I started right out of college working at E! Entertainment Television and then um, working my way through like USA Networks, the Sci-Fi Channel, and I worked at Lionsgate. And just from there, I was doing marketing and advertising and really learning a lot about just you know, business in the world. And then uh, you know, I wasn't making tons of money at Lionsgate at that point. And DC Comics, a friend of mine, knew about a position at Wildstorm. And they doubled my salary working for, you know, Wildstorm. So I ended up taking that. And it was really just like an eye-opening, cool job. You know, I had a lot of freedom. I was working for home for, for the first time. So it was really neat. So that's kind of that's how cool, it was. So, yeah. so you kind of fell into it almost. Yeah, and what was kind of ironic about it is, um, yeah. you know, like I was a huge comic book fan. Even I can say I'm still a geek now because I still go to the comic book store <laughs> every Wednesday. But um, back then, you know, I, I was collecting, and it was more about the superstar artists. And there was a guy mm -hmm. named Jim Lee who's like one of the biggest yes. artists right now. And a year ago, before I got the job at Wildstorm, I was waiting in line to get his autograph <laughs> at some uh, convention thing. So it's just ironic that it just, then I was hanging out with him, so a year later. <laughs> That's pretty, pretty cool. cool. 
That is pretty cool. And you're working with William Shatner and all kinds of cool stuff. That's really cool, man. That's a, it, It's funny, though. You kind of just fell into it. it. It's funny how destiny kind of works sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of cool. And, and a lot of the stuff that we're doing now, you know, really delves into my childhood. So we started mm-hmm. off, when we, when we started self-publishing, we worked mm-hmm. with Ray Harryhausen. And for those that don't know who Ray Harryhausen, he's the guy that, um, you know, was one of the creators of Clash of the Titans, the Jason the Argonaut movies, Sinbad. Oh, yeah. And yep. so we struck a deal with him, and so we brought his stuff into graphic novel form and developed all brand new stories with it. So it was really cool for that. And now we're also working with William Nolan, who created Logan's Run. And so he has, like, so many stories mm. to say about... Do you remember the film Logan's Run? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely I do. In fact, weren't they going to uh, do a sequel with uh, Brian Singer recently? They're actually looking... They just um, greenlit Logan's Run with the guy... I think mm-hmm. it's Alex Gardner is writing the, the script, and it's, it's through Joel Silver's company. And oh, okay. um, it's, supposed to, it's supposed to be out in 2012. Wow, so, I do remember though seeing Brian Singer attached to it at some point, though, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I don't. You mean Beastmaster Brian Singer? Oh no, Brian Singer, Brian. Uh, no, no, Super, Superman yeah. Returns, X Men, yeah. Brian Singer. He was supposed to be on it, and then ended up not wanting to do it, and then wanted to do it again, and then finally they just found somebody else to do it. So, uh, so yeah, you know, it, after it, Super- it would have been great after- to be on it. I don't know, after Superman Returns, I kind of hope he goes back to X Men. To be honest, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I hope so too. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. Yeah, Ouch. the Superman film. But, you didn't you didn't like that either. <laughs> oh man, you know what? Actually, I'm uh, this is uh, gonna do, delve a little bit into my nerdism, as uh, as I like to call it when it comes to my comic book heroes. My favorite comic book heroes growing up were Batman and Superman. So I'm a right. huge Superman fan. I collected a bunch of Superman comics. To have a stack of them uh, sitting in a box here in my house. Uh, I have a stack of Batman comics sitting in my house. I'm a huge fan of these two, you know, icons. And I was, you know, excited. I was, you know, thrilled with the notion that they were going to make finally another Superman movie after so many years of trying and failing. And I was I was so elated to the fact that you know they had a serious director who did the X Men movies. And man, I'll tell you what, nothing was worse than my face when I was actually sitting in the theaters watching this movie and I, 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 you know I almost started crying to be honest with you it was one of those points that you know have you ever seen those Native American commercials back in the 80s when they shed a tear yeah. after so many litters that was kind of <laughs> me in the theater I was shedding that tear and it was because I had my childhood icon raped and murdered on film I mean it was disastrous but that's just my opinion that's all it is no I you know I was kind of with you there too you know for the most part I, I got into the whole you know it was such an exciting film it was kind of cool and then they brought in the kid and there's no way to back out of that I mean there's no way to, yeah. they have to like re-gut the whole franchise now because they kind of put themselves into a box using having you know Superman have a kid in the movie sorry for those that I ruined the plot line so <laughs> <laughs> but it's a couple years old people so sorry about that yeah well it, it is a few years old you know I'm kind of surprised that they never uh, actually put out a sequel uh, you know, right away, at least, you know, I know they were talking about maybe doing one and spicing it up with more action and all kinds of stuff, and then that just kind of died. I mean, the movie did okay. It, it made almost $400 million worldwide, didn't it? Yeah, and they're, what they're, they're also talking about, re, they're, re, they're redoing the franchise. I, from what I've heard, yeah. Brandon Roth is not going to be in it. They're just doing a whole brand new thing. And there was even yeah. talk in the new Batman movie that Superman might show up to. So you oh, never know what... Cool. Because, like, with all the success of, like, how Iron Man is, where they're tying yep. everybody into the Avengers, I think DC Comics kind of needs to get on that bandwagon, too. 
I, I was a huge Batman fan too. I mean, I loved the Super Friends. I used to stay up every you know Saturday morning, wake up, get in trouble. Same here. <laughs> yeah, so so that was always fun for me. And so yeah, I love the I love the Batman movies. I think those are great too. And uh, yes, and uh, Nolan is uh, going to produce the new Superman series. He's not directing it though. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he's just producing it at this point, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I think they just want to yeah. give him control from what I've what I gather. So. I don't That's know it, but don't write. <laughs> hey, I'll tell and you we, what, the, the last two uh, superhero movies he made were excellent, so, you know. Yeah, very true. And we've actually had a couple things optioned as films, too, so we're kind of excited. We're hoping that they jump on board and, and make them. So our Legend of Isis is, um, was bought at for Paramount, and Hens hmm, cool. News was bought at Universal, so hopefully... Some, some more superhero characters are coming their way. Knock yeah, on wood. Know, that, that's you know that's the, the thing that I want to see. I want to see more of uh, the Dark Horse or the smaller comic books uh, get made into movies because some of the best stories really are in the smaller label comic books. Uh, you know, DC has a lot of great stories. Obviously, a lot of the big icons are DC Marvel, but there are a lot of great graphic novels and other stories that are out there that would translate beautifully into movies. Uh, tell, oh, tell me a little bit about some, uh, about some of the stuff that, that you know, you've, uh, might've worked on or yourself that, that are a little bit more, you said you're, you're doing, I guess, what is it? Uh, biography, uh, type graphic novels. You guys are working yeah, on. Yeah, we're starting. Yeah. One of the things that we've just, we back, I would say about two, a year and a half ago, um, we did a comic book based on Sarah Palin and Hillary Clinton. Mm. And, you know, there's been biography comics since, you know, right. like the forties. So it wasn't like anything new, but we took like this female empowerment slant to it. And, you know, they just took off like wildfire. And, you know, we're, we, I think we did three printings of the Hillary Clinton and we've done four printings of Sarah Palin. And then just from there, it just kind of took off. And, you know, we did Michelle Obama, which then became our biggest selling comic cool. book. And then we kind of like tailored the line a little bit and, you know, we started doing Oprah Winfrey and we've done Ellen DeGeneres and we've done, um, you know, we're doing Margaret Thatcher. It's all women that have done, you know, things in our society, strong, independent women. You might not like them, but there's a respect that has to go with them and that's kind of where we're going with them with. And then we spun that line off into political power where it's everybody in politics and what these are, they're non-biased biographies. Um, so, you know, so you'll never know which side of the fence Blue Water's on. And then from there, we just started doing, um, we did a Michael Jackson tribute comic. Ah, nice. <clears throat> so, and, and it was really cool, because the way we did it, you know, we've been called whores and bottom feeders because of the <laughs> things that we do. And it's always so fun to be called that. But, um you know, we did a Michael Jackson one, and we tried to do it really in a really good light. And so I contacted the um, Michael Jackson cool. official fan club, and so I really wanted them to be a part of it. So we had one of the um, one of the big members actually do the forward to it. We had him do the covers to it, and we had him edit it just to make sure that you know it really was in a sense a tribute. Because for people that don't know, Michael Jackson was a huge comic book fan. And yes, I was, really yeah. do think, I think he would really appreciate this. And we used to, when I lived in Los Angeles, we used to shop at the same comic book store. So, you know, it was, so I do know that he collected comic books. So I, I really do feel that, you know, he would have liked this. And then just from there, that did really well from us, for us. And so we thought, you know what, let's do 
famous people, just like big famous, like the big stars of the world right now. And so we started off um, in May. We did Lady Gaga and Robert Pattinson from Twilight. And those just took off. And, you know, we're now in our second printing on those. So it's kind of insane. And then we... Yeah, um, that's a good idea. Anything with Twilight right now is going to make you money. So that's a good idea. Yeah, definitely. To do some with Twilight. (laughs) And one of the things that we do kind of differently with these, rather than just churn and burn a biography, is we really do try to incorporate the celebrities into the comic books where we'll actually contact them and see if they would like us to donate a percentage of the proceeds to a nonprofit of their choice in lieu of, you know some sort of support it's still an unauthorized biography and so we did that with ellen degeneres with the humane society and um so which was pretty cool we've done that with barbara walters uh charlene harris from true blood so it's just not about us you know like just monopolizing on their you know celebrity we do give back we run ads for free and you know because we do want we want to do something kind of cool for them that is cool. Yeah, I'm looking at the website here, guys. Is uh, bluewaterprod.com, like productions, P-R-O-D, bluewaterprod.com. Check out the website. There's a lot of uh, cool comic books. I'm looking at the sidebar here, and I see the Hillary uh, Clinton stuff, the Twilight one. I see a bunch of these. That's really a, a neat idea to put out a line of comic books like that. I mean, you could really expand on that and... I mean, put out a, a crazy amount of comic books in the next few years. I mean, this is uh, potentially a gold mine. I mean, it's a really, yeah. really neat idea. And we're excited about it. You know, we do have our limits. You know, I'm never going to do a Heidi Montag comic book. Or, oh, God, you know, I don't. please don't. <laughs> <laughs> please it's don't. not going to happen, so don't worry. And, and I really kind of highly doubt that there'll be a Snooky one. So You know, I was about to say that. I was about to say, please don't do a Snooky one either. <laughs> it's not going to happen. You know, I, when I worked at E, you know, when I was growing up, I was, like, so into Hollywood, and I think, you know, I don't really buy reality stars as Hollywood royalty to a certain extent. And so mm-hmm. is Justin Bieber Hollywood royalty? No, but I do, I do get him, and I do get why people really like him. You know, he's a story that, you know, he's kind of changing the way that people find music, and, you know, like with YouTube and stuff. And it's just, it's, it's kind of amazing. But these reality stars, I just don't get. So, so we, we're going to stay away from that. Well, at least this kid could sing a little, you know. I mean, what talent does Snooki have besides, you know, she looks um, kind of horrorish. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's why she can get punched in the face, and she, and she, yeah, she's, just, <laughs> she's, yeah, she's, and she's she can bump it or whatever the bump it thing is in her hair. So, you know, I'll be honest, I, I've not ever seen not even one episode of Jersey Shore. I just, I, I refuse to watch that show just because I've seen them interview the cast before on TV and it just is such a turnoff. I don't know how America actually sits by and watches stuff like that. I mean, honestly, I, I, I don't get it. I don't get why people like this crap that, that they're putting on TV sometimes. But uh, I don't get it either. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's amazing. You know, I saw a pretty funny video speaking of uh, Justin Bieber. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, they posted this recently online of Shaquille O'Neal at a concert of Justin Bieber <laughs> singing to Justin Bieber and singing no, along. It, it was it was hilarious. I guess they were doing like an, a warm up 
for the show that Justin was about to perform the, the, that night wow. or whatever. It was kind of like a mic check type of deal, and Shaq was in the audience with a bunch of reporters, and uh, he was just standing there, and he just started singing to Justin Bieber. It is absolutely the funniest thing you're ever going to see. So uh, type in Justin Bieber and Shaq on Google, yeah, and you'll find it. But <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. Guys, we're, we're here live with Mr. Darren G. Davis of Blue Water Productions. We're going to take a break here for one second to pause on Tenacity Radio, and uh, we'll be back shortly to talk a little bit more about Blue Water Productions and exactly what's down the pipeline with Blue Water Productions and Mr. Davis here. Stick around, and we're also going to take some of your calls, so stick around for that because, uh, you know, calls are cool. We like taking calls here on the Jackal's Head. So uh, stick around. We'll be back in a couple uh, couple seconds, a couple minutes. Cool. Two and two. All righty. We'll be right back, guys. Yes, love hurts. It can hurt emotionally, but more important, it can also hurt you physically. It can hurt you in a way which nobody who owns a hot tub and lives in California can afford to be unaware of. Yes, I'm talking about California hot tub rectal gonorrhea. This painful and curable disease can make an enjoyable soak in a hot tub with family, friends, and dog into a literally unforgettable experience. If you catch California hot tub rectal gonorrhea, not only will you walk around feeling like you're about to pass a twisted sardine can lid, you'll also smell like a pile of burning tractor tires. So don't jump out of the frying pan and into the hot tub, because if you get California hot tub rectal gonorrhea, it'll really burn your ass. This has been a public service message brought to you by the Citizens Against CHTRG Foundation. California hot tub rectal gonorrhea. We're not going to take it sitting down. It's me again, Jamie Avakin for FloridaUFORadio.com. If you haven't done so already, please come on over to FloridaUFORadio.com and sign up with us. You can become a member, post blogs, post videos, and post in our forum. Best of all, you can interact with other members and be a part of Florida UFO Radio every week. It's a great and growing site, and I would like for you to be a part of it. FloridaUFORadio.com is your place. Come on over. We have 24-hour live UFO talk radio. Hope to see you there, folks. This is Jamie Havikin, and I'm out of here. Hello? Hello? <laughs> This is Terrell Copeland, and now I am a voice in the Jackal Cage. I'm Sean B., author of the 2012 The Paranormal Cookbook, and now I'm inside the Jackal's Head. My name is Steve Eunice from SupermanHomePage.com. And now I'm a voice inside the Jackal's Head. This is Cyanide, and I am now a voice inside the Jackal's Head. This is Jamie Havikin, and I cannot escape the Jackal's Head. This is Heavenly Angel, and I'm trapped in the Jackal's Head. Now, I'm a voice from the Jackal's Head. Let us quit, y'all. This is the Oz Man, one of the voices in the Jackal's Head. <laughs> I am now a voice inside the Jackal's Head. And that was Lloyd Pye. <laughs> I'm Nick Pope, and now I'm a voice inside the Jackal's Head. This is Stephen Bassett, and uh, I am now a voice inside the Jackal's Head. Stephen Jacobson. And I'm now a voice in the Jackal's Head. I'm going to pass the reins to Mr. Jackal, the, the new king of radio.
and we're back live on the world infamous Jackal's Head on the even more infamous Tenacity Radio and the newly infamous Paranormal Super Network. And of course, I am joined by my guest, Mr. Darren Davis from Blue Water Productions. And we're going to be talking a little bit more about Blue Water Productions. And jumping right back into it, Darren, uh, now that we know a little bit about Blue Water Productions, we know a little bit about you, uh, about your background, and you asked me when we were talking privately earlier what my favorite comic books were growing up. Now I'm going to put you on the spot. What's your favorite comic book of all times? Uh, Give me the one. The New Teen Titans from 19... It was like in 1984. It was like 1984 around that time. It was George Perez and Marv Wolfman. That's my Teen favorite Titans. series. I love it. Really? Nice. Mm-hmm. Still yeah, to this that's day. That's not a bad series. Yeah, it's not a bad series. No, I can't. I can't argue. That's not a bad series. What, what do you prefer? I mean, I, you still collect DC? I was going to ask you, you know, what do you prefer, DC over Marvel? And uh, Yeah, I'm still a DC fan. And I do think it is a lot because of the Super Friends when I was a kid, and that's kind of what I watched. Yeah. And so I, I kind of want to see what they're still doing to this day. And so I still go once a week to the comic book store and pick them up. That, you know, that'd be kind of cool to see a Super Friends live-action movie one day. I know they were talking about doing a Justice League of America movie a couple years ago with the worst cast ever that I've ever seen <laughs> assembled for a superhero movie. Oh, my God. They had a guy called Chris Armenhammer or whatever his name was, and he was supposed to play Batman. He's like six foot seven or six foot eight, way too tall to be Batman. And they had a guy who was playing Superman. I forget his name, but he was like five foot seven or something, way too small to be Superman. What the hell was going on with that? I have no idea, but it would be kind of cool if they actually, when they get it right, now with the Avengers coming out and all, you know? I think they will get it right. There was a, um, God, there was a TV show, I want to say it was in 97, it was, a, um, they brought the Justice League to TV, and it was more Melrose Place kind of Justice mm-hmm. League. I think they had um, The Flash, and he was like a mailman, from what I remember, and Fire <laughs> and Ice, you know, so it was like really weird. But they did air it once, I think. You know, why is it that it seems, and you know, you you being a you know an expert in comic books now, you know, you might be able to answer this. Why is it that it seems so hard for DC, especially, to have some of their comic books translate to the big screen? Because I, man, they've really been stuck in some really good material, and they just haven't been able to make it into motion pictures. I hope Green Lantern does well for them. I personally yeah, so don't like do the I. costume. I think the costume looks kind of weird. But well, there's only in, good in defense, it, though, so. th- that's one picture, though. I mean, that's just one picture. Right. Right? We haven't seen it in full motion yet, which is the important part. You know, that's right. what I want to see. But I think they hit a home run with, you know, I think they, they, they definitely hit a home run with, like, a lot of their cartoon series, the Justice League. It was such a yes. great yep. cartoon. And then also, um, I think they're bringing Teen Titans out this fall. Um so I think they do a good job. Batman, Batman, Brave and the Bold is is actually kind of funny. So yeah. I, I still watch that. So well, you know, on on the cartoon end of it, I mean, they they do a good job. I mean, the uh, one they came out recently, uh, Batman Under the Red Hood. I don't know if you saw that. It was a recent. That was release. really good. That was dark was and an good. Excellent I loved yes, it. Yes, it was an excellent movie. I actually just saw it a few nights ago. It's an excellent, excellent, you know, cartoon movie, but. For whatever reason, the feature film department, I mean, other than Batman, it's been very, you know, very slow to have anything good come out. I mean, we've had, what, Catwoman? Jeez. <laughs> I know, I, I went to an opening day Jesus. for that. <laughs> oh, man, I, I'm so sorry you did that. 
It was pretty bad. Well, from what I've heard, they, they, I mean, they tried doing, well, Smallville does, I guess, pretty well. It's, yeah, it's the feature films that are well, doing yeah. pretty, and there was an Aquaman, yeah. I guess, uh, uh, pilot that the, they the did. The pilot, yeah, that was actually a pretty good pilot. I don't know if you ever saw that. Did you ever catch that? I did. Yeah, it was good. It had, it was kind of like Flipper, you know, meets Smallville. Yeah. <laughs> it really kind of just seemed like those type of, you know, storylines. Yep. Of course, the the guy who ended up uh, playing Green Arrow on Smallville was the uh, kid who was going to play the Aquaman on the uh, now-defunct WB attempt at an Aquaman TV show. Uh, Actually, you know, Smallville, speaking of Smallville, that's actually coming up into its 10th season now next year, and it's going to be its final season. Is that right? Yeah, that's what I've heard. And and just somebody told me this weekend that um, he's going to be in the costume. That Tom oh, Welling man, about time. Are we talking about the, the red and blue, or are we talking about another black and silver? No, the, red and, the red and blue. Yeah, that's what I've, I've heard. It's actually, he's going to do it because of, um, you know, there was, a, there was a lot of, I guess, talk about him not wanting to do it because of, mm-hmm. you know, the Superman curse. But I guess he's supposed to be doing it. So those are the rumors that are flying around right now. That's very cool. Oh, you know, it is the last season. He might as well wear the suit for at least a few episodes and make all the fans happy. I mean, Jesus, we're, you know, the fans who are watching the show are watching it to see him evolve from young Clark Kent at a tender age in high school to Superman, you know, the best of the best of the superheroes that there is. And if you don't show him the suit at least once, it's, you know, I, I would be pissed as a fan. You know what I mean? He actually said it, I guess, I'm, I'm looking online right now, and on MTV.com, he actually says that he, that Tom Welling does say that he's going to be in the costume and that he will be in it. So I don't know. And it says the, the Superman costume looks good. Um, he, he wasn't there when they shot it on set. So who knows what that really means, but I think he will be wearing it. So. Now, what, what are the odds if he uh, does the season and has a suit on you know, during most of the season? Uh, what are the odds that he might be part of the feature film series coming up? I don't think they're going to go that route with him. So, really? I, even though he's, pre- I think he's, he, cause he, I don't think he really proven himself as an actor in the films because I think the fog tanked. And then um, the only other films that I just remember him really being in were the cheaper from those, the yeah yeah cheaper from the dozen films, and those did yeah. well. So. Well, yeah, but, you know, he's been stuck on a TV series for 10 years, so he hasn't really been able to take any juicy roles. And he is the... Now, I mean, Smallville being in its 10th season, it is the longest-running Superman-related live-action TV series or movie that there has been, right? Yeah, from from what I know, yeah. So he is the most... He is going to end up being the most recognized uh, person outside of Christopher Reeve, obviously, uh, when it comes to this role for the... Probably for generations because of the fact that this series is so popular and it's going to be on DVD and right. sales for a long, long time. And it's sprung comic books and everything. I mean, there's Smallville comic books, aren't there? There are, yeah. I believe DC does them every once in a while. I don't think they're monthly, but I, I've seen them around. So, I mean, why wouldn't they, you know, incorporate that in the, and take that and launch it into a feature film? I mean, it would make perfect sense. Even if his acting may not be the greatest in the world, well, hell, they gave the guy, you know, the last time they gave the job to a guy who was a bartender a month before he got the role and never, who? you know, went to acting school. Which <laughs> Brandon guy? Ralph. Brandon Ralph? No, he was, on, yeah. he, was on one life, he was on One Life to Live. Yeah, but he was a bartender. 
a month before oh, he got okay. hired. I, have, I, I kid you not. He was literally a bartender. Yeah, I kid you not. No, he, he was, was a bartender. Yeah, I know he did a couple of soap operas. He did Cold Case, and he did a couple uh, different you know shows here and there. He had you know it's and bitty parts and different different stuff, but he actually was still a bartender at a Lucky Strike. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, and, and you know he didn't have an extensive act, acting background either. I mean, they just gave him the part because he kind of looked a little bit like Christopher Reeve, really, but. Not right. even a whole lot like Christopher Reeves for that matter, but his acting was very wooden already. I mean, this guy at least is known as Clark Kent by all the fans. I right. mean, when you think, you know, when you think of, if you ask a teenage fan now, uh, you know, a 15 or 18-year-old who watches Smallville, or just watches TV, you know, in general, ask him who Superman is, they're going to say, oh, the guy from Smallville, because that's the guy they recognize. Right. I mean, that's an instant instant fan base of people who are going to recognize the character right away. Uh, you know, why not make a, a couple films? I mean, it's not going to be 20 movies. You're looking at about maybe, what, two or three movies tops in the span of maybe five or six years? Right. That'd be, yeah, just, I, I don't that'd be see a them, way to go. Yeah I, don't, yeah, I don't see them using him. I think they're going to go probably another yeah, route know, with the whole thing. So, Who, who do you think uh, might land the role of, uh, of Superman Clark Kent with uh, Chris Nolan? Any, any names popping out on the uh, wire yet? I, I have no clue because, you know, if you look at Tom Welling, he, because if they're going to compare him to Batman, because if they're going to, depending if they use what's his face for Batman, um, Christian Bale, you know, that makes right. him a little more older. So does that make Superman older? Because they're supposed to be around the same time. So it really depends on the take that they do with it. Because they can go so many mm -hmm. different routes with it. Well, uh, one thing they could end up doing is, uh, I don't know how this season is going to end of Smallville, but if they were to incorporate Tom Welling, uh, they could have the film series where he becomes Superman in the film series uh, pick up 10 years after the events of Smallville. Right, yeah. They could, hey, they could just do that. Who knows what's going to happen? Superman always looks young in the comic books, no matter what the age is. I mean, he was 30 in the beginning of Superman 1 with Chris right. Reeve, so... So, I mean, he always supposed to have that youthful look to him, and I think it'll be a neat idea. I mean, I really think it, it would. It, you know, and like I said, it'll at least get a big part of the fan base, you know, reinvested back in Superman, which, after the last movie, man, they just lost a lot of fans, I'm pretty sure, because, totally. man. And I still think the original Superman's one of my favorite films, so. Yeah. I, I liked it, so I thought it was really good. Now, you mentioned Blade earlier. I'm a, I'm a big Blade fan also, uh, I know there's talk maybe of uh, getting Wesley Snipes once he comes out of prison to do another Blade movie. That was kind of a, a rumor uh, going around. Do you, you see any uh, validity to that at all? Who knows? I mean, that would be really good for his career. Um, they did that Blade TV show for a while. Yeah, one season. I, I don't know how well that did. Yeah. And, yeah, who knows? You know, they, they keep remaking everything, and it seems like time is getting shorter and shorter between how long they're making things. So, and rebooting them, you know like the Hulk. Wow, that was it. Yeah. Shot. Speaking of that, they just recasted the, the Hulk again for the Avengers, right? Right. So, now, yeah, I don't who, know. Who is it? It's Mark Ruffalo, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the actor yeah, taking over correct. the role. Yeah. Which is, you know, I, I'm excited because Joss Whedon's on it. Not everybody likes Joss Whedon, but I think yeah. Joss Whedon's is amazing. I think he's... I loved Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I even liked Dollhouse, Serenity, all that stuff. Serenity, I definitely liked Serenity. I wasn't much into Buffy. I just... Not into vampires all that much myself, but... Serenity was a really cool series, but I'll, t I'll tell you what, though. Uh, Mark Ruffalo, a very good actor, but man, think about the, the cast they could have had with Edward Norton and, you know... 
I Samuel thought it was Jackson, yeah. Robert Downey Jr. Oh my God! Yeah, I thought it, I thought he was such a good. He was well casted. So, yeah. But Mark Ruffalo, I don't really know. I don't really get it. So, and I, you know, and I didn't really like Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow I, as mm-hmm. as an actress up until Black Widow. I mean, even though she really didn't act in it, I didn't think she was horrible. I actually kind of like thought, okay, this could work, and you know, I just I really don't like her as an actress. <laughs> She's all right. I mean, she she's been in some decent roles. I've I've seen some stuff that, that she's been pretty good in. Uh, but you know, again, that, that's a smaller role. They're not gonna, I don't think, make too many of, of the roles big time roles. You know, it's an ensemble cast. I mean, we have the Hulk, we have Iron Man, uh, Nick Fury. Who else is gonna be in this movie? Captain America with uh, Captain America, Chris uh, Evans. Chris Evans is playing Captain America. That's right. Uh, Thor is gonna be in the movie as well. Yep, and, uh, and Hawkeye. Hawkeye is going to be in it. Okay, who else is going to be in this thing? Uh, Tony Stark or Iron Man's going to be in it, and right. that's all that I, I think they pretty much casted. Which I'm kind of surprised because I thought they'd have like Scarlet Witch or the Wasp or something like that. But who knows? That's what that's where they have uh, sequels for, my friend. That's where they have exactly. sequels. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> See, I thought they were going to spin off every single one of these people. I thought they're going to do like a Black Widow movie. You know, do a Captain America because they're doing Thor. You know, Iron Man. So. Kind of fun, you know. Speaking of Iron Man, uh, they're, are they going to do a third Iron Man with uh, the same uh, director, uh, John Favreau, or, or is I'm it going to be sure, now just the Avengers? Yeah. No, I'm sure that they're going to do more movies with that. They would have to do that. Yeah, Iron Man three is slated for 2012. Ah, cool. So yeah, yeah. He's in that. The the last two were pretty damn good. I got I got to admit. I really like them, so hopefully it does the same thing for Green Lantern. You know, kind of brings that yeah. whole new because he because Iron Man was never that huge of a character that he ever thought he would be a movie, and so hopefully this brings more of the smaller people into the film. So, oh, I, I, I you know, that's true, but you know what? I'd be you'd be surprised a lot of people that like Iron Man. I mean, a lot of. Uh, there, there's a lot. Of, it, Iron Man was kind of like one of those cult classic comic books, had a cult following, but it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't a mainstream character. But I wasn't surprised when the movies did well because I, I know a lot of friends of mine who are Iron Man fans from old school, from you know, fifteen, twenty years ago. Yeah, but did you ever think they would make a movie of him? I never. Th- I thought they Actually, would just stick with Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, or you know, like e Spider Man, you know, Fantastic Four, just the big, really big ones. You know, I did think they would eventually make a movie of Iron Man, but I am surprised that they haven't made a better Superman movie before Iron Man came out. I really, you know, was thinking for the last 20 years that they would have made at least one or two really good Superman films, and kind of surprised that Iron Man came out and kind of, you know, beat that. Cause, right. Man, they both were much better than Superman, but, uh, you know... Speaking, you know, speaking of Iron Man, that that opens up the, you know, the, the door for a lot of these other smaller, you know, titles to come out on the big screen. I know they, uh, that not only the Flash is probably going to eventually come out on the on the big screen in the next couple of years, uh, but I've even heard talks of Ant Man coming out in the next in the near future. Well, I think that got squashed. No pun intended. Oh, really? um, yeah, I think that got ah. squashed because of um, because he was supposed to be in the Avengers movie. Ant Man, and then he's ah. not going to be in it. Ah, so he's so. not going to be in the Avengers movie either. All oh, that—that's no. That sucks. It's kind of sad, but you know, I yeah. like Ant Man. Ah, well, what are you going to do? No Ant Man. Well, maybe for, <laughs> maybe for the sequel. <laughs> I, you know, that's, that's right. one of those small titles that I used to read as a kid, and they're pretty fun. You know, the Ant Man. 
Yeah. Avengers comics are pretty good. Uh, I like, like I said, I like the fact that a lot of the small titles now are going to have a chance to maybe one day get on the big screen because, like I said, there's a lot of really cool stories out on these small titles that a lot of people don't know about but are called classic, called classics. Uh, another one that it's not really that small of a title and it was in a movie not too long ago, but The Silver Surfer. Is there any plans that you know of of maybe bringing him back to life and giving him a proper production in a movie that actually is good? From what I've heard, they, um, they're they making a new Fantastic Four movie with just all new characters, and so you never know the route that they're going to take with that. I don't really foresee it, him becoming his own character, but you never know. You know, all these like smaller movies like Iron Man that you didn't think he was going to ever be like this huge, the second largest comic book movie ever, you know, have his own person you never know what they're going to do now i'm like shocked half the time when i hear like you know that ant-man was going to get his own movie so (laughs) so you never know so hey you know rock on yeah that's all you can say really uh exactly you know like i i'd I'd, I'd like to see an ant-man movie myself but uh you know it's kind of uh, amusing that uh they squashed the ant-man movie that's yeah kind of sad (laughs) and who would play ant-man though that's yeah, see, it, I, who do you think? I have no idea. I have no idea who could actually play Ant Man. And see, this is this is the biggest problem with Comic Con is that because like, because the whole Comic Con was so obsessed with, um, you know, who's the Avengers and you know Salt was there, you know Angelina Jolie and the cast of Glee, and you're just sitting going, how does that really have anything to do with yep. Comic Con? So. <clears throat> But it, well, it's, it, you know, it's fun. Speaking of Comic Con, uh, Comic Con is a lot of fun. They uh, recently, of course, in, they debuted the entire Avengers cast on there. I was kind of hoping that they would say something about the next Batman movie. But uh, is, have you heard any casting uh, news at all about the next Batman film? No, not in a long time. So I mean, I think really? they're keeping that pretty much under wraps. There was like, I think the weirdest one that I heard was Cher being Catwoman. Oh, that is weird. Yeah. Yeah, I think they were going with like an older kind of different take to it. So, who knows? Wow. If, if if that happens, I will produce a music video called "If I Could Turn Back Time 2. and it's going to be about turning back time and shooting the casting director. So that never happens, right? Because oh my God, Jesus, no, that's just bad. <laughs> that's just a bad idea. That's Arnold so Schwarzenegger, Mr. Freeze, bad. Yeah. Oh God, I went to the premiere <laughs> of that. That was so bad. So. And and Alicia Silverstone, Batgirl, ooh, that was even worse. So, yeah. Batgirl is one of my favorite characters, and they just like screwed that one up. So, yeah, thanks to Alicia, I don't <laughs> think we're ever going to see Batgirl back in a, in a Batman movie ever. <laughs> no. And what's kind of uh, <clears throat> one of my friends actually worked for uh, you know Warner Brothers at the time, and if you look at all the marketing. And this is kind of like a super secret thing, but I'm sure it's out there. But um, if you look at all the, like the marketing for the Batman films with Batgirl, mm-hmm. she actually has a cowl on her head. But uh, she ended up gaining too much weight, at least she's Silverstone. So they actually had to reshoot the scenes with her just in the domino mask. Oh so, wow! Yeah, it's kind of sad. I'd never. So yeah, that. like you look, at, yeah, you look at the toys that are out there for the Batman film. They're all with her with the cowl and stuff. So. Yeah. And she's really disappeared after the the last Batman movie. I've haven't seen a trace of Alicia Silverstone since the last Batman movie. 
She's been around. I think, you know, I've seen, I know that she's, she does a lot of uh, vegan stuff. Is yeah. I think I know that she either does something with vegetarian or something to that effect. I know she does a lot in that world. So, um, but she doesn't seem to. I guess she has a couple things in production, nothing big, but more you know smaller stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that, like I said, I haven't seen anything uh, remotely close to uh, an acting career from Alicia Silverstone since the last Batman movie she was in. I, mean, yes, I think the only one, the only one that came out pretty unscathed out of that disaster was George Clooney. I think. Yeah, that was pretty bad. George Clooney's Batman was pretty bad. <laughs> I like even Arnold Kilmer. took a hit. Even Arnold, yeah. Arnold took a hit a little bit after that movie. And you know what? I agree. Val Kilmer, I thought was an excellent Batman. I used to have actually no joke. I have a poster of Batman Forever still on my wall. Oh, uh, that's not. a good one. I, I completely agree. He was a, a pretty good Batman. You know, and it's sad. You know how the conflict happened uh, that he ended up not being in the next Batman movie, right? I, mean, I don't know if you know the story. Because of the saint? He he was... Not he so, was mm, there, that's part of the story. Okay. Tell that's us. part of the story. He, he took on the story of the <laughs> saint, uh, you know, pretty much knowing he wasn't going to do Batman and Robin because of Mr. Freeze being played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. There's a there's there's a little backstory be, that I don't know if you know about between the two of them. Uh, Val yeah. Kilmer actually auditioned and was cast originally as the Terminator, the evil Terminator in T2, and oh, didn't uh, know that. he he ended up losing the role because Arnold specifically wanted Robert Patrick in the role of the uh, evil Terminator, and he went to James Cameron and uh, they decided after he already had been cast to switch it to Robert Patrick, and they went with Robert Patrick and fired Val Kilmer for no apparent reason. He just didn't like, I guess, the the vibe or whatever he was getting from him. So when Val Kilmer heard that they were going to bring in Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze, and he had the saint on his plate, he was like, I'm going to go do the saint. I don't want nothing to do with that. And he told, uh, I guess, Joel Schumacher, he told him, look, if he's going to be in it, I'm gone. And that's the main reason why he walked and went to do the saint instead. Do you find it ironic that Christian Bale was in the Terminator? So it seems like those two films just yeah. keep going back to back. <laughs> that is kind of ironic. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, like Batman and Robin, the Terminator is probably a dead series for a while after Terminator Salvation. Yeah. And, and to tie it even back to me, because that's all I ever do. We're doing a, we're doing Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> comic that comes out next month. So. Oh, cool. As part of the biographies, yeah. So, the governor. Yeah, we have to bring it back to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking back to speaking of you know taking this conversation back to you here, uh, you know we have only a bit, little bit under a half an hour left in the show here. Uh, anybody who wants to call in, you know this the Skype number. Please call on in. Uh, if not, I'll give it out. It's nine four one five four eight forty two ninety one. You can call right on in, and we'll get you patched in to talk to Mister. Darren G. Davis here, but let's talk a little bit again. Let's take it back to the website here, Blue Waters Productions. I'm looking through the website and I'm looking at some of the uh, the stuff here, and the prices are not that bad. I'm looking at the uh, the rock and roll comics of the Beatles, uh, which is on here. Uh, you have J.K. Rollins. Uh, you have a lot of cool stuff in here. Tell tell the audience uh, how they can get to uh, all this, you know, all these comics and uh, buy some of the stuff. You know, they can go to the comic shop locator. Um and it's online, or they can call yeah. um, the phone number. It's comicshoplocator.com, or they can call 888-COMIC-BOOK, or you can go to Amazon.com. You know, we, we really want you to go out and support the comic book stores, because so, there's mm-hmm. a lot of independent, really good ones around the U.S. 
Yeah, there there actually are. That a lot in Florida, unfortunately, or down in Miami, anyway. Not a whole lot of them. Really? What's, yeah, what's your zip code? Down here. Uh, three three. Well, I'm not giving that on air. I'll whisper <laughs> it to you later. Okay, yeah. <laughs> tell me later. It starts with so. a 3-3, three, three, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I'll tell you later. Okay. Uh, but it's cool, and you guys are, are putting out a you know, line of comics, which is even cooler. Uh, I'm going to actually, uh, I see myself spending some money on your website. That's all I'm saying. Very I, I'm, good. I'm already, I'm already looking around, and I'm trying to find uh, the Michael Jackson comic. I don't know, you hit a nerve earlier when you said Michael Jackson. I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan as well. As a lot of other, you know, fans of a lot of other singers, but Michael Jackson has been a favorite of mine since I was a kid. So I'm kind of looking around here. Can I purchase that on the website if I was looking for that? Because I have a lot of my listeners that are Michael Jackson fans also, and they might be interested in purchasing they that should, on, the, on the website. They can probably call it from. We we really don't sell anything from the website because we really want them to support the comic book stores. But it is on okay. Amazon.com, so you can find it on Amazon. The Michael Jackson one. Gotcha. Okay, so it's still in production or in print. That's what that's. Yeah, it's still in print. Yeah, it's yeah. Okay, we cool. we overprinted that, and we did four. We're on our fourth printing right now on that book. So there's been different covers that we've been printing on it. Speaking of printing, how how long do you guys uh, keep the uh, comics in? I guess in print. As long as as long as there's a as long as there's a need for it or a want for it, you know, like with the Lady Gaga one, we're gonna change the cover and put a new cover on it and and do it for um, a second printing. You know, we, I'm not going to really re-release the same cover over and over and over because, you know, we want to get, you know, different fans to pick up the book and, you know, make right. it kind of cool for them. So, And it's always that fun marketing ploy to get a fanboy to buy it twice because it's two different covers. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, you know, and it's, it's exciting. You know, this, the marketing thing to comic books is just so surreal. And, you know, yeah. we've gotten – and it's just weird – and it's not bragging. It's just, you know, we get so much attention just because of these biography things. And, you know, I wish other comic book companies would do this too. And, you know, we're yep. willing to help anybody out. You know, we were just, what other comic company can say they're going to be in Teen Vogue or Marie Claire magazine <laughs> or, you know, yep. have Barbara Walters hold her comic book about on The View. It's kind of, it's, it's very humbling, and but very cool, so... To be on your show. Hey, come on. Hey. That beats the view any day, I say. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm already looking at a couple of titles here that I'm probably going to end up picking up in the next week here. Uh, the Beatles one. I'm, I'm a big Beatles fan also. Let me ask you, did you uh, have any, uh, I guess, uh, communications with any of the family members of the Beatles members uh, when you guys were writing this comics? Since well, this is kind of an autobiography. It. Yeah, the, what happened with the Beatles is um, there was a there was a company in the '90s called Rock and Roll uh -huh. Comics, Revolutionary Comics, that did um, a bunch of you know they kind of like set the bar for us, you know, when we're doing the biography comics. And so, you know, once we started doing them and getting attention, you know, he reached out to me, um, Jay Sanford, one of the guys that created the line, and um, we ended up striking a deal, so we just repackaged all of his stuff because he did his as comic books. So with the Beatles, it's actually a graphic novel that has, I think it's like seven or ten issues in it. So it's actually pretty big, and it's a really good book. So, And they do such a great job, and we have Pink Floyd that's coming out, um, Led Zeppelin's coming out in the next couple months. We're doing Elvis, and these are all based off of their old comic books. And there's been so many like huge-name writers and artists on the rock and roll comics there's um you know Stuart Inman you know who does superman you know there's um 
off the record. Yeah, really. No, but Neil Gaiman, from what I've heard, has done them. You know, that's like the urban myth that he has done them. So, so it's kind of cool. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. And it's, uh, you know, it, it's about the Beatles, man. Mm. If you're a Beatles fan, it's totally oh, yeah. cool to add to your collection. Yeah. And one of my favorite ones that's coming up that has nothing to do with the biography, and I know mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about you not liking the vampire genre, but we're doing yeah. the coolest vampire book ever, and it's called Nanny and Hank. And it's, okay. if, you're, if, you're, if you get turned into a vampire, what would suck the most is being turned into a vampire when you're 80 years old. And basically, mm. you know, living like curmudgeon and, you know, having all the ailments, you're not this pretty little Twilight vampire. So it is basically like Cocoon meets Twilight. And so it's, it's, a, it's a little bit of comedy. It's kind of like, um, you know, if Betty White was, we want her to play her in the movie is what we're looking to do. And that would just, be awesome. <laughs> oh, totally. And I love it. And the thing with Nanny and Hank, too, it's, you know, it is based off my grandparents, you know, who are both deceased, like, since the 80s. And, you know, I, I really love them so much. And, you know, and so I wanted to always name a comic book Nanny and Hank. And so it just came to me and, you know, the take for it. And so we're doing, um, it comes out next month. And so we're, I'm actually really excited about this one. It's not your traditional really Buffy cool. or Twilight, so. Well, as long as the as long as the granny vampire doesn't you know sparkle in the daylight, when did vampires no, actually, start doing what? When did vampires sparkle? Hey, I had to go to Forks, okay? <laughs> I because we did a Stephanie Meyer biography. I had I was dragged to Forks by one of my really good friends. She um, lived in Kentucky and flew out here because I live in the Northwest, and she. Um, turned around and said, you know, Forks is only two hours from you, let's go drive. It turned out to be a six-hour drive up there, and oh my god, if anybody knows anything about Forks, it's where Twilight is, and it's, it's where the movie, or the books actually take place. Um, it's, a, it's a city of 3,000 people, and there's five stores devoted to Twilight, like huge stores, and they're one of the only cities in Washington that's hugely thriving in this economy. It's insane. It's weird. And they're this rinky-dink little town. Yeah, but again, why do they sparkle in the daylight? Because Stephanie Meyer <laughs> wanted them to. Because she had a dream about it Jeez. and wanted to do it. You know what? You know, it's, it, it's not that I'm a, 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 an anti-vampire fan or, or that I hate vampire stories or anything. Because I actually like the like the, uh, the Lost Boys, the old 80s movie. Right. I, I'm a big fan of that movie. I like some of the Dracula stuff. I like the Bram Stoker's Dracula with uh, Keanu Reeves that came out a couple of decades ago. I right. That was a good movie. Uh, so I, I like do like one? some vampire movies. <laughs> I, I thought hey, it was hey, hey, Dracula, dude. What's up, bro? <laughs> Gary Oldman. Was in that I should, movie. He played I know. Dracula, man. He was awesome as Dracula. And hey, you got to hear, you know, Keanu Reeves tell Dracula, "Whoa!" Well, I know that was kind of bad. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, we are working. We are speaking of vampires too. We are working with Anne Rice on a, a biography comic book that comes out next month cool. too. And it's really cool to deal with her. And I guess you know, just before when, like, I guess it went to our comic went to print already. And I guess this week she decided that she's no longer part of the Christian church, and she's going back to her normal ways. So that's huh. the big Anne Rice news now that we just found out. Wow. Ah, oh, yeah, she's born again, Miss Anne Rice. Oh no, not anymore. So she's <laughs> oh, no, she no. changed. She's anti-born she, again. Yeah. yeah, she's out of being. Um, 
because she, I guess, maybe a couple years ago, she um, she was born again and, and found Christianity, and then now... Well, now she's, she just, she's born again without the Christianity part. Exactly. She's, whatever that's called. <laughs> <laughs> so She's a born-again atheist yeah. or whatever, yeah. Yeah, or however that is. So. Say lovey, hey. Hey, to, to each their own. I'm not. I'm not going to complain. Uh, exactly. You know, I, it's like like I said, I'm not that I'm bashing or, or hate vampire movies, but uh, yeah, I just I'm not a fan of the of the whole Twilight series. I, I saw the first one, hated it. Uh, was dragged to the second one by my girlfriend, hated it. Uh, refused to watch the third one. I even uh, almost had a fight with a friend who really wanted to go see it. Not seeing a girl now, so I have no girl to drag me to it. Thank God. <laughs> see, I was. I, we did signings at them. At the, at the theater, and you know the third one was okay. You know, there. The only reason I have to say I really like Stephanie Meyer is because she's getting people back to reading. I read the book, That's true, you yeah. know, because we had because we did a biography on her, and so you know we had to. I sort of really had to get to know what was going on with everything, and you know, is she a great writer? No, you know her. It's it got people reading. It got kids reading, and you know, hey, great. That's that's the most important thing. Even though they're reading that, like Harlequin romances, I just didn't get it. You know, I just thought it's it's. Do you remember S. E. Hinton? Vague, she wrote yes. the she wrote the Outsiders. That yep. was then. This is now text. We were mm-hmm. bringing her to graphic novels, and she was my oh, young cool. adult novelist when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, she's really talented. Not saying that Stephanie Myers not, so. But, uh, so. Well, I mean, I, we, my vague question is, has Stephanie Myers ever actually seen a vampire movie or, or read a book about vampires? Because, I mean, her vampires did absolutely nothing that normal vampires do. It, it, you know, if you it, picked it, up our comic book, complete. you would know about this. If well, you see, I haven't it read up, that comic book. Now I have to. <laughs> now I'm going to no, have to. Yeah, exactly. So you can learn how she had a dream overnight and then wrote a book and got it published. And see, what that shows me is that anybody can be published. And if you really want it bad enough, you can be published. Look at it. I'm published. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) But granted, I have my own company, but... True, true. But yeah, so it's, 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 it's... She's getting people into reading. It's it's kind of the next step from Harry Potter. People graduated from that, so now they're going to the Twilight stuff, and who knows what's coming next. Something needs to come now, next. I, speaking of Harry Potter, they're done with Harry Potter, right? I mean, there's not going to be any more movies in the pipeline. Or, or, are they finally done with that series? Well, I think the next movie comes out in November, the next movie. Damn and it. then But they're splitting it up, which is kind of weird. I've never seen this happen before. They're doing the last movie in two parts. So part A or part one is going to be in November, and then part two is going to be in January, I think it is. Oh, not January, in um, June. And so they really aren't splitting it up. And we did a a book on her, too. Yeah, she's... She was not... Her people were not fun to deal with. (laughs) So I'll tell you that right now. Well... It, well, you know, I'm not a uh, really. I mean, if if you think I dislike Twilight, you should hear me actually comment on the the Harry Potter movies and the Harry Potter books. Uh, you'll have a good laugh. I'll put it that way. I'm not. I'm not a fan <laughs> at all of the Harry Potter. The only two movies I have ever walked out of from a movie theater in my entire life uh, was Harry Potter, 
Right. It was one of the first Harry Potter movie. I walked, and it was a free ticket. I actually got invited to go see it for free with a friend of mine who was a manager at the theater. And he uh, he had a bunch of friends who were going to go. It was the debut, and he's like, hey, come on over. You'll see it for free. You know, we'll hang out. I haven't seen you in a while. And I used to work in the theater, so I used to see a lot of free movies. So I was right. like, oh, what the hell? You know, I'll see it for free. 25, 30 minutes into that movie, I literally got up and left. I was like, dude, I can't sit through this. This is, hor- this is <laughs> a horrible movie. And I like kids' movies. I like, you know, kids' adventure films. And, and I actually had read the original Harry Potter book and thought it was mediocre. I read it to my niece, who was, right. uh, you know, big into, into the comic, into the uh, books. And, uh, you know, it, it was okay, but it wasn't, you know, really of my liking anyway. So I kind of went in with that notion. And I really disliked the movies. Oh, my God. I mean, oh, geez. Like I said, I've walked out of two movies. That was one of them. The other one was with actually, well, to tell you, it was uh, That Thing You Do. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie with Tom Hanks. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, oh, I actually kind of like that. <laughs> I, you know, I, I was working at Lionsgate at the time, and I, I don't think I saw it in the theater. I think I actually had a DVD copy of it, and I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it was it was fun music. That's pretty much it. And it was the just different enough. That's all I got to tell yeah. you. <laughs> I, I, I trust me. You, you guys don't want to know my my I, the movies I like are just really bad. So you know, I'm I, I can't be judged for my movie skills. I'll sit I'll well, sit through I, anything and I like anything and pretty much and so. I'm the same way. I'll sit through a lot of stuff, but man, I I just cannot sit through Harry Potter or. That no, I just I for movies I just want to be entertained and I want to I want a sense of escapism. So yeah, yeah, you know, there are some movies that I actually want to see to like really get to know and enjoy and feel and this, but for the most part, you know, I sit in front of a screen all day, you know, doing all this crap and <laughs> I just want to just zone out and do nothing. And so putting on some really bad TV show or some, you know, cheesy movie, I'm all for it. I'm there now. Now that that we know that you know we're both into cheesy stuff, what's the <laughs> ultimate cheesiest movie that it's like your guiltiest pleasure that you have that you that you love? But when people hear it, they might be like, "Damn, he likes that movie." Only crap. Xanadu. There you go. Xanadu. <laughs> Xanadu. I've never heard of that. Xanadu. What is that? It was uh, right after Greece, 1982. Living Newton John. It was a movie about the muses. And it was like they just remade it into like this musical on Broadway and stuff, and it did. It, I think it won like the best two years ago. It won best Broadway something or other. But it was an Olivia and John film, so. Olivia and, and John, huh? Hey, you know, there's something about, <laughs> and I'll bring once again. I'm going to bring this back to me. Tomorrow we're announcing <laughs> we're doing an Olivia. We're doing an Olivia and John comic book. And the reason for doing that is, um, on a serious note, we are um, October's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So uh, Living Noon John is That's like cool. the biggest activist for breast cancer awareness because of the ordeal yep. she went through. And so, um, and for me as a kid, I always had like this huge crush on her and I just, I, I was always fascinated by her. And so we're doing her as the female force for October because of that. And I got to interview her and got to talk to her, and she's really just the nicest person. But we really want to do this just because of the whole breast cancer thing, so and just bring different awareness to comic books. There's that your, is there's a your very buzz. good cause. And there's That's your buzzkill. <laughs> <laughs> I can't yeah, say nothing bad about her now. <laughs> I know. But, you know, she she's getting this resurgence again. You know, like she was just yes. on Glee. Um, the, I guess 
Greece was released, re-released this weekend for the sing-along or something like that. But I just, I don't know, Xanadu, Clash of the Titans, the original Clash of the Titans, makes me happy. So, I like bad, weird films. I get in trouble oh, for well, these two, so. You asked. Yeah, I, it's well, you, I, I asked. I did. It, you know what? It, it, your choices are better than my guilty pleasure. What are your is, guilty? Step up to or. <laughs> I, I'll step up. I'll say, I'll say the, the one guilty movie. <laughs> The one movie that I cringe every time I tell somebody that I actually enjoy watching is Ernest Goes to Jail. I'm sorry, but wow. I like watching Ernest Goes to Jail. That's just me. Now you can watch Lindsay go to jail. I, you know, that's my second favorite new reality TV show. <laughs> watching Lindsay <laughs> Lohan go to prison. That's just lo- loads of fun, isn't it? She gets to keep her extensions. She gets to eat nice, fancy meals. Well, Prison they now think she's beautiful. they they think she's on. Um, I guess I read a report today that you know she's being as soon as she gets out she's being treated for meth and bipolar, meth withdrawals and, and bipolar. And she I guess she's cutting herself in jail from what I've heard too. So and what I've read allegedly. Oh, How's that? There you go. <laughs> Jeez, what's up with these kid actors, man? They they grow up and they just get all screwed up. I mean, yeah, what a waste because she was a good little actress when she came up. Well, when we and once again, I'll bring it back to me. Um, we we optioned we optioned uh, Legend of Isis to Paramount a while back, and Lin, they bought it. They actually bought it for Lindsay Lohan to be in the film, and she kind of messed that up. So. Oh man! But yeah, I, I think it's the parents. I, I can't really say it's the kids. I say it's the parents because there there are some you know child actors that do really well. You know, I'm sure Hillary Duff is laughing right now, going, watching like all the mm-hmm. YouTube stuff. So, yeah, you really don't hear any negative stuff of Hillary Duff. Uh, you really don't. Um, well, she's getting married now. She's, t- yeah. I mean, her career's not thriving for any sort. But you know, yeah, but she's not in the news getting drunk and doing right heroin and getting arrested and beating people up or whatever these girls are doing now. Uh, it's amazing, you know, it's kind of funny. Uh, back in the 90s, the gangster rappers were the ones getting in trouble and getting in jail. And they were all over the media for getting in all kinds of trouble. Now it's all these starlights, these media, you know, ladies who are just famous for being famous. They're, they're not really even real celebrities, but they're just famous for being famous. And now they're right. going to jail and getting caught. Now the bigger celebrities like Lindsay Lohan, who actually are known, are starting to be the ones that go to jail like Britney and Lindsay and all these. It's, a, it's amazing the trend we're following. They've replaced the gang. Gangster rappers in America, <laughs> and yeah, I think Mel Gibson's just a little jealous. So <laughs> I think he is. Well, oh man, Mel Gibson. You know what? I kind of feel bad for Mel in, in a sense, and hear me out on this. Uh, I, I feel bad for him in a sense. I know that he's a complete racist pig. Uh, you know what he said is disgusting in every shape, way, or form. But here's another detail that a lot of people are missing. The audio tapes definitely sound like they've been doctored. So if you listen to her talking and you listen to his reactions to her questions or what she's trying to tell him or ask or try to get out of him, you can tell that maybe that what she was really saying before she doctored the tapes and re-recorded herself, maybe she was pushing buttons and saying all kinds of crazy no. stuff. See what? Then, you know, what no. Okay. See, I'm like obsessed with this Mel Gibson thing that's going on right now, <laughs> and. Um, and if we do a comic, it's going to be called Infamous, you know, but no. That would be awesome. Um, but like with the Mel Gibson thing, she, I guess from, I guess she knew that she was going to record him. And this is from stuff that I've read or watched on TV. So I don't know this for a fact. Um, but she recorded at a, at like a recording studio because she's also a singer. And so that's why her voice 
picked up a little more than Mel Gibson's, and she was re- she knew that she was recording it, so that's the reason because they are they've had like like on all these CNN shows they've they've they said that it doesn't look like it's really altered. They just know that her voice is is very louder than his because of that. Well, not only not only that, but the the, the <clears throat> questioning, uh, like her line of questioning, she sounds very patient. Like she's you know she's like Mel, you're crazy, and it sounds like it's rehearsed almost. So I'm, I'm sure. Thinking, it, I'm yeah. I mean, I'm sure she baited him a little bit, but for somebody oh, to yeah. talk like and I and I don't and I'm probably getting in trouble for saying this, but I I really don't think he's racist. I'm not gonna say he's racist racist, but I think he's. I think he's angry. I think he's really angry, yeah. and people say things in anger that they normally wouldn't yeah. say. And I don't think, you know, because you look at, you know, he's really good friends with Danny Glover, you know, Jodie Foster, you know, so he does mm-hmm. have relationships with the people that he's supposed to be racist against. And I'm not going to well, say Whoopi Goldberg racist. came out and Whoopi Goldberg came out publicly and defended the hell out of him, too, on The View. I'm not going to defend him because I think what he said is completely awful. And for somebody to say that they want to put their girlfriend under like a rose bush you know it's kind of not that's good horrible and, yeah yeah but that, again that again we we don't know what the we don't know what the bedroom or the household was like uh we don't know if she was the aggressor who was you know abusive and doing all kinds of crazy stuff and him being a little flipsy you know him being right. a little nutty would flip out and you know these kind of things happen because she was pushing his pushing his buttons she does right. come off a little bit like a money hungry Type of lady who was, you know, you know, try to bait him for disaster. Yeah, but I, I don't know. But even if she, she really does come off like that, and even if she is money hungry, you should never treat a woman like that. I mean, even like, oh yeah, in your, you should never too. say what you say. And I guess he hit her and all that stuff, and you should never do that. And you can, well, you can allegedly be the biggest, hit her. Yeah, allegedly hit her, and you could be yeah, the biggest allegedly. money, you know, biggest money hungry, you know, tramp out there. But she should never be treated like that. And not saying that she, I don't, because I don't know everything, so I don't know what the whole story is. But just from all that I've heard, I just think it's 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 weird. And it's it it's sad more than anything else, though. I mean, he he had a brilliant Hollywood career until the last decade. I mean, really, yeah. the Passion of the Christ has been disasterville for for Mo Gibson. Yeah, it makes me not want to. It's it's it makes me not want to watch *Lethal Weapon* ever again. <laughs> and oh, I like man, those yeah. films. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I'm a, I'm a big Lethal Weapon fan. I was hoping for a fifth one, and now, yeah, it's not going to happen. happen. <laughs> so, yeah, no. And I like To Kill a Sunrise. Jeez. I liked, you know, I thought that was a good film. Conspiracy, conspiracy yeah. theory. Those were all good films. Excellent movie. Yeah, you know, it's it's sad to see, uh, you know, somebody go through this. Uh, that you know, it's such an icon because Mo Gibson really is a really, really famous person. But it kind of shows you that even the icons have flaws. Even you know, these celebrities that we put into these pedestals, even these people have the, their flaws, and they you know they say stupid shit. It's like we yeah, all say stupid stuff all the time, you know. But even in the last ten years, it's such a different world to be a celebrity now than it is. Oh, you yeah, know, like with yeah. the paparazzi, and and once again, I'll bring this back to myself. We're doing a, a comic book called Paparazzi, which is basically in a world where there's superheroes, and what the paparazzi are doing to try to basically out them and try to find out their secret identities, and you know, and it, they end up getting killed, and people get hurt, and so it would be like what there would be like if there's paparazzi in the superhero world. And it's just such a weird world for celebrities now, too, because they have no real privacy at all. You know, they can go to a party and or have friends over, and people are camera taping them or whatever, like, with their cell phones. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Yep. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's tough being a celebrity. It's tough making those millions of dollars and 
living the life of luxury and having yeah, people snap still, your picture because you're pretty. That's, that's yeah, but I still think, well, Snooki is famous. <laughs> I don't think she's pretty. <laughs> so, pretty she, ugly. She's Yeah, eh, well. <laughs> she's she's, she's, she's what we like to yeah. call, she's what we like to call a butter. She's a butter yeah, face. A, yeah, she's a butter well, face. Well, not even, not even really, no, because not even, uh, just she doesn't look good anywhere. Like, I, right, I just, no. Yeah, she's, she's like five foot tall and weirdly stacked. I don't know. I'm not a Snooky fan. And she, not yeah, a she's fan. Just, she seems like a, yeah, not a big fan. Uh, listen, we we actually had some people who were trying to call in. Unfortunately, I completely thought he was still there, but our, our board op, Mr. Pete Dickinson, fell asleep, and we don't have the board operating, <laughs> so we couldn't take any calls. But there were people in the chat room kind of pissed off because they wanted to call in. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, for future reference, if uh, this ever happens, you can call into the Jackal77. That's my Skype name, so you guys could just call in. But I do apologize for those who were trying to call in. We have a few minutes left here before the show is over. Darren, you know, thank you so much for being on the show here. Uh, before I do let you go, though, uh, Tell us a little bit, you know, more about the website. And again, let's give out the URL. Uh, let's give out anything you guys have coming down the pipeline, like immediately in the next couple of weeks, or anything you have that you want to give out to the audience before you do go ahead and leave us for the night. Yeah, we're doing. Um, they can go to bluewaterprod.com. It's bluewaterprod, P-R-O-D.com. And we have, um, if you guys like the biography comics, we're doing um, Anne Rice. We have Taylor Swift is coming out. Kristen Stewart from Twilight. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and then for those Stop that, it. yeah, and those for that don't like the the biographies, you know, we have uh, books like Tony and Cleopatra, you know, Tony and Cleo, um, Nanny and Hank, which is coming out. So we're, we do a lot of different things. Um, we have a radio program that is going to be on Sirius and XM. That's going to be in the next, I think it's in October for Vincent Price Presents. We're dealing with his estate and doing a line of comic books, and there's a company that's going to be doing radio programs on that. So it's, we we got a lot going on. It's kind of insane right now, in a good way. <laughs> that is that is a very cool thing, and it's, uh, it's cool to see your company prospering, man, in, in a tough field because I know the way the economy is. It's tough to sell anything, especially comic books, but it's totally. good to see you guys are doing well. And you guys are uh, putting out a, a production of comic books. Like I said, this biography line is goldmine because I think it's a really cool idea. So I'm going to be spending some of my hard-earned money here from the Jackal's Head on you know, buying some of these books. And I'm going to go through them, and I, I want to have you back on in the future here so we could talk a little that. bit more. You've been a really, really fun guest to have on tonight. And this was great. This was a lot of fun, too. Great way to spend a Sunday night. Liked it. Yeah, it's awesome, man. I, before I do let you go, though, for the night, I do need one more favor from you. I got this from Don and Robert, who were on here last wow. week. Uh, <laughs> definitely got to get it from you also. I know you, you know what's coming. Uh, I need a bumper from you, sir. A bumper? I need you to, a bumper. Now, what I do is I play, of course, commercials on the show. Right. And once we go to our commercials, we play little bumpers before the commercial of guests that I've had on who say certain things like, oh, I don't know, like, uh, this is Darren G. Davis, and I am now a voice inside the jackal's head. Something like that, you know, and we put that in part of the commercial. So why don't you do me the honor of giving me a bumper saying something like that? You can improvise a little bit by throwing your URL or whatever you want to throw in there, but give me something close to that and go. Hey, this is Darren Davis from Blue Water Productions, and you can catch the Jackal in the new biography series, The Jackal from Blue Water Productions. Hey, I'm going to have my own series. That'll work. Hey, you never know. 
Hey, that, I'm down with that. And before before we end it here, give me one more here, and now I'm a voice inside the Jackal's head. I'm going to put that as well. In there. Okay. Hey, this is Darren Davis from Blue Water Productions, and I'm now a voice in the Jackal's head. Perfect. I'm going to put both of those on bumpers. That's awesome, man. Uh, I might actually uh, look into that and uh, maybe do a biography of myself, guys. What do you think, huh? Uh, jackal's head? You never know. Carla Bruni, the know. Jackal, who knows? Who knows? Darren, thank you so much, and I and I look forward to having you back on in the near future, my friend. Thank you so much for Sounds being great. here and taking part on, on our show here. We definitely will do that. Uh, guys, we're going to take a, a little commercial break here. We will be right back on Tenacity Radio for the last few minutes to say goodbye to you guys for the weekend and to tell you a little bit about what we got coming up next week. So stick around here on Tenacity Radio's The Jackal's Head. We'll be right back. Yeah? It's me again, Jamie Avakin for FloridaUFORadio.com. If you haven't done so already, please come on over to FloridaUFORadio.com and sign up with us. You can become a member, post blogs, post videos, and post in our forum. Best of all, you can interact with other members and be a part of Florida UFO Radio every week great and growing site and i would like for you to be a part of it floridauforadio.com is your place come on over we have 24 hour live ufo talk radio hope to see you there folks this is jamie havikin and i'm out of here are we ready to blast off Ignition. Full thrust. Uh, uh, Recent uh. polls have shown a fifth of Americans can't locate the U.S. on a world map. Why do you think this is? I personally believe that U.S. Americans are unable to do so because uh, some people out there in our nation don't have maps. And uh, I believe that our ed- education, like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq, everywhere like such as, and uh, uh, I believe uh, that they should, uh, our education over here in the U.S. should help the U.S., or should help South Africa, and should help the Iraq and the Asian countries, so we will be able to build up our future. Uh, 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 uh. Imagine you no longer, longer being tied down, down to your, your computer, computer, but, but having, having the freedom. freedom. Infamous Jackal's Head here on Tenacity Radio. And I just wanted to uh, thank again my guest, uh, Mr. Darren Davis, who was on the show here tonight, uh, for being here. I want to thank all the uh, listeners who uh, stayed up on both PSN and Tenacity Radio to listen to the show tonight. We are going to be back next week at 10 o'clock on Saturday night right here on Tenacity Radio. And we're going to have a living legend. I know last night we had a living legend, Mr. Stan Friedman, who is, of course... The man in when it, in ufology, he's the man when it comes to the Roswell case. Well, next week we're gonna have a man here who's a living legend for a couple of different reasons. He is a person who's pioneered the form of radio that I do here, and that a lot of uh, my friends who have their own shows do, and of course shows like Art Bell's Coast to Coast and George Norrie's Coast to Coast, and a lot of the shows of this format. This man is a legend. He's one of the pioneers of this format. His name is Jerry. Pippin, and he is going to be with us live next Saturday night, right here, guys, on the Jackal's Head. So please stick around for that. I will catch you guys next week. It's been 
an awesome time this weekend. And uh, I look forward to seeing all of you back here next week so we can take a little spin into Mr. Pippin's mind and see what Mr. Pippin is all about and uh, find out what, you know, got him into this biz because it's kind of a crazy business, this radio business. But uh, it's going to be fun. I really look forward to having him on and talking to him. So, guys, I will catch you next week. Take care, everybody. on the Gateway to the West. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be across the nation, around the world. I'm George Norrie. Welcome to Coast to Coast AM. Next hour, a journey into the paranormal world with Tracy Torme. Lots of things to cover when Tracy joins us. Well, a nationwide alert system will use cell phones or other mobile devices to send text messages to you when an emergency occurs. Now, this according to an FCC representative. The representative said that cell phone companies that voluntarily decide into the system would send text-based alert messages to you in response to three types of events. Here they are. A disaster that could jeopardize the health and safety of Americans, such as a terrorist attack, these would trigger a national alert from the President of the United States, imminent or an ongoing threat of a hurricane, tornado, or earthquake, child abductions, or amber alerts. T-Mobile, Verizon, Sprint Nextel, and AT&T have already stated that they would likely be able to opt into the alert system if it is passed by the FCC. Toyota Motor Corporation wants some of you to know that they are recalling 539,500 Corolla and Matrix passenger cars in the United States because the bolts in the power window system can become loose 
and ultimately cause a window to shatter. Toyota said that it has already received reports of 143 cases in which the bolts of the bottom of the power window assemblies became loose, caused the window to rattle, or led to the window simply breaking. There has been about 15 injuries reported. The recall involves 2003 to 2004 model year Corolla and Matrix vehicles. Well, more nightmares for American Airlines. They canceled more than 1,000 flights on Wednesday, more than one-third of its entire schedule, as it spent a second straight day inspecting the wiring on some of its jets, the same issue that caused it to scrub hundreds of flights two weeks ago. The nation's biggest airline had already canceled 460 flights on Tuesday, stranding thousands of travelers. Federal inspectors found problems with wiring work done two weeks ago, although the airline says passenger safety was never jeopardized. In New Mexico, working in secret, federal archaeologists have dug up the remains of dozens of soldiers and children near a Civil War-era fort after an informant tipped them off about widespread grave looting. The exhumations, conducted from August to October, removed 67 skeletons from the parched desert soil around Fort Craig. 39 men, 2 women, 26 infants and children, according to two federal archaeologists who helped with the dig. The remains are being studied by the Bureau of Reclamation Scientists who are piecing together information on their identities. They will eventually be reburied at other national cemeteries. Most of the men are believed to have been soldiers. Fort Craig protected settlers in the West from American Indian raids and played a role in the Civil War. Union troops stationed there fought the Confederacy as it moved into New Mexico from Texas in 1862. The children buried there may have been local residents treated by doctors at the former frontier outpost. Abu Ubadad al-Masri, one of al-Qaeda's top operatives and the mastermind behind a plot to use liquid explosives, that's the reason why all of us have this problem when we go on planes. You can only carry something up to three ounces now. Well, he was responsible for all this. He was the mastermind behind the plan to blow up British passenger jets out of the sky. He is dead. They say the possible cause, hepatitis. There are some, though, that believe he might have been killed in January by a CIA predator strike. It doesn't matter. He is dead. He was responsible for two major terrorist plots, the first being the London subway bombing, and then the one I just mentioned about plans to try to knock out planes that were leaving London to major cities in the U.S. and Canada. He wanted to destroy at least 10 aircraft. Two members of the Russian doomsday cult that have been hiding in a cave to wait for the end of the world have reportedly died. The first fatality since the group went underground five months ago. One was a woman who died from cancer. The other had starved herself to death. Officials in that area were continuing to persuade the remaining members to return from above ground amid fears that the cave they are hiding in is in imminent danger of collapse. An Illinois mother told police that she fatally stabbed her daughter because the six-year-old was possessed by a demon. The 25-year-old mother claims her daughter, Evelyn, attacked her, was charged with two counts of first-degree murder in her death. Well, now, last year, the hurricane predictions didn't come true, but this year, they're predicting something well above average hurricane activity for this season. 
That's the latest word from a team of Colorado State University forecasters who predict the nation's Atlantic coast will experience a hurricane season well above the average. The forecasters are predicting at least 15 named storms will form in the Atlantic Basin between June 1st and November 30th, just a few months away. Eight of the storms are predicted to become hurricanes, and of those eight, four are expected to develop into intense or major hurricanes with a estimate the winds to be 100, 111 miles an hour or greater. 111, I see it all the time. Well, author and publisher Christopher Burt's fascination with extreme weather began at birth. Chris was born in Manhattan's Lenox Hospital in October of 1954 during New York's most severe hurricane on record, Hurricane Kazel. He studied meteorology at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, lives in Oakland, California. We're going to get his reaction to the hurricane season. What do you think this time, Chris? you think they've hit this one? Uh, well, you know, uh, they make these uh, forecasts every December, April, and June. Three times they uh, lead into what they're expecting, along, of course, with um, other groups, uh, such as the Tropical Storm Risk Company in Britain, uh, who also issued a report very similar um, to the Gray Quotespick uh report issued today. However, um, traditionally, these April forecasts have not uh, been very accurate. Um, to quote from uh, Dr. Gray and Phil Klotzbach's, uh report today, they said, uh, these early April forecasts have not shown forecast skill over uh, what we have seen during the 13-year period from 1995 to last year. In other words, this is a quote from their report. In other words, today's forecast has no skill and should merely be viewed as a mental research product. Now, um, uh, however, in June, June 3rd, they will issue their next report, and traditionally uh, this group has been far more accurate with their June forecasts when, of course, we see how all the various factors that come into play to produce tropical storms in the Atlantic uh, come to bear. Christopher, the one thing we do know, the weather is very turbulent. For example, just today near Breckenridge, Texas, a storm races through that area. A tornado, one dead, at least 15 injured. The storms are violent now these days, more so than before, or is this just a cycle? Uh, no, they're not more violent than they were before. Um, in fact, uh, let's not forget this is the uh, almost the anniversary of the greatest tornado outbreak in uh, U.S. history in 1974, uh, when, you know, 370 people were killed by 174 violent tornadoes that raced across uh, the, uh, the, the, Ohio Vi- the Ohio Valley in the south, um, including uh, an unprecedented five F5 tornadoes in a single day, uh, which has never happened before. However, I think it is interesting that you mention what's happening today because some... Uh, uh, forecasters are saying that the things are setting up right now uh, as we speak for a potential uh, repeat of such an event tomorrow, uh, Not uh, uh, hopefully not with 
five F5 tornadoes. So it's only, you only normally get one F5 tornado every three or four years. Uh, so you can imagine what five in one day, uh, how extraordinary that is. And that was more than 30 years ago. So, no, I wouldn't say things are becoming more extreme, but um, every day we see extreme weather events occurring all over the world, and I think tomorrow at this time we will be, uh, it will be a, a major news story what, what will happen tomorrow. All right, Christopher, thank you so much. That's Christopher Burt. And by the way, some time ago, Louisiana attorney Tom Cryer was acquitted of all counts of tax evasion. You know, here we are getting really close to the deadline to file your taxes. And just yesterday, the federal government said they're going to crack down on those people who tell others, hey, you don't have to worry about filing because you don't have to. So we're going to get Tom Cryer's reaction to that and chat with him a little bit more. The jury acquitted him of all charges of tax evasion. But since then, his practice, his law practice, has been beaten up a little bit because of what he went through. And he now spends all his time to broadcasting the truth called Truth Attack. It's a website, truthattack.org. We'll be back with Tom Cryer on Coast to Coast AM. Well, here he is now after years of fighting and litigation, arguing with the federal government after being indicted for two counts of tax evasion. The jury unanimously acquitted him of all charges, but... Since the IRS had destroyed his practice, his law practice, with a two-year campaign and a fear campaign, it has chased most of Tom's clients away. So now he's trying to get the truth out the way he sees it. He's our guest this hour on Coast to Coast. Tom Cryer back with us. Hey, Tom, how you been? I've been uh, bi- very busy, George. Thanks for having me on. Oh, I've, my I've pleasure. Really enjoy it. Have you been able to make the adjustment from being the attorney to talking about the Internal Revenue Service, or are you doing still a little bit of, uh, of that? I still am able to, to do a little bit of my practice. My people are starting to wander out of the woods where they've been run off into the tall grass, and uh, I have, uh, you know, I am still continuing to take care of the cases that I had on the, and taking in so few extra, but most of my time, <coughs> excuse me, sure. most of my time, is devoted to, to truth attack and to helping people that are in trouble uh, because the beast is trying to make political prisoners out of them. Uh, you know, they, they're prosecuting people more now than they, they ever have before. Uh, they've really beefed up their budget on, uh, on uh, persecutions. And really what they're doing is they're prosecuting people for daring to learn the truth and confront the government with it. And... Uh, there are people today going to prison for that. That's why I do not advocate that people stop filing and paying their taxes. This beast is still dangerous. It's the most dangerous and powerful organization in the world. And since the USSR went down, the KGB went with it, it doesn't even have a close second. Well, just yesterday, the assistant attorney general uh, said that they're going to go after those people who are recommending to others uh, not to file their income taxes. They're going to go after them, claiming, you know, they're making money on this. It's big business for them. And uh, off they go. But, you know, they keep citing, Tom, uh, and this is what I wanted to ask you, of course. They keep citing the federal government saying, look, the 16th Amendment, uh, you know, it's law. That's the way things are. But so many people who are opposed to the income tax keep saying that you don't have to pay. So what's what's really going on here? Well, 
what's going on is the 16th Amendment is an, is an amendment to the uh, U.S. Constitution, but it's not law. What it does is it, it authorizes Congress to pass an income tax on those incomes and on those activities that generate income that they're entitled under the Constitution to tax uh, without having to apportion. And what that basically was, it was a Supreme Court case in 1895 called Pollock. And in Pollock, the Supreme Court looked at the source of the income and said, you're really taxing the source, and so that's a property tax. The federal government can't tax property or person. It can only tax vowels. I mean, uh, it can only tax uh, verbs, uh, activities, directly. Right. Uh, property, any type of property tax, they have to send the bill to the state. It has to be apportioned out to the states. And then the states decide... In other words, the Constitution was set up to where the government could not reach into your pocket or mine. They did not want the federal government having any contact with their people. If you want to contact my people, you've got to come through me, the state. And so the only way, for example, on an indirect tax, a tax on an activity like going out and running a business, uh, would be if I get the last word. I decide whether or not I'm going to, to buy gasoline. I decide whether or not I'm going to smoke cigarettes or drink alcohol, where there's a tax involved. And so Congress can't make me pay an alcohol tax unless I decide to buy alcohol. So I get the last word. And so the 16th Amendment was passed because of that case to so say you can't consider the source in determining that this is a direct or an indirect tax. I know it's a little technical, but that was the extent of the 16th Amendment. Well, in, in uh, 1916, Bruce Shaver came out, and the Supreme Court had changed its, its uh, viewpoint on this. And they said, oh, no, an income tax is an indirect tax. It is an excise tax on whatever the activity is that, that generates the income. And that the 16th did not enlarge the taxing power of Congress any, not one bit. So uh, that means that Congress can't tax anything that he couldn't have taxed before the 16th. So really the 16th is irrelevant. Now, in your particular case, two two counts of tax evasion, you're acquitted, but are you still paying the tax, or did they fine you? What happened there? No, uh, I haven't I haven't filed or paid since 1993, uh, and uh, and don't intend to unless and until they can show me they have any lawful authority for demanding that I do so. Uh, but uh, you know they're going to come back after you again, aren't they? Well, I don't know what they're going to do. Naturally, I am. Uh, right now, I would consider myself to be an enemy of the state in their eyes. I consider myself to be a, a, a blue-blooded American in mine. And I'm standing up for the Constitution and the law of the West where I would do 35 years ago. All right, how do you answer this, Tom? Some guy comes up to you somewhere and goes, Look, I pay my taxes. You don't. I'm an American. I'm a patriot. You're not. How do you answer that? I do pay my taxes. I pay every penny of tax that I owe. Uh, I pay taxes every day, and I've never complained about it. Uh, but I, I will not stand by and watch the government uh, scam a trillion dollars a year out of working households across the country and not try to do something about it. Uh, the law is law, and I've got to stand up for it. And the law doesn't require the working American to pay that tax. It doesn't make him liable. Every tax, George, has three things in it that it has to clearly and plainly state. It has to say what is taxed, it has to say how much the tax is, and it has to say who has to pay it. There, there are over two dozen federal taxes in the Internal Revenue Code. Every one of them has a specific provision, a specific 
that is the income tax, subtitle A. It does not, it, the only liability provision in subtitle A is, says that people who are required to withhold taxes on non-resident aliens and foreign corporations are liable for the tax. Nobody else is. Tell me, what is Truth Attack, Tom? Truth Attack is an organization that I launched uh, almost a year ago. Uh, I was alarmed at the number of people who were not filing because they would learn the truth, and uh, so they would just buck up and do what I did. Uh, this is this is one of those things. Don't try this at kid, you know, at home, kids. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they were getting in trouble. They were going to prison. It was, in other words, we were just getting martyr after martyr after martyr because although they knew it was true, they weren't able to go in and defend that truth to a jury. And uh, everybody, a jury comes in, everybody knows the world is flat. And they've always known the world was flat. And, you know, they. so this guy comes in, he says, no, the world's round. Well, this guy, you're, you're a heretic. They'll burn you at stake. And, uh, well, if he can go in there and make a convincing case and show them why the world is not flat, that the world really is round, uh, then they say, well, we can't burn this guy. He truly believes this. And that basically is what happened in my case. But not everybody can do that. So I launched Truth Attack to give them a way to where they didn't have to fight one-on-one with the beast. When you're up against an agency like the IRS and you're by yourself, it's easy for them to just roll right over you. They oh, trick sure. you. They undermine you financially like they did me. And uh, then they, they grind you down. Uh, but if you can put yourself in a group of large number of people, and you make the beast come out of the cave into the light of the truth, and you fight, instead of fighting the beast and his teeth and his talons, and they're dangerous, you fight his myths, you fight the lies that he uses to con Americans out of their hard-earned money, and uh, you you, you know, use the truth on them. And out here, you know, we decide what the truth is. All right, stay with us, Tom. We're going to be right back with you when we uh, roll right around the corner here. We'll also open up all the phone lines to give you an opportunity to talk with Tom Cryer. I'm George Norrie, back in a moment on Coast to Coast AM. Well, in just a moment at the top of the hour, Tracy Torme joins us. We're going to talk about things all paranormal. And a little bit later on next hour, a little special surprise for you. Well, I might as well tell you, Travis Walton is going to join us. Fire in the sky. He'll talk a little bit about his incredible abduction case. But in a moment, Tom Cryer, your phone calls on Coast to Coast AM. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. I'm George Norrie. Tom Cryer with us, your phone calls. Tom, realistically, can the Internal Revenue Service be disbanded and replaced with a fair tax, a use tax, a consumption tax, something other than what's going on right now? Actually, Georgia, the IRS could be disbanded relative to the to the income tax entirely as to the personal income tax, which represents only about thirty percent of their revenue, uh, and uh, they could still perform all of the federal functions that they were intended to perform, all of the services, all the national defense, even at the rate that they're spending now on defense, and still have money to retire the national debt. Uh, they. Fifty-six percent, more than half of the federal budget, is on uh, issues and on matters that the federal government was never intended or permitted to regulate. And they use the income tax to enable them. It's kind of like if you had a drug fiend. 
And then you told him, hey, here, I could double your money by stealing from these people. Uh, he's not going to turn that money down. He's going to take it, and he'll do whatever he has to do to get it from you. Because the government is, a, is not a drug fiend. It's a power fiend. And that's just the nature of government. Thomas Jefferson warned us of that 200 and some years ago. It's a nature of government to grow at the cost of liberty. And they have grown. Look at where they are now. And that's uh, one of the effects of what we have. But you can totally eliminate the income tax. Uh, eliminate those agencies that the federal government, like the Department of Education. That's not a federal issue. It's a state issue. Uh, and I could go on, but it won't. But it, the ripples just keep going. Uh, the worst part of it is uh, that look at what it would do to revenues on real taxes if that money that they're siphoning off from the working man oh, if they could uh, keep were it. put oh, back into God. our economy. Absolutely. What would happen to their revenues on all the rest of the taxes? Absolutely. You know, the income tax is only one of about 26 federal taxes. And the federal, the personal income tax is only a part of that. But the thing is, is that most people who work for a living don't even have any income. The, the IRS has, has fostered and done it very well over the years, the myth that everything that comes in is income. But that's not what income is. The, the Congress can't define income. It's not allowed to define it. That's why you won't find a definition of income in the Internal Revenue Code, because the Supreme Court told them you can't define income. If the Congress could define constitutional terms, they could redefine speech as pig Latin. And if you wanted to state your views with impunity, you would have to speak your views in pig Latin. So Congress can't define the terms of its own limitations, so it can't define constitutional terms. Only the Supreme Court can define income, and they've defined it as only being the gain or the profit. Now, the working man goes out here and, and Well, and when you say gain, let's, let's assume a guy makes $30,000 a year, and after he pays his house payment and his car payment and his expenses to live on and his food... Let's say he's he's got three thousand dollars left. Isn't what, that what should get did taxed? He, did, did he make thirty thousand? He received thirty thousand. He received it. Now Walmart receives millions every day, but is that their income? No, no, no. that's their gross receipts. Exactly. Well, that thirty thousand is his gross receipts. Uh, now, what did he give up in exchange for that thirty thousand? He gave up a year out of his life. Right. He gave up his time, his energy. Mm-hmm. Now, all that thirty thousand, he can't buy that year back, can he? No, he can't. All right. He gave up his energy. He gave up his labor. He gave up his knowledge, his expertise, all to the benefit of somebody else in exchange for that 30000 So was that $30,000 100% profit? Nope. Can't be. And yet the IRS will say that, and there's absolutely no legal basis for their telling us that wages and personal earnings are 100% profit because if only it- profit is income. If anything, the guy might be in the hole at the end of the year. That's right. That's right. He probably does. And uh, as a matter of fact, if you if you could not, if your employer, if somebody's employer cannot sell your labor for more than he paid for it, why does he need you? Exactly. Uh, so you're selling your labor wholesale. You're not selling it at, at face value. So you're selling your labor for less than it's worth on the market because he's selling it for more than that, so it must be worth more than that. So are you making a profit at all? No. And is there any way for you to distinguish or separate a profit if you did, if you were overpaid? Can you determine how much? And the Supreme Court says, look, if you can't determine exactly what part, if you can't fill
fill the hole back up and have a certain amount left over, extra, a gain, an accession to wealth, as the Supreme Court called it, Glenshaw, uh, glass. Uh, if you can't have that extra and identify to the penny how much it is, and you don't know how much is profit and how much is capital, what I call human capital, then you haven't had any income at all, even if you had a gain. What about what about someone, Tom? And let me ask you this, and we'll go to calls because they're lining up here for you. What if someone was in excess? In in that, let's say we went to this taxation based on your profit. But what if some guy, you know, spent all his money in a bar? Uh, theoretically, you could say he abused his profits, and so he didn't have any income. He couldn't. He didn't pay any taxes. Is that fair? I, I think it's a question of, of of freedom there. I mean, if he wants to to spend it ruining himself uh, or wasting it, uh, then or if he wants to give it away to a charity or if he wants to give it away to the guy down the street or, or hookers or whatever, uh, that's it's his earnings and it, it's up to him to spend them wherever he chooses. He traded a part of his life for that, part of his, you know, when you and I are born, George, we're born with a certain number of days. We don't know how many they are. No, let's just... But once we just... use one, we can't get <laughs> yeah. it back. No. No, you and can't. So when we trade that part of our life for money, uh, we've made a, an exchange. We haven't just received all profit. And so now if we've done that and I give up my life or give up a week's wage and I want to go blow it all on a poker game that night, uh, it's it's kind of mine to do. You know, uh, I hate well, to what, see what do they say? that way, but it, it, it's their money. What do they say, Tom, that uh, from the first of the year that uh, most Americans work through May for the federal government, yeah. and then they work for themselves. Yeah. It's crazy. Let's take now, some calls. What, what makes it even worse is that what that's saying is that the government has a right to determine how much of your earnings you're allowed to keep. Now, that's slavery. East of yeah. the Rockies. You're on with Tom Cryer. Hi there. Hi, this is uh, George, uh, just outside of Atlanta. Hey, George, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was just wondering, is there any way your guests can get in touch with some attorneys or some attorneys like all over the nation where uh, people can just uh, go in, sign up, and get a petition going, and uh, just once we get a couple of million signatures, you know, maybe file a class action lawsuit against the IRS? I'm sure they'll get uh, a lot of media's attention, and I'll get my answer off the air. Thank you. All right. Tom? All right. Uh, well, we're working on something very similar to that. Right now we have, with Truth Attack, we have... Uh thousands of members already. We've been going for less than a year. We're in all 50 states. Uh, these people have put over a million pieces of mail on the desks of the president, senators, congressmen, the commissioner of the Internal Revenue Service, secretary of treasury. And they, uh, they are letting them know, we know, the jig's up. Uh, you, you can't lie to us anymore. You can't, your myths don't work anymore. Uh, it's just like Toto pulling the curtain back uh, and uh, you, they tell them, don't, don't pay any attention to the old man behind the curtain. Uh, it's too late. Uh, and so what they're doing is they're going to their, and they're also going out and using truth attack techniques to spread the message to people that they work with, their families, their neighbors, their friends, and people that they run into at the car wash, dropping off a card with them saying, what income tax, truthattack.org. And that's what we're doing in order to change the perception to at least the public know that there's an issue. And if the public knows that there's an issue, then whenever they drag somebody into court, they want to burn him at the stake because he's saying the earth is round. Uh, this, even if 
these jurors don't know. At least they're not giving the government that. They're they're going to require the government to prove that the earth really is flat before they burn the guy. Only, the government can't only, prove the earth is flat. Only Ron Paul looks like he's the only uh, candidate who's really talking about the income tax. Ron Paul is the only candidate that is addressing this issue. He's the only one who has raised the right of a, of a man or a woman to keep the fruits of their labor. And that's the, what he's telling you there is an absolute truth, constitutionally and legally. The uh, Supreme Court held that we all have fundamental rights, like the freedom of speech. And you remember the, the, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? Mm-hmm. That pursuit of happiness also contains a lot of other rights that come in under the Ninth Amendment. One of those rights that the Supreme Court has recognized is the right to earn a living through your labor, through the, any lawful occupation. You have an absolute, fundamental, God-given, not government-issued right to do that. Now, the government isn't allowed to tax your exercise of your free speech. They're not allowed to tax your going to church. They're not allowed to tax your earning a living through your labor either. And uh, that's why when the income tax says there is hereby imposed on taxable income, that excludes what you have earned through your exercising your fundamental right to earn a living. So... If, if your wages are not income, because it's not all profit, and your your wages are from an activity that is tax-exempt, and there's no law that makes you liable. So no matter how you go with this, no matter how you look at it, the working American should not ever hear from an Internal Revenue Service agent. Uh, but they do, Thomas. They well, do. they do, and they have teeth, and they have talents. I want to remind people of that. They're a dangerous organization, uh, and uh, they have gone total rogue. I mean, these people aren't afraid of anything. They, they don't feel like they're bound by the law. And that's another thing that we're doing to educate people is that after we get through this Operation Stop Thief that is happening April 15th, uh, we're going to be launching an educational program to people to uh, inform them of their rights because the Internal Revenue Service violates the law every day, hundreds of times. And every time that they do that, and these investigations and audits, when they're sending out notices to people, and they're, in effect, defaming them. It's a chain letter defamation process. Those are felonies. That's against law for them to do that. And it also gives rise to a lawsuit. And we're educating people. But you have the right to fight back. You've got teeth, too. You've got talents. And so we're, we're working on this across the board, on the legal side, on the political side, on the social side. And... Uh, by the way, I mentioned April 15th. Operation Stop Thief, there will be over 600 post offices across the country uh, that are receiving these late last-minute filers. Yes. You know how they line up every year? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, at over 600 of those post offices, there will be truth troopers, truth attack truth troopers, out there holding up signs saying, what income tax, truthattack.org, <laughs> and That'll handing be- out flyers to these still, the blood's still wet, George. It's still stinging because yeah, you know that those guys are having to pay extra or they wouldn't have waited the last minute. And so what better time, what better group to to, to uh, bring to light than those people right then and there? And uh, over 600. Now, we started this a month ago. We announced it a month and a half ago. The, the response from the community has been, I mean, phenomenal. We're expecting it. I won't be able to play 
on, or I was really looking forward to being out here with my group in front of the post office. So I won't be able to play because I've got to go to Washington, D.C. on the 15th. There will be, they're expecting over 100,000 people to show up for a freedom rally on the Capitol steps. I'll be speaking at that rally uh, Tuesday uh, midday. I'll be one of the first speakers at that rally. Yeah. Uh, over 100,000 people are expected to be showing up for this thing to say we want our Constitution back. We want our freedom back. Well, what we're going to need, Tom, is probably a few million. Wild card line, you're on with Tom Cryer. Hi there. Hey, George. Hey. Uh, Evan and Goodrich. Uh, Michigan, um, that's right. Go ahead, Evan. Okay, April 9th, 1933, FDR, by executive order, declared bankruptcy when he suspended the gold standard and compelled, uh, through coercion, uh, uh, the surrender of private people's gold. HDR uh, 192 from Congress followed in June of that year. And then we have Erie Railroad versus Tompkins in 1938 when the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that uh, the Constitution, the common law, is dead and everything is commerce, including our names, our bodies, via the birth certificate. However, oh, it is a bankrupted corporation, and since the corporate United States is legally comprised of only the District of Columbia and the federal territories, uh, obviously... The organic du jour Michigan sovereign republic at all do not come under that presumed valid authority, especially since it's a bankrupted corporation, which means they have the legal standing only of a debtor. So everything is a threat, duress, coercion. Isn't that right, Tom? No. Uh, sorry. Uh what, what you got there is a lot of snake oil that's been sold to you, and uh, I, I run into that a lot. Uh, the, the Internal Revenue Service is a very, very clever and very, very effective disinformation and misdirection uh, project going, and they've gone, had it going for years, and they've injected into the tax honesty community a lot of this chafe in order to, uh, and they promoted it, and they're, they're IRS agents in the tax honesty community who are out there promoting and selling this notion uh, that we have a uh, straw man, our name in capital letters, that our birth certificates have been posted as security, and that we're commodities, and uh, that the common law is, or constitution is dead, common law is ruined, and then they get into UCC. They've got all these these things that are really without any any basis whatsoever, uh, and they'll take a piece of the case from here and a piece of a statute from here, and they'll cut and paste them together, and it's kind of like you know the old murder mysteries where they would magazines and newspapers to make the message. Yeah. Uh, that's basically what they're doing with this. But it's most of this is actually originated in the Internal Revenue Service. And this notion, though, of the bankruptcy and uh, others will tell you England bought us in. Uh, another one will tell you that now lawyers have to swear a secret oath to the, to the Queen of England and that they belong to the BAR, the British Accreditation Registry. And <laughs> You know, it's just a lot of this stuff, and 99% of this comes from the IRS. 99% of it's originated of that. When people are promoting it and uh, and spreading it, all they're doing is basically serving the Internal Revenue Service's purpose in uh, confusing, diffusing, and keeping everybody separated from the truth. Distract them. I mean, if you're going to lie to somebody, you don't want them to look at the lie. You want to look somewhere else. So you, you do that. It also makes it easy for them to kick... 
Well, let me tell you this time, a minute to go here or so. Uh, We are suffering in this country from such a gap between those who have and those who have not. And the middle class is being pushed aside. No, middle class is being siphoned into the the lower class. Well, well, that's true. The Federal Reserve using this this fiat money, George. How how long can this continue before Americans say enough is enough? I'm hoping... I'm hoping it's done now. I I am seeing this year a degree of activism, and I'm seeing a degree of, and I I attribute Ron Paul with this. Ron Paul has reawakened interest in the Constitution and in the concept that this government was supposed to have been operating under uh, that has been ignored for years and years. You and I didn't get this in school. I had to learn this in law school. I had to learn this on my own, through my own studies. But he got shunned by mainstream media uh, if it, if it wasn't for the alternative media, this program, and the internet, uh, nobody would have known what no, Ron Paul absolutely. was all about. And that's why, you know, and your program and programs like it that that are willing to put the truth on. And of course, mainstream media is owned by big business. All right, who owns the banks? Big business. Who runs the Federal Reserve? The banks. Now, whenever you take, I'll, I'll give you a terrific. Tommy, we got to we got to we got to run. It's, we're at we're at the top of the hour, but I promise you, we'll get you back on. All right, Tom Cryer, his website. He's got two of them: truthattack.org, liefreezone.com. They're linked up at coasttocoastam.com. This was a fast hour. Tom Cryer acquitted on two counts of tax evasion. We'll be back. love hurts. It can hurt emotionally, but more important, it can also hurt you physically. It can hurt you in a way which nobody who owns a hot tub and lives in California can afford to be unaware of. Yes, I'm talking about California hot tub rectal gonorrhea. This painful and curable disease can make an enjoyable soak in a hot tub with family, friends, and dog into a literally unforgettable experience. If you catch California hot tub rectal gonorrhea, not only will you walk around feeling like you're about to pass a twisted sardine can lid, you'll also smell like a pile of burning tractor tires. So don't jump out of the frying pan and into the hot tub. Because if you get California hot tub rectal gonorrhea, it'll really burn your ass. This has been a public service message brought to you by the Citizens Against CHTRG Foundation. California hot tub rectal gonorrhea. We're not going to take it sitting down.
Jay went out to kill her. OJ went out to kill her. OJ went out to kill her. 